Sugar. Three, two, one, and we're live. Sugar Sean and uh, Tim Welch, your friend that you yes. brought with you here today. Friend, teammate, coach, Both brother of you. from Montana. Montana people, it's good. It's a good place. Yeah, it is, but for what we do, it's not the best place. <laughs> yeah, how much training can you get in Montana? It's not not the best spot. Like when I was there uh, two years ago, pheasant hunting with Anthony Bourdain, and that guy is such a maniac. He trains everywhere he goes every day, and he found some club, some local jujitsu club in Montana in Bozeman. Bozeman. He was rolling with people. Brian Dietz. Probably. Yeah, Bozeman's probably one of the better places to train. But the one thing good about being from Montana is when we're in Phoenix. It's like a big process getting a fight. Sugar, how many amateur fights you have? Yeah, I had 14 MMA fights, uh, amateur MMA fights, four kickboxing, couple boxing. It was every weekend. Like a In fight Montana? Every weekend. Yeah. So Montana people are just angry, just want to fight. You we can, just like to fight. You They're can sign men. up that week and fight so you can get a ton no of fights. No commission. No commission. So, oh, so that's fight. good. So it's a manly place, that Montana. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. is. It's quite manly. I mean, you guys have grizzly bears and shit. Lots oh, of elk. Yeah. <laughs> elk, yep. grizzly bears, wolves, you know? I was there uh, two summers ago. I went and just was like, man, I need to figure out a way. I'd spend more time here. I was in Bozeman. Oh, yeah. Fuck, nice, man. Huh? It's beautiful. Hell, yeah. It's yeah. fucking stunning. Yeah, I definitely want to. I enjoy being away from there right now just because I grew up there. Right. Um, being in Phoenix is like, I, would, I don't want to be anywhere else. I love being in Phoenix. The training there is insane. Yeah, where we're at, Phoenix is like the fucking Mecca, man. Like, we get to train with Augusto Mendez, Taquino every day. Like, he beat Hoffa Mendez. He beat Cabrino. He beat mm -hmm. Ryan Hall. He yeah. beat all these people. And almost every mile, there's a really good gym, like boxing gym, jiu-jitsu gym, wrestling gym. Henry right. Cejudo has a club there. The MMA lab with John Crouch, like where we train. Yeah. There's killers everywhere. Yeah, that's one of the best spots in the world for sure. Phoenix is, uh, there's a few hotbeds for MMA. Obviously, LA's a big one. Miami's a big one. Phoenix is a fucking huge one yeah. too, though. Yeah, the lab, like, it's it's a different type of gym than a lot of other gyms. I haven't seen many gyms, like, stay together. And I think a big reason is because of John Crouch. He's, like, one of the best facilitators out there. He keeps everyone together. If you don't show up to practice, he'll text you and say, hey, where are you at? we got to get our priorities straight. And, like, mm -hmm. he really holds everyone accountable, and I think that's why it makes it a really good, strong place. Yeah, he's one of my favorite coaches. He's, uh, he's just a super no-nonsense guy, never blows his own horn, not looking for any attention, and absolutely knows his shit like when you hear him in the corner he knows his shit yeah he's good to have there in the corner man he just uh be the leader kind of of everything and look over everything and like he brought up benson from when he was a small like just, just starting yeah. so it's like we're lucky to be able to learn after that and then be around benson in the room like he's got a work ethic like no other like is no benson other still joining the military i heard he was thinking about joining the military i think he's too old now is, is he? Yeah. I don't know. He's too old. He's 34. I remember hearing about that, too. How old? What is the limit? I thought you could join the military, like, up to, like, 36 or something. I feel like once you get across a certain age, they have to make an exception for you. I'm oh. sure he'd make that but, exception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, mean, an, he's an he's animal. He's a fucking beast. Yeah. yeah. So We're lucky to be around him. Like, the work ethic he brings in the room is like no other, like... Two and two wrestling drilling, I, f I feel like he'd break any man on this planet. Like, he, he's he'll an put the pace on you, and it's it's pretty cool to learn from. We're lucky to see it every day. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the most important qualities. Like, there's a, a bunch of important qualities in a fighter, right? Um, being able to perform under pressure, 
uh, creativity. Creativity is big. I think that's one of the ways, places that you excel. You really excel in creativity. Like when I watch you fight, I'm like, this kid's fucking around out there. Like you're having fun. You're flowing. You know, when you were telling me today, we were uh, doing a little practicing, you were saying that you were doing some stuff in fights where you just thought of it. Like while yeah. you were doing it, you just felt like doing it. Like there's people that can do that and there's people that never do that. Right. You know, when they're in the fight, they're tightened up and they're fucking sticking to the script and maybe even sticking to like the real basics, you know, mm -hmm. like barely even speaking in sentences. Right. You know I, think, what I, mean? I think a lot of people think too much when they're in there and it's easier to say, um, I feel like when I'm in there, I'm reacting. I'm letting my, letting my, all my training take over. I'm not really thinking. I'm just reacting to what they're doing and I think that it helps me do what I've been doing is just reacting to certain situations and I just feel like I'm on a step ahead of them whoever I'm fighting I feel like I'm a step ahead of them he's really good at like the greater the chaos the calmer he becomes and that's mm. the that's the truth the bigger the brighter the lights are the more he's shining and completely calm and before that last fight against uh Andre we watched probably four of Connor's fights right before we oh, walked yeah. to the arena. And Sugar's sitting there zoning in on those fights, watching the way he walks out, watching the way he's good with his energy, smart with his energy. And uh, you can really see it in the fight, the way he mimics them. And Sugar can watch someone someone do something, and he can do it right away. It's a really cool talent. Yeah, he's before the last couple fights, um, before we go to the arena, we just throw on fight pass, watch Connor, watch him walk out, watch, just watch him his body language. and Connor's... He's the man. I love Connor. I've always loved Connor since since like, I remember watching his first fight against what was his first like Max Holloway was that his first one in the UFC? In the UFC, yeah. I remember watching him and I'm like that dude's going to be good. I think that was his first fight. He blew his ACL out in that fight. Maybe yep. that wasn't his first. Maybe I don't it, think was it was Brimage? No. Might have been Marcus Brimage. Was it? That's yeah. What it was. Brimage? was it? Yeah, yeah. He stopped he stopped Brimage and then he blew his ACL out. I want to say in the first round against Holloway That's and right. he yeah. started controlling him on the ground and taking him down but that was a very young max holloway too you know you're dealing with holloway when i think he was like 20 or something Seri like that. Yeah, yeah he was young yeah was, super super young. he's a beast fuck he's a beast max is all, he's cool he's, i remember he came down to the lab once i didn't we just kind of played around spar but he's I'm, I'm excited for that he's fighting ortega next mm -hmm. july 7th yeah yes very i'm very excited about that i'm hoping i can get get in there hope we can get some tickets that's gonna be sweet yeah dude i'll hook you up oh, he's he's fascinating to me uh, Max, because he's just this guy that, like, I knew he was really good, and then he's kept getting better and kept getting better. I'm like, where's the ceiling on this guy? And then you saw in the Aldo fight, when he beat Aldo the first time, and then the second time. And the second time, you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, you, you, you really don't know how good a guy is. Like, you see them in a fight, and you go, wow, he's really good. But then you don't see him for a while, and you're like, is he better? Has he slipped? Is he, is he training hard? Like, where is he at? Like, you mm -hmm. don't know until you see him again. And then when I saw him in that second Aldo fight, I'm like, Jesus, he's so much better than he was before. Yeah. He, he yelled at the end of the first round. He looked over at us, and he goes, the man's tired! <laughs> Like at the end of the first yeah, round, I was like, "Jesus, he was that's and, awesome." And Aldo was throwing bricks at him. He was really throwing hard in that first round to try to like Did establish some distance at all. I mean, he hit him with some shots, but he, I, I mean, he hits hard. But he didn't rock him. You know, how Aldo, many times has Max lost? He's only lost well in the UFC. Um, he lost to Dennis Bermudez Connor. somewhere early in his career. He lost to Connor. I think he only has two or three losses in his career. Three. Three. Three losses. Who are they to? Does it say? And Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. <clears throat> oh, when Poirier did he lose to him. Dustin? Sixth first one, 2012. 
Oh yeah, Poirier okay. is good. He's I love good. watching him he's fight. Very good. That fight against Gachi, I was I watched it live. That was Ooh, that was crazy. He's a good. I thought that was kind of gonna how how that was gonna go. He was gonna outbox him. He was throwing some good combos. Justin's leg kicks are a motherfucker, but Ooh. he takes too many shots. He's just he's so intent on breaking people and just keeping that pressure on you that I mean he's a fucking really good wrestler. Oh yeah, and you never see any of it in his fights. I think he posted something that he's going to kind of switch up the game plan a little bit. <laughs> did he bit. say that? Yeah, I think he did. But then he also said he might only have five more fights left. If he well, keeps if he fights that, that way, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just the, he's just fucking chaos. Yeah. It's just he's a berserker. But it's so fun to watch him. It's like you don't want to say anything to him. Pure entertainment. <laughs> you know? I For mean, real. fuck yeah. He's the Eddie Alvarez fight and the Dustin Poirier fight. But they're so similar in a way that he like almost gets the guy with his leg kicks. Almost breaks him with those leg kicks. And then he got caught. But it worked in the Michael Johnson fight. So it's like when you see it in the Michael Johnson fight, when you see like Johnson's leg just starting to give out. Mm. We watched Luis, watch him fight Luis Palomino in uh, LFA. Was mm-hmm. it LFA? It was a World Series. Series, That's right. We watched that. He's gnarly to watch live. And he kicks low from real close, man. Generates a lot of power. Yeah, he's like literally tying up with you and he's chopping down with low kicks. He's got real loose hips with that. He's able to really bend his body and chop down. Nice, tight, high Mm -hmm. guard waiting for him to come in. He fucks people's legs up, man. He does. He's tougher and shit. It's crazy when you see guys like that. Like, when they start to get beat, you wonder if they're going to start use those losses as informative or demor- right. demoralizing, start to define themselves and then start questioning themselves. That's why with Sugar in training and in a fight, even in training, like he'll find the toughest guys to go with. And he won't go with those guys and be like, oh, they're better than me and start to find himself. He'll just use it as informative mm-hmm. and learn from it. So it's like it's another good mentality. Yeah. He has super positive, good mentality. And I think a lot of that comes from eating good and having the right rest and hydrating and eating good year round, not mm-hmm. just eating good during right. fight camps and blowing up. And I think yeah. that's a lot to do with it. For sure. Living the lifestyle, just eating healthy like you said, all year round, not just getting healthy for six weeks and then eating like shit after and getting injured uh, once i really started learning about eating healthy a ton of small little injuries went away mm. my back would hurt every morning what I'd, were you doing wrong before like what were you eating pop tarts uh, like sugar. fucking just anything shitty i didn't yeah. know hot pockets right. top ramen any, any all that stuff that was just raised eating you know and once i started realizing what that stuff's doing to my body and how i could feel it mm-hmm. it changed changed my whole mindset and like Eating healthy was one of the biggest things that improved my skills as a fighter. I feel like just as far as my mental thoughts, um, my training sessions were so much better. Were you just saying that you eat a lot of sardines? <laughs> no, I said I ate some sardines last night and then I had a some this morning. That is a very good food. Yeah. yeah. Believe They're, it or not. I no, mean, they are, yeah. Dude, we're so, so lucky to have the internet and podcasts and be able to learn from guys like you, Dr. Andy Galpin, like Aubrey Marcus. Mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss, like Chris the, Crusher. You ever listen to some of the episodes with Chris Crusher? Fantastic on information, uh, fantastic information on nutrition. You know, I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many guys like that. Rob Wolf, you know, so many people that are like at the cutting edge of performance and diet. And you know, Rob Wolf is interesting too because he, he experiments himself on a, with his own body quite a bit and he talks about it online. And he's getting really heavily into jujitsu right now and he does a lot i mean he's he's really interesting too because he does a lot of uh ketogenic stuff but really adds way more carbs on jujitsu days and um i had zach bitter on uh zach won the uh he was it the american record for 24 hours 
It's an American record for running 24 hour, the most amount of miles in 24 hours. Um, he's yeah, he's a fucking beast. How and, many did he run? And what did he run? Like, he ran 24 hours straight. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. A full day of running. That, that's yeah. where we're trying to find the balance, though. Like we're eating. Oh, you don't want to do that on no, days no. that we're not training. We're doing. We're trying to do keto, so we're just mm-hmm. keeping the inflammation down in our body. But well, this bitter guy that I was just gonna say, he he's a full keto guy. He's he mostly eats meat, but on days when he has, there it is. He broke the U.S. 100 mile record. That's what it was. Seven <sighs> minutes per mile for 12 hours. That's Jeez, that's the record. That's insane. That's right. What fucking a badass. Oh, he's a, he's a fucking savage. I wonder what his mental thoughts are running. Once I, he's done, I wonder if he's just just in the, in the now, just going. He's just got to be in a trance. But um, he, on days where he's running, he way ramps up his carbs. So, like, you know, the average person is trying to keep their carbs within, like, 50 grams or 75 grams to stay keto. You got to recognize that for extreme requirements, like physical activity, ramp that shit up. So Rob, I was going to say that Rob Wolf is really experimenting a lot with that. You can follow him on Instagram. He's big up on that. Yeah, like, in, we listen to a lot of Ben Greenfield, too. So oh, it's he's like, fantastic. When we're not yeah. training, we're listening to you guys. Mm-hmm. It's like we're treating you guys like a college. Like, your guys is our college, and then we're going to our jiu-jitsu, learning from Takino, going to learn from John Crouch, and, like, I don't know. I feel like we're on a really good track, especially for sugar. Now, how do you guys know each other? How'd you guys meet? Ooh, good story. I uh, Go I was going to commentate, and I was with Bellator at the time, and going back to Montana to commentate for some fights. And uh, what Sean, were you doing for Bellator? Fighting for them. Yeah, and then I went to commentate some local fights up there, and I saw Sean. He was I was eighteen eighteen at the time, and I saw him. I was like, damn, that kid submitted a a wrestler in the first round and I knew at his gym he doesn't wrestle I'm like that kid's got some good talent so I invited him down after I went up to him and I said hey dude you can stay on my couch for a little bit and come check out the gym kind of figured he wouldn't I I uh, remember I remember the he told me that I was so jacked because I knew Tim I seen him on TV I I didn't meet him personally but I seen him on Bellator he's on the Fight Master show and uh, after my fight, I, we were at the Sting Bar, like a local bar, and he came up to me and he, he offered me that. I remember, I think I called you the next day. I'm like, hey, dude, yeah, I want to come down. Um, we figured it out. I think I came down a few weeks later, months later. Um, I came down for 10 days, and it was the, like one of the most, the biggest ass woman I've ever got in my life. I remember when we were driving from the airport, he was talking. He's like, yeah, me and you were going to the top. I'm like... This kid has no idea what he's about to get himself into, taking him to the pro practice with all the people. Because as soon as you get on the team, everyone fucking hammers on you. They hammers on you, they beat you, they break you down mentally to see if you're going to come back. So I was, I was there for a full week. So Monday is striking day, Tuesday's wrestling. I literally did not know how to wrestle. I didn't know what a single leg was. Did not <laughs> know anything about wrestling. Um, I remember a good group of people just whooped me bad. I remember crying, leaving practice. Did you wrestle night. in high school at all? No. Nothing? Nothing. And you, what part of Montana are you from? Helena, the capital. Um, but yeah, I never. I, so I boxed a little bit, but I never, never wrestled. Didn't really grapple. I remember I knew one arm. I knew an arm bar off my back. It was the only thing I knew, and that's what I caught that wrestler in. I, I caught him in an arm bar. I surprised. I didn't even. I was like, holy shit! I just did that. But anyway, I came down, got beat up bad for a week. Um, went back, say, went back to Montana. Um, saved up two thousand dollars, packed my car, drove down. He was living with his girlfriend at the time. Um, we stayed there for two weeks, and then we got an apartment. Um, and I had only known Tim a little bit, but we got an apartment close to the lab. And I just literally went every single day, twice a day. When he first showed up, he like, I was gonna, I smoked some weed in the night, and he was so taken back. He's like, holy shit! He looked up to me, 
couldn't believe that I was doing that drug. That you smoked weed? My couldn't dad, my dad's a detective in, in Montana, <laughs> and I just I was raised like weed's not good, not good. Like that's what was going through my mind. I thought it was bad, like really bad. We had debates came, about it. Too. Oh yeah, I remember. Well, Montana came down. is one of the few places that went backwards with weed. Yeah, they yeah. had medical marijuana in Montana, and now they're removing it. They're removing <sighs> all the stores. When I was there, they were like. They were having some sort of a closeout sale because they were they were getting shut down. I don't know if that's since been amended or fixed. I don't know. That but... sucks though. I, <laughs> and when he when he moved in when he moved in, I was like, okay, this kid's fucking pissing me off. He's not picking up his shit. He's not not doing his dishes. He eats like shit. My mom shit. did all that for me. And I'm like, okay, I either could get pissed off and kick him out, but then I realize I'm like, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. So I'm gonna work with him. I'm gonna try to treat him like my little brother and help him. And he was willing to like kind of follow along and then he started slowly starting to eat better started to eat spinach and his back problems started to go away and uh what kind of back problem i just my back would always hurt it was always inflamed always i don't know what it was i just Did you I get al- looked at i remember getting it looked at my lower would, lower back it was it was it was nothing it was literally from eating shitty food it's just all the inflammation from mm-hmm. all the shitty food i was eating and i didn't know that at the time i remember my mom took me in they're like oh your back's fine but it was it hurts so bad always I started eating more anti-inflammatories. I started making shakes with spinach and almond milk and blueberries and chia seeds. I started eating healthier, and I slowly noticed, like, oh, I feel better. I started, So I started getting more into eating healthier. I remember just recently um, I ate a vegan diet for six months, and the people on Instagram hate me now that I don't eat a vegan diet anymore. I get yeah, messages. when you go off vegan diet, man, that's like when you become a, a Muslim apostate. Seriously. They, I, want, they want death to you. Yeah, because uh, I've been posting pictures. Like I posted a picture of I got this um, grass-fed beef jerky from Whole Foods yesterday. Got probably 30, 40 messages. Why aren't you vegan anymore? I don't – or just me. Like people, they, they're mad at me for not yeah. eating a vegan diet anymore. But I – I, I always say like I ate that vegan diet for six months, but I did I incorporated eggs into it because I just couldn't I wasn't eating enough. But I never I never felt bad. I didn't feel worse. I just didn't feel great. Once I started eating good quality meat again, I felt my energy levels. I'd wake up, I'd, my energy levels were way higher. I just felt more aggressive. I felt m- more like manly. Um, so P- vegans right now are getting angry. In, in the contender, contender, vegans, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, in, in the. Con- in the oh, contenders, I know he lost me. The contender series fight, he weighed 138 pounds. He was a vegan at that time. I walked sickly, just well, like skinny. Well, there's more to that too than the just the vegan diet. I had a concussion, a bad concussion, three weeks out from that fight against Alfred in the contender series. I remember waking up in the middle of the night puking. Um, I couldn't train. Um, and I remember I even woke up with a little headache going into the fight. Do you remember what it was from? Um, yeah, I was from sparring. I got hit hard, boom, and I remembered. I'm like, fuck, but. I knew this is a huge opportunity. Um, I liked the matchup. I knew I just had to go out there and perform. But yeah, I was. I weighed in at 136, and I walked into the cage at 138. Like I was. It was. And you can even look. Go back. I look. Go back and look at that video, and I looked just unhealthy. But it all worked. Yeah, I just. I was so skinny. I was like 138 pounds right there. Yeah. But I still dropped his ass. The, <laughs> <laughs> two weeks later, we went uh, to hang out with our buddy uh, Scott Holtzman in the UFC for a UFC Fresno, and uh, Dr. Andy Galpin was with him for the week. And I knew Sugar was with me. He watched What the Health, mm-hmm. and that's what turned him vegan. So I made sure to ask Dr. Andy in front of Sugar. I said, how much would Sean benefit from eating, like, elk or uh, grass-fed meat twice a week? He's, like, fucking hugely hugely and then sean right there made the decision i'm gonna start I'm like if this meat. guy's telling if this if he's this smart and he's telling me that some good quality meat's gonna benefit me i would be stupid 
to not take him up on that and, and, and do that. So, And I don't regret it. I feel so good eating meat again. I feel way stronger. It's hard when you see those documentaries. And also you get a lot of positive reinforcement from other vegans that are very happy <laughs> that you're vegan. Yeah. They love that you join the team. And look, people want to be healthy. And for the most part, eating vegetables is very healthy. The problem is we, there's a lot of nutrients that you're going to really have to search for if you're just eating plants. And it's the protein is not as bioavailable. The amino acids are not as bioavailable. It's very hard to get vitamin B without supplementation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit that you're just not going to get. And they like bang for your buck in terms of like the amount of nutrients that you get in like a small grass-fed steak versus mm-hmm. a big plate of broccoli. It's just not the same. And they don't want to admit it. And a lot of these people, like those, I think those what the health guys I had them on when they did cowspiracy. I think they mean well. They are fucking true believers, and they they are not trying to put together a documentary that states all the facts objectively. They are doing a vegan propaganda film, mm-hmm. and on it debunked a shitload of the things. We had actual nutritionists analyze what they were saying, go over the studies, and they debunked a shitload of what they put in that film. That film is a propaganda film, and it gets a lot of people thinking that this is the way to go. It's going to reverse heart disease and help your body, and... But they get so many things wrong. Meat does not cause diabetes. Like, this is nonsense. Like, when they do these studies with people, especially, like, um, studies that they do on people that show that people that eat meat more than five times a week have a higher instances of heart disease and all these different things, they don't measure what else they eat. These people that are eating meat all the time are eating fries and shakes and soda and... You're not s- analyzing someone who eats sautéed spinach and olive oil and a piece of grass-fed beef or bison or ri- or elk or something like that. No, you're you're getting some assholes eating Jack in the Box. Yeah, like yeah, that stuff's terrible for you. It's fucking sugar and refined carbohydrates and nonsense and trans fats. All that stuff's terrible for you. If there's there's no studies that show that eating clean, like people have eaten for thousands of years. I mean, if literally if meat caused cancer, 97 percent of the planet would have cancer and that's the, that's the numbers that eat meat on a regular basis it's like 95 plus percent fuck and then those people like that are vegans they're like oh i'm gonna try a vegan diet and then they're eating all these veggies getting these nutrients that they didn't get before and they're like oh, i feel fucking yeah. great right, yeah. just get off that bullshit diet you stop eating jack in the box sorry jack in the box <laughs> in the middle of the night sometimes i do go to you as for comfort don't do <laughs> it's it it's not, it's not jack in the box it's just fast food shitty yeah. food Ooh. processed food you know, that's what the problem is. It's like people, like you were saying, like ramen. I, I like ramen every now and then. Fuck, it tastes good. But it's not good for you. It's I just, couldn't eat, yeah. Just like knowing what that, what that, what it does to your body, knowing yeah. that you are what you eat. It's I can't, I can't cheat. I can't do it. If I know that's not going to benefit my body, I can't eat it. It's you hard for me You are what you eat. Like 100%. And it's I think, so simple. You know, it's such a, some, such a simple phrase, but literally your so body true. is made out of what you eat. God, and that mouth pleasure. <sighs> I know, Fucking for real. Mouth pleasure, Especially dude. when you're high. God it's damn, like, man. Fuck. Ice cream mm. sundae with hot fudge. Fuck. Woo! Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Good, terrible dude. for you. But there's, so, there's all these healthy, you can, you can replace all yeah. of that with healthy stuff. Yeah, I haven't had any keto ice cream, but I've heard good things. Some people said that there, there are some stevia sweetened or xylitol sweetened keto Ooh. ice cream that doesn't fuck with your body. Mm, nice. That new Halo Top man, has that coconut, sweetened coconut milk and stevia. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. Well, there's that. there's stuff that you can eat that is good. And, of course, fruit. You know, eating healthy fruit. I mean, look, man, a nice, delicious, ripe peach is about as fucking good as any bullshit God. 
fucking fake dessert that you're going to get anywhere. Seriously. It just we don't appreciate it because we think of it as being like a healthy choice so it doesn't you don't get that I'm being a naughty boy reward yeah. that you get from, you know, having Seriously. a banana split or something. Fuck. <laughs> God, it's just Dude. not worth it. It fucks your whole night of sleep up. Yep. It fucks your blood sugar yep. up and that's the thing. It's crazy that most people don't know they're like, God, I just eat, and then I'm I tired, and then I just get starving again. They just don't know about those blood sugar fucking... Yeah, the <laughs> insulin spikes. And I had a regular Coke the other day, like uh, Damn it, a couple no. of weeks ago, for the first time in years. How come? Oh, just whatever. It was there. I said, I haven't had a Coke in forever. Let me have a Coke. And uh, it was, it was, I was like, it was like drinking syrup like this sugary it was like felt thick when it was when i was chugging it down it was i was like god your stomach no no but i did feel like shit after (laughs) after it was down i was like whoa i feel terrible but how many people drink those fucking things every day every day first 42 34 ounces or what a 32 ounce pop it's hard yeah it's hard because it's who you're surrounded with too Mm -hmm. like fuck dude if you're surrounded with everyone like oh come on pussy just have a good time enjoy your life you're like fuck it right and then you're like exactly that's that's something like who like it's such a common thing you are who you surround yourself with but people don't i don't know it's like i'm so lucky that when i I was surrounded myself with tim like he he introduced me to eating healthy i remember when i was 19 i moved to the lab every day we have pro practice monday tuesday wednesday thursday saturday every day i was going to the coffee shop and reading mind gym books meant like all these mental books and we were doing it together we were reading constantly improving each other wanting to get better wanting to help each other improve and that's it was so important for me to you are who you surround yourself with and i see people not surrounded with themselves with the the best people they can be around and it's a trap. Yeah, it's a terrible trap. And sometimes those people that are not the best people are really fun to be around. That's the problem. <laughs> that's that, that, a, that's a distraction. It's like, yeah. what's keeping you back from wanting to be the very, like, I want to be the best bantamweight in the world. Like, what's keeping people back from wanting to be the best of them? And it's just distractions. People who are fun to be around. Alcohol, you know, even women, like, certain food is, like, distractions of what's keeping you back from wanting to be the best you. Yeah. So it's just, our brains are crazy. Our brains are nuts. Yeah. I mean, just, well, you got to think about just what you do for a living. I mean, just that alone is crazy, right? The, the desire to be a professional fighter, to the desire to fucking kick people in the head and choke them and have them try to do it to you and that this is what excites you yeah. and that this is what's driving you to go to the gym to improve constantly at. I mean, that alone is crazy, you know? And then these other people that are living their lives and drinking too much and smoking too much and eating shitty foods and you know they that's their path you know they're but their path is not compatible with your path that's the big key i like how kyle kingsbury said like a like there's going to be some point in your life that health is your main priority there's going to be some point when you're old and you have a disease or it could be now but i was lucky enough to like when i was 20 and 21 learning these things i moved in with robert fallis and got to live with him for a while and i was like damn this motherfucker's bookshelves of books super smart and i'm like why is he eating all that why does he go to this trader joe's place so i started going to trader joe's and i'm like robert falls would always say he's like how much do you train your mind we train jujitsu we train wrestling we train all this how much do you sit there and train your mind and i was like fuck so i just started reading books and started reading about eating healthy and super lucky to learn and be around that guy he was probably one of the biggest influences in my life because i was raised jehovah's witness my whole life and he was raised jehovah's witness his whole life and i carried a lot of fucking guilt for not being in the like religion slash cult. And he's like, dude, you're not a good person because of that religion. He's like, you're a good person because you're a fucking good person. And then just 
started telling me to read and do your own research. Don't listen to these people. Do your own fucking research. Learned a lot from that guy, and I got to pass it on to Sugar. He was a gem. I really, really loved that guy. Such a great guy to be around. I mean, I didn't know him enough. You know, really, when he died, it bummed me out so much. I was like, God damn, I should have spent more time with that guy. Fuck, isn't that crazy? I, was I only got to meet him. I only met him like three or four times, but every time I was around him, I was like, it was cool because he taught Tim so much, and I could learn. I'd seen like that's where he learned it all from. I was like, Robert's a smart dude. Yeah, that's and why it was he, such a bummer. You know, a guy like that would want to end his own life. Like, how how is that possible that someone was so loved and respected and appreciated? It really just highlights, you know, the 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 real issues that people who have mental illness and depression are going through. You know, it's like it's not it's not obvious to people on the outside. Yeah, you and never I think, know what someone's. You just never know how someone's feeling or thinking. Yeah. His brother committed suicide, and I think mm-hmm. that's what made him start like maybe getting into pills or alcohol and stuff. But it was weird because he would always have, be the one that the answer for you to what mm-hmm. your problems. He had the perfect answer, super intelligent. So it kind of freaked me out. I'm like, <sighs> man, I want to. I want my life to be like that guy. I want to be like him when I grow up. And when that happened, I was like, fuck, man, I couldn't believe it. How did you get out of Jehovah's Witness? Uh, my parents got divorced in eighth grade. My mom moved to Canada. I was still a Jehovah's Witness, and uh, I lived with her for a while, and I just was super trapped, couldn't hang out with anyone, couldn't do any sports, and I was like, fuck, I have to make a decision. Go with my dad, get out of the cult, and all the elders were like, don't do that. That's a mistake. That's a mistake, but I made the decision. Elders. They have elders too, just oh, like yeah. the Mormons? Yeah. And I, and I made the decision, I'm going to go move with my dad and move back to Montana. And then my dad was super into UFC, so I started wrestling and boxing when I was 14 and then on from there. My, uh, one of my wife's, well, how do I put this without, this person I know was uh, heavily into Mormonism. And uh, they, they had people come over the house that were elders. And the kid was 20. And he's like, this is Elder Mike. I'm like, the fuck it is. <laughs> Elder Mike. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Elder? Oh, Elder You're 20, Mike. dude. And, uh, I'm like, that, go out there and get some pussy. <laughs> that, that, is, that is so preposterous, you fucker. <laughs> you know, and they were, um, they were going uh, to other countries as missionaries, you know, getting these people and riding their bikes. South oh. America and, you know, going up to them and saying, hey, you know, come join the cult. I remember my dad was watching the UFC when I was, I had to have been 12 or 13, and I thought it was the, I was like, I, I remember telling my mom that he was watching, I told on him, like, that he's watching two guys fight. I thought it was the craziest thing ever. I hated it. I did not like confrontation. <laughs> like 12, 13 years old. And I, I remember literally telling on my dad that he was watching the <laughs> UFC. I, it's just funny looking back on that. That's hilarious. Yeah. It was wow, funny do you remember when, who was fighting? I don't. I remember he, he. I remember Chuck and Tito, and then Uriah, Uriah Faber. Those were the three guys. Like I remembered their names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you believe they're gonna fight again? Are they getting the, no it on again? Chuck and Tito are supposed Bullshit. to be fighting again. What? Yeah. When? This year? <laughs> Next Who year? knows? It's for Oscar De La Hoya's burgeoning <laughs> MMA promotion. <laughs> Tell me you're not gonna watch though. <laughs> You'll Front be row. tuning in, baby. Yeah, you fucking got me, man. Yeah. You got me. I mean, I probably will have to watch. I'm sure Bellator didn't pick that up. I don't think Bellator wants it. I think <laughs> Bellator's cautious. You know, I know Bellator was talking to Chuck, but, you know, I mean, Dana White said it best. There's a reason I asked him to retire 10 years ago. Fuck. <sighs> 10 years. 10 years ago. I mean,. Fuck. Look, man, there's number. Here it is. Tito Ortiz announces he's coming out of retirement for Chuck Liddell Trilogy. Is that today? Uh, I'll watch. May 11th. So like a month oh, ago. okay. Yeah, it's happening, man. 
what's happening. Damn. Hell I wonder yeah. how their training camps are going to go. Oof, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to be hurting. Yeah, a lot of MRIs. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> one, two sessions a week. <laughs> well, Tito is in remarkably good shape, believe it or not. He? He's had a significant number of back injuries. But other than the Chuck Liddell fights, he really didn't take a lot of head shots. Yeah. You know, it didn't really take a lot of head trauma. Yeah, that's you know? true. Tito's a tough motherfucker, man. He's been... He's been around a long-ass time, and when he fought Chuck, the gap in striking was just so large. You know, Tito was always a, a competent striker. You know, he was a strong guy and a great wrestler, and his ground and pound was some of the best. I mean, yeah. Tito was one of those guys that never bothered passing the guard. He was like, fuck <laughs> you and yeah. fuck your guard. Team Quest I'm going to get on top of you and smash you. And there was nobody catching Tito Ortiz in triangles. Get the fuck out of here with Away. that. You were getting elbowed and punched in the face. He was phenomenal at that. He was. But his stand-up could not hang with Chuck. Chuck, when you think of Chuck's stand-up, like, it was never, like, it was beautiful in a lot of ways because the knockouts were spectacular, but it was, there was, it was not sneaky. You know what I'm saying? There yeah. was no artistry to it. There was no faints or there's no like tj dillashaw style movement or right. dominic cruz or it was just attack yeah viking just smash people and skillful don't get me wrong it was very i mean look he he fucked up a lot of really good guys with solid technique but it was just so overtly aggressive like his style was so aggressive that that style just caught up with him. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he was in so many wars, man. I mean, just so many fucking crazy wars. It's weird, the confidence, like, you see, like, it's so good, I feel like, when someone knocks people out early on in their career. And they're like, oh, shit, man, you can if, do I, it. if I fucking touch this guy, he's going <laughs> to fall. Right. Sugar's knocked someone out with every limb on his body. <laughs> so it's like, he knows he can touch this guy with any limb and what they do, they fucking fall over. And I think it's a lot a of people feeling. late in their career, they never knock someone out. So they don't believe that at all. And I feel like you can see that big time in fights or a wrestler knocks someone out for the first time. And then they're like, Oh, addicted. Okay. Right. Johnny yeah. Hendrix style. Right. Well, Hendrix for a while had some magic power in his hands. It was Fuck, weird, dude. but it's weird is that it went away. It didn't make any sense. If you see like his fight with Martin Campman or his fight with Fitch or a lot of the guys he fought, he would just fucking one-touch these guys, and they would fly across the cage like he had magic in his hands. Oh, fuck. Dude, Hendricks for a while. I mean, I don't know if he got injured, if his shoulder got fucked up, if he couldn't throw the way he used to be able to throw. Whatever it was, USADA, whatever it was, <laughs> whatever got him, whatever got him, he motivation, Time, just father time, whatever it was. But goddamn, it just went away. And then he became not a dangerous striker. It's so weird. That is oh, weird. It's fucking weird. And that's another thing. Like, whether it's USADA or was, whether they're using those losses, is it informative or demoralizing? Well, we all know. Everyone who has been around gyms knows things that have not been published. We yeah. know people that have not been caught, but we've seen them dip significantly when they had to go off a cycle because they're going to a place where they were going to get tested regularly. We've all seen it. Yeah. And it's these are stories that like you hesitate like should the general public understand what the real risks are? Cuz these fighters that go to you say you go to some place like Ryzen and they're like, "Hey, go, go crazy. <laughs> we don't give a f we don't give a fuck. Old school pride. Go crazy. We don't give a fuck." But then when those guys 
come over and try to compete in the UFC. And the UFC is like, okay, fill out this paperwork, you know, give us your whereabouts. You got to sign in everywhere you go. And then they start showing up. And someone like Holly Holmes has been tested like 19 times. They just show up. Knock, knock. Here, time to pee. You know, let's let's check your blood. Let's see what's going on in your body. I'll make sure you're not doing anything stupid. All right, go back to sleep. I mean, yeah. you if you come from this place where you're allowed to cheat, basically, and you're doing it all the time, which we all know a lot of organizations allow that to happen, and then you try to come over to the UFC, you're going to see depression, you're going to see lethargy, you're going to see people that they're just, they're, they're, they're in a dour mood all the time, they're always sad, their body's broken down, you see they, they shrink, you start seeing all this loose Sex. excess skin, their arms, they're not defined anymore, oh. it's fucking horrible, but they want to fight, and they want to make the money, yeah. and you know, hey, it's... It's 30 and 30 if I win. You know, maybe money. I can, yeah, maybe I can go to Guatemala and hide out and <laughs> do D-ball for six weeks. God, a lot of fighters, too, it's like what defines them. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. fucking what defines them. That's all they got. That's all, they, they, That's all they they're have. known for their whole life. Like, yeah. oh, he's the fighter. When's your next fight? When's your next fight? And then if you don't fight for a couple months, you got people like, I broke my jaw my last fight. Constantly people asking, so when you fight? Hey, you done fighting? Are you done fighting? It's like, fuck, dude. How Just, long ago was that? In August. Fucking first punch of the fight. Boom. Oof. broke it clean still went into the second round and i was trying to finish mm -hmm. him trying to put him away because i knew if i win one more i'll get back in the ufc so that was a tough one but yeah. uh it, it forced me to meditate it forced me i had my jaw wired fucking tight shut for eight weeks and i couldn't talk because my tmj joint would Oof. flare up so i'd have a like bad headache so i'd had to sit in my chair and i'm like okay i have to do this so i just read started meditating and i'm like dude there's how do you eat you just suck liquid through your teeth <laughs> Ooh, every day suck. all day i remember when i hurt my foot i was like we were in the ambulance going to the raptor right last fight going to the hospital and i remember thinking this could be worse i could have my mouth hanging off of me and the yeah. thing is oh, it happens man the <sighs> er guy there was no one in the air and they're like you need to let the inflammation go down so i had to go two days and drive to another city with it hanging off but like i said I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't take it away because I started meditating. And I talk, now sugar's meditating, and man, we've gotten so much fucking benefits from that. It's crazy. Even mm -hmm. now we're hooked on it. Yeah, I do in the tank. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, meditating in the tank. You have one at your house? I have one right here. Here. Oh, yeah. That's so sweet. sweet. That is so Such sweet. Such a fucking benefit, that man. That is so sweet. For me, it's like when the world gets weird, and the world, my world's weird as fuck, man. <laughs> you know, I try to explain it to people. I'm like, it's weird being me. Bed. You know, and to, to be able to just take some time and just uh, just look at it all through fresh eyes. Like, that's the place for me, Hell getting yeah. into that that's, tank. You do an hour? About, or I like an hour, but I do two if I have the time. Oh, I like two hours. two hour session would be. Yeah. God, but and then having you get... it here is what it's all about, oh. so I can just do it anytime I want. Hell yeah. Like, I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and just drive over here. Sweet. You, what, what's your morning routine like? Or do you have a morning routine that you like, or do you just kind of. Fasted cardio. That's what I like to do, or fasted yoga. That's my, my most recent thing is I'm doing either 14 to 16 hours, depending upon what my day looks like. Nice. So I'm intermittent fasting. And then uh, I usually either like yoga or running in the morning. Today was running, and then I'll do something in the afternoon, either martial arts related or weightlifting related. Do you, yeah. uh, do you drink coffee every morning, like when you, right when you wake up? or Not always, but I like it. I like these things, these nitros, these caveman nitros. Cold but I like brew? regular coffee, too. But I drink water with Himalayan salt in it, too. That's one lemon? of the first things. Yeah, I put a little lemon in there, too, do that sometimes. Every 
Sometimes I throw a little cayenne pepper in that Ooh. motherfucker. Wow. Any apple cider ever vinegar? I do that stuff sometimes too. I take nice. a lot of probiotics. Those are the oh. uh, a lot of I eat a lot of kimchi. I, I find like kimchi and game meat is like I've been on this kick for the past three or four months oh. where I just eat kimchi and elk like three four times a week i mean and stuff yeah. dude it's hard when you eat some yeah. elk before bed and you wake up hard as a rock wanting to fuck <laughs> people up <laughs> dude, you're rock. Like, what the fuck? people don't know man dude. they don't know you're eating Ugh. a super athlete if you eat elk you're eat, you're literally eating a super athlete you know oh, it's badass that's yeah. like a huge like another reason not just uh dr andy but listening to you you talk about it because i listen to your podcast all the time talk about how how beneficial eating those kind of meats are and i'm just like god i gotta do it and i'm just I feel so much better doing it. Well, if you think about, like, how healthy it is to eat salmon, like a healthy wild salmon, that is a an animal that's out there hustling, you know, a salmon making its way upriver. You eat one of those Seriously. things, it's just loaded with nutrients and essential fats and... When you eat an elk, man, you're eating an animal that's getting away from wolves and bears and fighting to the death with swords growing out of its head. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's a forest horse with fucking spears growing out of its head. Yeah. And they're just out there hustling. Seriously. All day. You know, living out in Montana in the winter, in the middle of the fucking winter. Seriously. Running from wolves and shit. I mean, that's their life. You eat one of those things, you eat it, it's like... <gasps> Fuck. Like you get charged up. You're like, yeah. it feels. I've given Fuck it to people yeah. that have never eaten it before, and they're like, "Holy shit!" And I'm like, "Yeah, fuck? you feel different, right? You feel You're like eating you, their yeah. G, their DNA." Yes. I, do you ever do you listen to Paul Check? Paul Check. He's the Jeet Kune Do guy, right? Isn't he? No, he's been on Aubrey's and stuff. He's a uh, no. I'm thinking of Paul Vernack. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different guy. Yeah, I've have listened to Paul Check. I listened to him on Aubrey's podcast. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, he's, fuck, he's, awesome. he's a wizard. He man. was explaining how. Uh, um, pasture-raised eggs versus just regular eggs. So we're literally eating the DNA of that chicken. And it was, he, I don't remember what exactly he said, but it blew my mind. I was just like, he's awesome. He would, that'd, be, that'd be a good podcast, you and him. That would be sweet. Yeah, I'd have him on for that sure, That would be man. so sweet. Yeah, I mean, chickens, they love to eat bugs and worms and grass, and they love to roam around. And if they are allowed to do that, they get a dark... Like an orange yolk mm. that you just don't get from those goddamn grocery store egg chickens. Those grocery store chickens are prisoners. Yeah. You're getting little Seriously. prisoner eggs. You're eating that, putting yeah. it into your body. I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's nothing like a farm-raised, free-ranging chicken egg. And you could get those yeah. at farmer's markets and stuff like that. Like, But you could tell the moment you crack them open. Yeah. I mean, it's just orange like the sun, you know? It's you a, take care of your chickens? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have chickens. Are they so pain? What's that? Are they a pain? It's not the easiest thing. Really? You know, yeah. You got to clean the shit and you got to make sure they have enough food. And for me, I got a squirrel problem. Uh-huh. My, my wife wants to kill the fucking squirrels. Me, I'm like, they're cute little, little <laughs> fellas, right? But they <laughs> steal all the food. They're fat fucking squirrels because oh. they keep figuring out a way to get into the chicken coop and get all the chicken food. And they're just in there all the time. But now I might have to put them to death because Ooh. I found out they've been stealing eggs. The squirrels have now figured out that they can get eggs. And so a squirrel oh, was trying shit. to roll an egg out of the chicken coop oh. through the hole that he comes in. We you caught, caught him, him doing that. I didn't catch <laughs> him. Smart I didn't catch fucker. him. How are you going to get him? little fucker. I don't know, man. I don't know. I bet it feels good. Sh- I've, never, I've never hunted. And mm-hmm. uh, I bet it feels good shooting. And then eating the meat you get. It does. I, I'm nervous, though, because I feel like I would feel so guilty shooting an animal. You will. I remember I shot a bird yeah, a little when fucker. I was... Look at him. He's got an egg. Oh, that cunt. was... That's yours? No, no it's, it's not. not. Oh. <laughs> pull, pull that back, Jamie. 
This I had no idea that squirrels did this. I had to find out in my own yard. <laughs> These little fuck oh faces. My God. They're egg stealers, bro. They, they, they how do they fuck, know? Though. How do they know? They're so cute. That's They're awesome. so cute. How do they know? They fucking know how to like get you eggs. Little, bitch. <laughs> little motherfucker. I yeah, the chickens. Chickens don't know what to do. Damn. That's funny. Yeah. Squirrels are they're not smart, but they're determined. I think I might have to run a fucking arrow through a few of them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But I don't want to kill the squirrels. That's the See, thing. it's like I don't want them eating my eggs, but I also don't want to kill them. So I don't know what to do. I know. It's like I keep they have figuring one life. out a way to block off their holes, but they keep opening new holes. Fuck. This is what this guy did. He made a protector box or something. Oh. I'm not sure. Just like my brother, mm. my brother says, though, man, if you if you're hunting and you're you're a really good shot, you're gonna put that thing away, and it didn't even know it died. It lived a great life, I boom, it. it's done, and you're yeah, eating its meat. But like, listen, man, that's best mom, case dad. scenario. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, they don't live forever anyway, and the way they die in the wild by getting torn apart by wolves or coyotes or mountain lions is way worse. That's true. Than a bullet or an arrow, you know. I mean. The life of an elk is a quick life. If you're li like, not that one, but the one, that one's probably only like f maybe five years old. But the Holy. one outside, the big one over by yeah. the mats, that one's about nine years old. That's about as old as you're going to. If you find like a 10, 11 year old elk, holy shit, that guy's lived forever and their teeth are all worn down. Damn. And Wow, and, I didn't even know. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Yeah, they don't live very long. You know, it's a hustle. And they're, they're out there just fighting for their life and trying to get by. Most of the time, they're just grazing, but they'll look up and they'll see a wolf or something. And it's like, fuck, it's on, man. I have some friends that live in Idaho. And, you know, Idaho has a considerable wolf population. And they went on this scouting trip. And when they were up in the hills, they kept finding – they found four dead, really large bull elk that were torn apart by wolves. Over the course of like a 10 mile hike, they found four of them laying there dead, torn apart by wolves. Fuck. And they're like, holy shit, like this is crazy. So the wolves will eat part of it, leave it there. I mean, it's cold as shit where they are. They don't have to worry about the meat going bad. Yeah. So they'll kill it, tear it apart, and then they'll find another one. And they'll, their instinct is to go after the next one. They don't, they don't like just kill one and say, we got enough food, we'll eat this until we're full, and then when we get hungry, go hunt another Damn. one. No, there's hunters. Yeah, they're, mm. they do what's called, um, they, what, what do they call it? It's not like, it's, they don't, don't call it sport hunting. There's a word for it. When they kill, like, they, they, was it Wyoming? What was that one crazy story? In Wyoming, they killed 19 elk and didn't even eat them. What? Yeah, they, they don't, do it for fun? No, they don't do it for fun. They can't help themselves. It's like, Surplus killing. Surplus killing. Surplus. They Sheesh. just they Jesus. know they can get away with it, so they just do it. And then they'll they'll cash them. Yeah. Actually, Look at this. Nineteen elk. They 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 recovered all of them. Savage stacked them. Holy shit. They're not little either, bro. Big dudes. Seriously. <clears throat> These are the ones they brought down from Canada to the wolves. They brought them down in the nineties to repopulate Yellowstone because we had eradicated wolves from most of the western states. Did you see that animal they just found in Montana and they don't even know what it is? Yeah, it's a wolf hybrid. I saw it. A wolf hybrid with what? A dog. Yeah, a wolf probably fucked a German Shepherd or something. <laughs> Damn, that's they do wild. That. <laughs> Most of the time they kill them. 
what? they'll kill dogs. They eat dogs constantly. That I don't, he fucked but, that one. <laughs> yeah, he's probably hungry or probably horny rather and not hungry and yeah. just said, let me, I'm gonna let me fuck, fuck this dog and see what happens. Yeah, that's Damn, crazy. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, or a dog fucked him, or fucked mm. her, rather. Right. It could have been that. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you saw it? Did you see that picture of that thing? To me, it looks like a wolf-dog hybrid. Like, maybe somebody had... What is that? There's this crazy Russian dog that looks like a werewolf. It's this weird Russian dog that's, like, fucking crazy hair all over the place. And if a wolf fucked one of those, it would probably look like this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you find see that it. thing? What does it look like? Do you have good pictures of it? So that picture sucks. That's just the, the back of it. There's another picture of it. It's head. Wolf dog shooting in Montana draws international attention. Hmm. See, see, to me, it just looks like a dog fucked yeah. a wolf. It's just a big-ass wolf Holy dog. Big fucker, though. That is a big fucker. Sheesh. It's a big animal. That looks like a 150-pound dog. Jesus. Could be a little pickup, too. Yeah, it could be, like a Tacoma. Uh, yeah. Right. It's hard to tell. Damn, that's crazy. They look, they're beautiful, man. I'm glad they're out there. They're fascinating, but they're rough on wildlife. But that's that's their life. You know, their life is out there killing, and the the elk's life is out there surviving. And the way I feel about hunting is you just dip your legs and your body into that world with discipline and with uh, an understanding of what you're doing. And if you get lucky and you get an opportunity, you kill one of those animals and bring it out. And that's like to me, that is the cleanest, best way to eat meat. Yeah, for I sure. just feel like there's no better way in terms of like uh, karma, in terms of your interaction with nature, the the understanding connection that you have to your food. There's just so, and then health wise, there's no Monsanto right. GMO, no spraying. I mean, you're you're eating a pure animal. I yeah. Mean, just I need to try. It. I need to shoot one someday. Well, Montana is the place, man. Seriously. Go back home. I mean, shit. It's one of the Montana is some of the best elk hunting in the entire country. I'd rather just eat my dad and brothers. I'm more of a gatherer. <laughs> That's good too, man. Uh, yeah, I probably would be. Right be a, there with yeah, you. hey, man. Nothing wrong with gathering <laughs> or farming, man. Grow your own fucking vegetables. You know, nothing That's wrong with that. <laughs> That's the plan. Eventually, we're gonna make a compound and have our own animals. Hey, I'll oh, give yeah. you guys some meat. I got a whole couple freezers back there that would be oh, so awesome. I mean, where when you guys go back we're, we're gonna, gonna drive go back right after oh shit i'll hook okay. you up yeah Thank by you. the time Thank you get you. home you'll have uh it won't even be frozen yes. I mean, it won't even be thought out yet how old were you when you took your first rip of weed weed i was third well not really so i smoked when i was younger but it was only like occasionally at like a party and i always felt like a loser for doing it you know, like everybody else would be getting high, and I'm like, I'll try that. And, but I was probably already drunk anyway, you know, <laughs> yeah. like when I was 14 or 15 or uh -huh. something like that. So maybe I smoked weed a handful of times, less than a dozen times till I was 30. And then Eddie Bravo got me into it when I was 30 years old. We were doing jujitsu together. And uh, he was telling me how uh, marijuana was helping his jujitsu and helping his music and his creativity. I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I'm like, dude, marijuana just makes you stupid. Like, don't you know? You know? And he's like, just try it. And we, and he, we got high. And uh, I remember thinking, like, oh, this is what it is. Like, wow. I did not know. Same. Same. I can't believe it. That feeling, like you're like, wow. Were you by yourself? It's this. No, it's just me and Eddie. Oh, sweet. I was like, I can't believe this. We went and got something to eat. We're giggled. talking. Oh yeah, we giggled like crazy. <laughs> That's the best. Talked about all kinds of crazy shit. And then I remember I started smoking pot and getting on stage. 
and I got I was getting real creative with my my comedy, and then smoking pot and doing jujitsu. I was like, I can't believe how zoned in it gets you with training. Smoking pot and hitting the bag to this day is like one of my all time favorite things. I get paranoid. I get freaked out. <laughs> I get weirded out. I, I get I get freaked out. But then I just fucking wrap up my hands, put on the timer, and just once that sweat starts flowing, and you start, ah, ah, oh. bah, 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 and it's almost like the paranoia and the weirdness of it all. You just fight it off by hitting that bag. Bah, bah, boom, bah, bah, boom. You know, and you you hear the bell that says thirty seconds, and you're flurrying, and then you get that one minute off to think about life and your future <laughs> and. The, the fucking universe and volcanoes and Guatemala and Hawaii and oh, bang, God. the bell goes off again. You got another three yeah. three minutes and man, it's, it's one of my my like it's a it's a psychedelic experience. It's like a cleansing experience. Hitting the bag when you're high. I like sh I love shadow boxing when I'm high. I'll take a mm. rip out at home and just sit. They have a little mirror and I'll just shadow box. Don't even know how long. I just can just shadow box for just go. Do you know what's weird? Like you feel balance when you're high. You feel like like maybe like if you got an injury, you feel it more. You feel like more where aware. things are off. You know what I mean? And like for me, I, f I feel my transfer of power better when I'm high. Like the, like certain techniques, I, I really get the timing of like when to turn the hip over. I feel it more when I'm high. Fuck like yeah. I, I feel the connection with all the tissue, all of it working together. I swear it helps you just li stay in the moment a little bit more, especially at night after you train real hard and you're thinking about your mind's going 100 miles per hour, take one rip and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I like gravy. I, yeah. I like like everyone always asks if I how much I smoke. When when do I smoke? After surgery, I was smoking all day. The doctor said, hey. What did they do to your foot? So I tore the Liz Frank. So I, I think I fractured it and tore the ligaments. What is the Liz Frank? Um, what is it? Why is it called Liz Frank? Does one poor girl have a fucking horrible injury? The, these ligaments yeah. right here. I don't and know. And Frank's cousin. And that was in that. <laughs> that was the that, that was the Sukhantar fight. Yeah. Um, I, did, I, I threw a kick. And I landed and I launched off my right foot to throw a right hand and I felt it snap right there. Because uh -huh. uh, we, we watched the replay. Oh, there it is right here. So, Lisfranc joint complex. Oh, so that's where it tore. I'm just glad there's someone smart enough on this on this earth to be able to fix my foot. Dude, think of my mouth. I was God, like, fuck. smart people in this world. And so you're, what are you, like 11 weeks out from Yeah, surgery? I'm about 11 weeks out, 10, 11 weeks out. And I'm, uh, wow. I'm feeling about 85, 90%. And uh, I go to the doctor in a couple weeks to Well, you were cleared. kicking the bag with that foot. I was feeling good. Yeah, it's yeah. feeling like that was the first time I kicked the bag. And that felt good. I was, I was excited about that. But, That's uh, awesome. It's uh, it's great that they could fix shit, man. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, thank God for smart people. <laughs> I know. I was like, I would be fucked right now. Yeah. But I guess this 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 injury, like a ton of people get it and they just don't know. They just they just let it kind of heal mm -hmm. and live with it. But. And Be what what it, was it like, like as it was healing? Like, what does it impede? What's impede? Uh, what does it stop you from doing? What does okay. it slow you down with? What is, what does it get in the way of things? Walking, just just walking hurt so bad. Um, I, I I didn't do anything. I remember the doctor said, hey, "Just stay off your foot." I literally played Fortnite. Eight. I was playing like I was living a professional gamer life for a month. <laughs> I was gaming eight hours a day. I would wake up and I'd go and game for eight hours a day. Be high hilarious. the whole time. And I was smoking, like, because I, I personally don't like smoking all day. I feel like it makes me unmotivated. Not, it's not the weed, it's me. I feel unmotivated. I just don't really like it. But when I was playing, when I was gaming, it was the best. I was gaming, smoking <laughs> all day. But, uh, yeah, I was, 
Uh, where was I going with that? The surgery with your foot. You oh said- yeah, let's talk about. Um, let's talk about smoking weed. Um, I like weed as, a like a nightly celebration almost. Like I, mm. I get shit done during the day. I wake up, do my morning routine, go to the gym, come home. Do what I do, eat lunch, play Fortnite, go to the gym, come home, and that's when I'm like, okay, I earned because earned marijuana it. is so easy, and like I know there's like I have, a, have a huge following of of um people who smoke weed, and it's so easy to for marijuana to take over your life and and be in charge of you, um, and I felt that when I was gaming and smoking, I, I just want I like wanted to, I'm like ah I don't uh, whatever, <laughs> take a rip, take a rip, take a rip, um, and it takes over your life, and I feel like it's it. It's such a powerful um I don't like the word drug. It's such a powerful it is a drug though. Um masks substance. a lot of people's problems. Masks yeah. a lot of people's feelings of how they truly feel. Um, it's so easy to get high all day instead of deal with them certain emotions. Um so I just feel like I feel like people are abusing it way too much. I've, some people certainly are. Some people are and I, That's it, the case with everything though, right? It is for sure. It is. Um but, So this foot thing, what did, how do they fix it? What is, what is the surgery? They put uh, some pins in to hold the ligaments together. Mm. Um, or, or there were just two options. I was going to get a plate in my foot, and then six weeks later, they were gonna, I was going to get surgery again to take, to take it take out. The plate out. And I was like, that does not sound... How about you keep that plate in? <laughs> crack yeah, people no shit. with it. Oh, <laughs> well, I land a lot of my... A lot of my kicks, you know, you land with, you're supposed to land with your shin, but I land a lot with my foot. It's like a slap. Well, look at Thompson. Yeah. You know, he throws a lot of in-step kicks. I mean, that was the karate way for the longest time. Yeah. I literally remember, I knocked someone out in Seattle with my foot, and the dude was out for like 10 minutes. It was, remember that? Yeah. That was gnarly. It yeah, was literally can, my foot slapping his jaw, and I was like, holy shit, that's most certainly foot. can knock people out with your foot. I mean, that's Phil Davis and Bellator just knocked that guy out. That was his foot. Was yeah. it? Didn't his foot land? Yeah, it's weird. You don't yeah. see it coming. Yeah. So shots you don't see coming. Yeah, you're right. Especially when they come over the shoulder, you know, those those round kicks that come over the shoulder from the outside. <gasps> that Stephen Thompson kick mm-hmm. where he threw that. That was, yep. That's probably one of my favorite knockouts, and it came over. Like, yep. It literally looked like it came over. Question yeah. mark. That was so sweet. God, it's almost sweet. like a question mark. Yeah, almost like that one. But, you know, the question mark one comes straight up the middle mm-hmm. and that's comes the, around. That's, I threw the question mark kick, landed, and then that's when I did it. That's when I hurt my foot. Oh, yeah, I wanted to bring this up, too. I remember um, you had a uh, – I don't remember what podcast it was, but you were talking about – you were looking at my Instagram, and you saw the – I did a kick to a guard pass. I was in front of him, did a 360 yeah. guard pass. And I remember you saying he could do that in a fight if he practiced it a lot. And I've been practicing that. So I've I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and I did it in that Andre fight. I was he was up against the cage, and I three sixty passed into side control, and I wanted to bring that up <laughs> yeah. and tell you that. But it was, it works. Spinning does. People don't know what to do when you spin. Right. He I spun and he covered he covered right. up. I'm past. I'm already in side control now. This is a moment they have to think. It's, yeah. it, and when I'm uh, striking as well, usually when I spin, they back up and cover up. Like, yeah. now I'm going to go to your body. Now Think, I'm going to your body. Now I'm going to go to your head. You can get away with a lot of stuff other people can't. You're so fucking athletic. I feel like you could be a pro in a bunch of different sports. Like, his timing and his eyes. Like, what did the doctor say? You have some of the best eyes you can Yeah, I remember have. going to the eye doctor a few different ones. And they're like, oh, my God, your eyes are ins- they're some of the best eyes I've ever seen in my life. Like, they were taken back. I don't know. I don't know if that 
transfers over to fighting and my distance and how I see things coming or you found your range such at a young age too not like a wrestler like constant penetration 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 started as a striker so he's got his range down so good and his eyes and his timing and his reaction time is so fucking fast so like everyone sees him and they're like oh that's that's beatable but when, with him in front of you it's way fucking well different. your length man for your weight class for bantamweight you're so fucking long and I told you, when I saw you, I thought for a second that you might have been the son of Michael O'Malley. There's a guy named Michael O'Malley who was my original Taekwondo instructor, was a four-time national champion, like literally one of the best Taekwondo fighters in the world in his prime. Oh, yeah, he is tall. Yeah, he's very tall. <clears throat> and he fought 147. Skinny and neck, he was like 6'3". Like Did they cut weight in Taekwondo? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but terribly. Nah. Nobody nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> Damn, that's they, sweet. they cut weight and fight the same day. But he was uh, he was a beast. He was my original Taekwondo instructor. He was Jae-hun Kim's prize student. He was his number one student. Damn. And when I started, Michael had stopped fighting. He was just teaching. And now he runs a school in uh, Peabody. But he basically taught me almost everything that I know. And Mr. Kim, Mr. Kim took over as well when he came back. But when I first started training there for the first year or so, Mr. Kim was in Korea. And I learned everything from uh, Mr. O'Malley. Fucking long limbs just like oh, he sugar, was too. He so fast, That's too. sweet. So fast. He was so fast. He would do demonstrations on people, you know, like demonstrations on how to set things up. And you would see him do things, and it was just it was confusing. <laughs> You'd be like, "Fuck!" Imagine if that guy was trying to kick me. In like, front of you? yeah, because you'd be fucked. Because he was so good at setting things up and footwork and movement. And so when I saw you, I was like, "Holy shit!" This kid looks like Michael O'Malley. Like, I <laughs> thought you were his son. That's funny. Like, I really did. I was like, "Holy shit!" His son is fighting because I haven't talked to <laughs> Michael awesome. in a long time. That's I really funny. did <laughs> think that you were his son. That would have been nuts. That would have been. Yeah, I was like, "Wow!" Mm -hmm. When I see this kid, I gotta ask him. Nope. Not, nope. Not, Maybe. Not my dad. Who knows? Maybe someone's on a traveling journey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know. You yeah, never this know. world's crazy. Where was that at? Where, what? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so when you first got together, when you for when you two first got together, you were 18. Yeah. Uh, when he first when he was commentating the fight, yeah, I was 18. I moved and, down. And how old are you now? 23. 23. And so you guys have been hanging out together and training together the entire time? Yeah, we've been best friends the entire time. So it's like, and Sugar really like looks up to me and trusts my opinion and he listens to me. And that makes me have to up my game. You know, I have constantly have to research because I know he trusts me and I know he looks up to me. So I'll, I have to make sure everything's really he, top notch. It's, it's, it's nice now that I'm in a position to where I can, pay, he's, he's my coach. Like he's my main coach. I can, I'm paying him to be my coach. He's focusing on me, my diet, um, watching videos he sends like on instagram he'll send me videos of like we're i'm jiu-jitsu is my favorite sport in the gi that's probably what i've trained the most in like since since my surgery is pretty much what i've been doing is just drilling in the gi um he teaches at uh gents soul fighters and i go there and drill monday wednesday friday um but he's constantly sending me videos of nutrition jiu-jitsu sleeping just any anything any knowledge he's sending me so it's he's such a huge benefit like a huge benefit to me to becoming what i want to be and it's so awesome to, like we're doing this together so it's cool i remember being 19 in the apartment like this is what i wanted everything like training and to have to have him here with me even just being here it's just so awesome to travel everywhere everywhere i go he's we're going places we're traveling we're training everywhere we go we're training it's awesome 
So how satisfying is it for you to see him in a position like the Andre fight? Where, like, I thought you made a big leap in between that fight and your... Who was your the, the fight Ware. before? That's right. Which was a very good fight, too. But I was like, damn, this kid's getting better. I'm like, you you made a leap. You were doing a lot of, like, weird, unpredictable shit in the Sukumtat fight. You were moving around a lot. And I was like, you looked real confident. And, like, you were just constantly moving forward. How How... How much is it like? How good does it feel to watch someone improve like that, dude? It feels just as good as as if it was me doing it. Sometimes more, right? Like sometimes, like sometimes more. That's why I'm like, man, yeah, it feels fucking good. But every, after every fight, I'm like, dude, let's treat it like we lost. Right? Let's treat it every, like we he fucking always lost says that, that fight. Always says that. He said, I go out because I keep I'm ten and ten and zero right now, and every every fight I've won, he said, let's pretend you lost. And I've improved <laughs> so much in between fights because. I, I live this lifestyle. I don't, I don't I don't really party too much. When I do, I like to party though. But I don't really party too much. Um, my life's my life is MMA. It's like my morning is training, my afternoon's training, and he's constantly saying after a fight, "Let's pretend we lost. Let's let's improve." And I've been and from that Alfred fight to that Andre fight, that was less than a year. I feel like I improved the most. I was just constantly learning. And it's this sport's fucking awesome, man. It is fucking awesome. Sport is so awesome. It's a fucking crazy sport too, though, right? It's so nice too, cause like, ah, fuck, we're getting bored of jujitsu a little bit. Let's go wrestle for a while, or right. let's go box for a while. And we can always bounce back and forth. It's pretty cool. Do you ever fuck around with any weird stuff like Wing Chun or you know, no, judo think, or no. anything? Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest. Oh uh, yeah, mushrooms. Fuck, I feel dude. like mushrooms are gonna change the world. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, yeah, I that's just, what we're kind of like dealing with, like with sugar, like. Because we're really starting to figure out like what ego is and like oh, some God. really Oof. really deep learning, shit. You, you know, know Eckhart Tolle. Sure, I've been learning. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about ego and Aubrey Marcus and uh, with Aubrey Marcus and just a bunch of different people. And it's scary learning about your ego and like who you really are and who your ego is and understanding that they're two different people. Like fighting in this whole life, this whole like like Instagram is basically your ego. That's who your ego is. I feel like for me, um, Instagram. Yeah, I feel like social media in right. general for you your mean, character. Like you push out what you want people to think of you, like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, everyone does. Like you post yeah. what you want people. Like that's what people are gonna think of you as. Whatever you post, right? It's like and then like realizing because like I was broke last year. This time I was pretty much broke, and now I have a good amount of money. And it's, I'm realizing money doesn't make you happy. Materialistic things don't make you happy. And I know everyone says that. Um, who is it? What's Jim Carrey's quote? Like, I wish everyone could be rich once to realize that they don't want to rich and famous, rich and famous. Yeah, to realize it doesn't make you happy. Because like, I have a lot of people. Like my little brother, I was telling him, trying to like get him. I want to pay him to help run my YouTube panel. I'm like, you can make sixty thousand dollars a year, blah blah blah. He's like, oh, that's not a lot. That's not enough. I'm like, like, dude, you could literally not have to work. And, yeah. and be a, like help me with my YouTube. Yeah, dude, but I'm trying to get millionaires. And it's just like <laughs> that's not what makes you happy. And I'm re I'm finding that out. Like at a young I, age, at a, like I'm, I understand. Like my ego lo is motivated by money. I love money, and I love just this whole fight game is just all about just. I feel like I'm learning so much. It's hard to hard to explain my brain, and I'm still trying to figure out all this. Everything I'm learning, I'm listening to so many podcasts every day, reading so many books every day, 
and I, I can't really explain what my brain. But but try try to explain what you your original thought. So like you feel like what you're putting out on social media is the ego, and what you really are, like who you really are, is something different. Well, yeah, I think just humans in general, we're all at the core. We're all just want love and compassion. Um, and so you want that from fighting. Fight like what makes me truly happy is training jujitsu or training in general, eating healthy and being around people I love, being around my dogs, um, watering my flowers. Like that's what makes me happy. That's what makes. Um, what kind of satisfaction the, do you get from fighting? To show I your love, hard work. Pays I love off? performing. Ever since I was a little kid, I was always trying to perform in front of whoever was around. My if we had to get together, a family, I was always being loud, obnoxious, trying to perform and do something. I love performing like that. Performing in front of huge crowds, like he was saying, the bigger the crowd, the more people watching them, the better I feel like I perform. Um, yeah. I yeah. don't know. When you start learning about that stuff and take mushrooms, it really opens your brain yeah, to a whole other different pathways. It certainly changes how you look crazy. at yourself. I think, yeah. <laughs> mushrooms are one of my favorite um, things I've ever done. I've done mushrooms probably five times, and it's. It's we're right right after right after a mushroom trip. You feel you're so much more. You realize everyone's going through shit. Like everyone is going through something. It makes you want to be nicer to people. It makes yeah. you want to be kinder. Yeah. And just and then like four or five months later, you start getting into your animal ways, and you're like, oh, I need to do mushrooms again. Yeah. I need to reset. Have and you done DMT? I have not. I'm actually kind of scared to do DMT because I know, like that. That's what I talk about. My ego, like, like even mushrooms, like they attack your ego almost, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we need that. Right and I now. need that ego to keep. I don't know. It's it's. You need your ego right now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we gotta know. Like, like Con Connor's I'm ego is huge. <laughs> Connor, you need to have a big ego. You need to have an ego just to do anything. We are. Um, but is it the ego, or do you need to have the desire to achieve excellence? Is that always the ego? Can you do that without the self? Can you do that just as a task, as a goal, and be completely committed and single-minded in your approach to try to achieve excellence? Can you do that without the ego? Can you do it as a project? Can you do it as a task? I think so. I think, I think you, you can. can too. But I, think I don't you can think you too. build this character that I want to build, this person, this persona. But why do you want to build a persona? Because you see Connor do it. No, no. It's, it's, it's fun. Right. This is, it's the, the whole fight game is like that. It's just fun. Right. Like, I don't... Plus, we know if we build the persona, the bigger checks are going to come. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to not be me. Like, everything I do is me. Like, I just, I don't know, I enjoy trying to find a happy medium, like, a happy medium. I'm going to come on this podcast uh, later in life, and I'll explain more in my brain. <laughs> I'm just learning so much right now, and I just feel like it's overwhelming. Of course, man. Dude, when I was your age, I was a fucking idiot. You know, you're way ahead of the game. It's just a part of life. It's, it's, you know, five years from now, you've been like, God, back then I didn't know shit. Yeah, seriously. And then five years later, you'd be like, God, back then I didn't know shit. The more you, know? you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Of course. And like, then we get God. mad at our parents and stuff like, come on, please listen to me. Eat healthy. Like, read books. I'm like, our parents didn't grow up with the internet. Like, we're well, so lucky to be able to learn from you guys. It's just impossible to change people's ways. They have to want to change. They have to be motivated. They have to. It's it's so hard to change people. It's like if you've ever had a friend that's been into drugs and it's been all fucked up and you can't get them to quit or an alcoholic, it is almost impossible to talk someone into changing. They have to have some motivation that's internal. Yeah. 
And that's the same thing with eating good. You, the best example you could set is by living your life in a healthy way. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, just live it. That's one of the best things about the internet. You get to see all these people that are doing things in a healthy way and doing things that are exciting and inspirational, and it makes you want to do stuff yeah. that's good. It makes, makes you want to take care of your body and makes you really want to concentrate on your mind and meditate and, and just really get everything in order. Yeah, Meditation so awesome. It's really helping me. Every morning I meditate for 10 minutes, and I feel like it's helping me throughout the day understand why certain thoughts are coming up whether it's from um, my childhood traumas or just just anything just certain um patterns my um cultural conditioning thought patterns cultural conditioning just meditating has helped me almost kind of slow my brain down and redirect my thoughts if i get angry or something or if something happens understanding why i'm getting angry mm. and i think I, I, and i'm so excited. i've been meditating I, I did it for the terry on where fight. i did it for the andre fight and i would do it randomly or in camp i wouldn't do it all and then now i'm doing it I want it to be a part of my life every morning. I've been doing it for the last month. How long do you do it for? Ten minutes. Ten minutes every yeah. morning. And then how do you do it? Um, I, I, I've been listening to Sam Harris' um, guided meditation. Um, there's an app called Headspace that has a bunch of packages that, whether it's stress, anxiety, sleep, um, positive thinking, um, I, just, I just do the guided meditations. I have this little meditation room. I go down in there. I, I, first thing in the morning, I get up. I put the lemon and the sea salt. I hydrate. I go into my meditation room, push play, sit there 10 minutes, meditate. Then I go outside, water my flowers. My morning routine is my favorite thing. I need a, I wish everyone would have a, set, a morning routine because it's really like, it, I don't know. Sets you up for a good day. It does. I just don't mm. have, I don't, I remember last time I had a bad day. Just morning routine sets me up for a good day. I love mm. it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And routine, John Donaher wrote some really fascinating piece on his Instagram about routine, about how important it is if you're a, a great athlete. You say, you find me a great athlete, I'll find you someone whose life is governed by routine. And that this is the way to check progress and this is the way to constantly be moving towards your goal. And uh, I remember reading that and I said to myself, this is something that I've always known but never ver verbalized. I've never said it. Yeah. But it's something that I've always known. Like, yeah, like everybody who's really good. I remember I read a Sports Illustrated article a long time ago about who's that fucking track and field guy who won the Olympics a bunch of times. His name was something Moses. I forget his name. Let's see if you can find this guy's name. It was something, Mo but he was like an elite track and field guy. And uh, I... What's that? Edwin Moses. Edwin Moses. He was a beast and just super, super disciplined. And I remember he had like this routine where he had his notebook and he would lay his notebook out and write down all of his different routines. He had this like mat that he would lay down. He would do his stretching routines and all this stuff. And I remember thinking like, oh, this guy, this is his thing. He does this all the time. He just gets there. He locks in and he does this. And this was many, many years ago. I I might have even still been fighting when this was going on. So I remember thinking about it going, okay, like this kind of, this is like what elite performers do when they, when they, when they're at the Olympics, you know, track and field is so fucking boring. You're doing the same shit. You're just running. Like you have to have a mind that's made out of steel to be able to do that same stupid shit every day to try to get an extra tenth of a second here or an eighth Seriously. of a second there. Fuck all that, right? But I remember thinking like it was, it, Two, it was at 
the same time horrifying to me that someone would ever want to do the same stupid shit over and over again until they won a gold medal, but at the same time massively impressive that this guy had this kind of iron will. There it is. Every time Edwin Moses placed his feet on the blocks from 1977 and 1987, he won. Moses, arguably the best hurdler ever, won 122 races, including 107 consecutive finals and set world records in the 400-meter hurdles four times within that 10-year span. His journey to to this untouchable level was marked by personal innovation and determination, proving that elite coaching and state-of-the-art facilities are not required for supreme athletic success. And there was, um, I believe it was Sports Illustrated that had an article about this guy. And I remember just seeing how motivated I was, seeing him stretching and working out and and going over his routine. And I was thinking to myself, like, I would think about it every time I worked out, that, like, what would Moses do? How would... Yeah. How would yeah. Moses, like, I, I got to start writing shit down. I got to start really thinking about everything I do. I, and I got to start putting it together on a daily basis like he does. That's what Robert Falls' favorite formula you'd always say is consistency over time equals results. Mm. That was his favorite formula, and I got it tattooed on there. And it's funny because, mm. like, once you get good at one thing, you realize, like, fuck, I could get good at anything. And yeah. I know what it takes is fucking consistency. Dude, that's Miyamoto Musashi. He wrote that in the Book of Five Rings. Once you understand the way broadly, you will see it in all things. Sweet. Fucking sweet, dude. Yeah. And that's a dude who fought people with a fucking sword. Oh, God. That's this guy. That's badass. That's him. That's that's Musashi. Yeah. Well, I read that book when I was like 15 or 16 or something like that, and he wrote it in the 1600s, man. Holy. Yeah. Maybe it was the 1400s. I think it was the 1400s now that I think about it. Fuck. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's he crazy. killed six that's what the six number six was. He killed sixty people in one on one sword fights. Killed Shit. killed. Whew. Imagine your mindset going into one of them. Yeah. Well, right. he was a master at that. Well, his thing was so fascinating. And I always recommend the Book of Five Rings for fighters. Because one of the things that it, it's that's so crazy about it is his thing was balance. Is that you should be an artist, you should be a poet. You should be like, you should understand how to write calligraphy, like that all these things are connected. You have to be in complete control of your mind. You have to be in complete control of your emotions. You have to have complete control of artistic expression. And that this was like the way to be a balanced sword fighter. Like his whole thing was that you can't have any bullshit in your game. Like as a human being, you can't have any bullshit because when you're dealing with one-on-one steel fucking swords whizzing through the air by trained murderers i mean he was the best at it and one of the reasons why he was the best at it was this strict adherence to this samurai way that he was not just a warrior that to be a great warrior you also had to be great at all these other things you had to have you had to have a balanced perspective you couldn't be a meathead right you couldn't bite down your mouthpiece and let the chips fall where they may that shit doesn't work with sword fighting son that's bullshit like Dude, that, just like you said about with GSP, like he's almost too smart. Like yeah. you're like, fuck, he's so he's too smart. And sometimes in fighting, just like the dumb meatheads go to a certain level. But just like you said, when you're real smart, you can go to a whole new level. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a benefit to being a meathead up to a certain point. Yeah, especially if you can take a punch. <laughs> fuck, like Chris me- Lieben. Yeah, <laughs> Lieben was a savage dude. Fuck, dude. But there's a perfect example when he met Anderson Silva. Anderson was like, "Not today, son. Mm-mm. Not today." 
welcome to the next level. (laughs) Welcome to several levels. You know, and that was brilliant matchmaking, by the way, by Joe Silva. When they introduced Anderson, I was a giant Anderson fan before he fought. Because I I was watching him in Pride where he was fighting well, but then I knew he he was better than that. He he was going through a lot of bullshit, and that's when he was with Muay Thai Dream Team. And I think he had already left Shoot the Box at one point in time. But then he went over and fought in Cage Rage. He fought in England. And when he fought in England, I was like, holy shit. When you got to see when he fought George Rivera, when he fought Lee Murray, you got to see how goddamn good Anderson really was when he was in his prime. So when he came into the UFC, he was already in his 30s. Yeah. You know, in his first fight with Lee, but I want to say he was like 32, 33, Damn. something like that. Yeah. That's sweet. And he lit Chris Lieben on fire. And I remember watching, and I was saying this, I'm like, this is the perfect opponent for Anderson, because Lieben's an animal, mm-hmm. he's a fucking warrior, he's going to bite down on his mouthpiece and come swinging, and Anderson is going to be 15 steps ahead of him, <sighs> dissecting him in different angles and degrees, and as he comes forward, he's just catching him, bank, bank, <clears throat> stepping over here, pop, whap, and then it was over. It was like real quick, and that was the world's introduction to Anderson Silva. Fucking Ooh. crazy. Crazy. Mind if I take a whiz, boys? Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, dude, Anderson in his prime, man, was something special. He was, he had achieved that state. You know, there's this elusive state of total flow, and he had achieved that against some of the best fighters in the world. You know, when you see him when he was at his very best, and I just feel very fortunate to have been there to watch some of those fights. I think Fedor. In Pride was probably, it's like him and Anderson. Those are the two all-time greats of that era, right? And then Mighty Mouse, who's the all-time great of this era. He's a man. But what, what was so phenomenal about Anderson was that you would just watch him hit that flow state. You know, he would, he would size guys up, too. You would see him move around. He would start moving around. He would test you a little bit, move around. Faint. Yeah, he would give you a minute or two. And you'd be like, man, I feel pretty good. I'm doing pretty good in this fight. And then all of a sudden, you start opening up on you. And like, oh, shit, here it comes. Here it comes. Just so in the now, just reacting. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, you yeah. could tell he was reacting. And yep. Wasn't thinking too much. Well, just when he set Vitor up with that front kick, <sighs> fucking god damn. Nasty. 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 But he just caught, he caught something that Vitor was doing. Vitor would fight squared up. You know, he was always squared. We were talking about that right. earlier. He always fought sort of squared up because he would blitz guys. And he always wanted to be able to sprawl and shoot and take you down. So he had a very squared up style, which made him open here and open here, Ooh, you know? Keep kicks. Yeah. My favorite. Yeah. Keeps. Well, remember when he fought John Jones? John dropped him with a front leg side kick to the body. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. Yeah. John... John recognized that Vitor was standing square as well, and John hit him with a front leg side kick right to the solar plexus and dropped him. Fuck. And then Vitor caught John with an arm bar. Ooh. Remember that? Remember that? That was nasty. Super hyper extended his arm. That's where I knew John was something special. Well, I knew before, but that's when, uh, in that fight, I was like, Jesus, this guy is not giving up. His arm is fucked up here. That was gnarly, dude. Yeah. God, I wish he was was squealing. And Vitor didn't let it go, man. I mean, or he let it go, rather. He, he, no, he, didn't, he didn't hold on to it. Bug. John got out of it. It's crazy. going to fight again, you think? John? Yeah. Um, I hope soon. <sighs> who, who was kicking Alistair over him straight down the middle? They were talking about his square stance, and they knew that would be open. Knocked out Alistair with those front kicks. 
in the Travis UFC. Brown knocked out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Greg Jackson talking about that. That was, <laughs> that was after too. Travis got back from being fucking badly hurt in that fight. You remember that? I mean, Travis was battered in that fight. His Man. body was getting fucked up. Alistair was blasting him in the body with knees. Travis was almost out of it and just gutted it out. I still, to this day, feel like he somehow or another missed his his path. You know, I feel like Travis, when he was on, when he knocked out Stefan Struve, when you see, when he was, he used to fight different, man. He Didn't was he moving gyms? around. Yeah, switch gyms. When he was with Jacksons, he was moving around a lot. He was light on his feet. For whatever reason, man, God. he decided to switch gyms and became more boxer style, flat footed. Yeah. But I also think sometimes guys get to the point where they just don't want to do it anymore or if they do want to do it they don't want to do it like they used to want to do it they kind of want to do it maybe they kind of want a payday or maybe they just want to win so they feel better again and then they'll pump themselves up again and maybe i just get this one win yeah. i'll get back on track but that that weird space of not knowing Am I am I a warrior? Am I looking to get out? Am I looking yeah. to the few? That weird space is the worst place. It is. It's the worst place. Fight fighting's just so fucking tough too. You don't know what's going on. You they could have ate something. They could have thought about yep. puke in the whole night. Yeah. Could have. Could be injured. So could much be going things. to the fight injured. Yeah. Fuck, it's just could have tough. girlfriend problems. Could have family problems. You know. I mean. But I feel like Travis, at his best, there was moments in his career where it was like, this guy, I used to call him the dark horse. I was like, that guy's the dark horse of the heavyweight division. He might be the champ one day. Like, yeah. People are sleeping on him. But the movement that guy had for a fucking heavyweight, he, was, he would see him switching stances and almost like TJ-style movement for Dominic, a fucking yeah, fuck. giant dude, man. Man, those deer legs when they got going though, huh? Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, that was problems with wobble. <laughs> <laughs> well, that fight with Arlovsky—that was probably when I was convinced that you know, like maybe like the best times have passed him, because just I could, first of all, I guess him and Arlovsky sparred a lot at Jackson's, and Arlovsky, although he's had a lot of wars and had a lot of losses and been stopped a lot of times you got to remember at one point in time Arlovsky was a real world-class fighter a heavyweight champion who everybody was terrified of when he knocked out Paul Buentello back in those days man he had a piston of a right hand just boom just throw it straight down the middle and he was still a skillful guy so apparently in sparring he would get the best of Travis so like when they got together like he had like serious confidence in that fight that was a slobber knocker. Do you remember that fight? I don't. Oh, one don't. round of full chaos. Both guys got dropped. It was oh. one of the craziest one round heavyweight fights of all time. And Arlovsky wound up stopping him. <sighs> it's so it it's so hard to pick those heavyweight fights. Yeah. It's like any fight. Who yeah. the fuck? Whoever lands fights. first, you never know. Yeah. I hate trying to guess. Who, who do you think is going to win? It's like, fuck. Who the fuck knows? I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Seriously. What do you guys think of this Colby Covington uh, RDA fight this week? I'm jacked for that. Jacked. I hope that. RDA busts him up. <laughs> well, Colby's doing what you said you wanted to no, no, do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Talking a lot of shit and getting a lot of people paying I'm still attention. Being, I feel like he's, he's doing. I don't know. I don't. He's doing what he's doing. It's cool. paying, people are paying attention. Look, yeah, for sure. He beat Maya, which is a huge accomplishment, right? Maya's still an absolutely world class fighter. But other than that, really hasn't beaten big name guys and he's fighting for the interim title you gotta yep. think that a lot of that is because he's been very smart sure. with promotion hell yeah dude oh yeah man that's good fuck that's gonna be a good we'll be, fight yeah we'll you be in new jersey for that i Who don't have, have anybody man i'm in that same what we just said who the fuck knows <laughs> yeah that's the i thing. like i like the matchup though because colby first of all 
Colby's not making 155 unless he cuts a fucking leg off. Right. He's a bigger guy. RDA was the 155-pound champion, so you have to think Colby's going to have a size advantage. Colby's a very good wrestler. He's relentless. And he managed to do something that very few people have been able to do with Maya, where he just overwhelmed him, beat him up, beat him up standing, controlled where the fight took place, won a clear-cut decision, did it in Brazil, and did it after Woodley did it, and did it arguably better than Woodley did it. Yeah. You know, he was on top of Maya. He wasn't avoiding him in the, in the way that Woodley did, but Woodley was injured in that fight. He hurt his shoulder like in the first round. But it was an impressive performance. I mean, if you go back and watch what Maya was able to do with like Rick Story, what Maya's been able to do with Matt Brown, Ooh. Maya's a fucking monster. When he gets a hold of you, it's such next level jujitsu. Yep. And Kobe was really never in trouble in that fight. So you have to look at that and you go, okay, well, obviously he has fantastic defense, solid wrestling base, can strike on the feet and knows how to like knows how to fight a grimy, nasty fight. Yep. And he's the bigger guy. But then you look at RDA, and RDA at lightweight was a fucking mauler, was just murking people, right? But then you look at him at, at welterweight and you're like, Jesus, he might be better at welterweight. Right. Look how good he looked against Neil Magny. Everybody struggles with Neil Magny. He smashed Neil Magny, took yep. him down, leg kicked him, dropped him, get on top of him, strangle him. I mean, he beat the shit out of Robbie Lawler. That Robbie Lawler fight was crazy. Yeah. Like, he just overwhelmed one of the best strikers in the welterweight division. Overwhelmed him from the outside with angles and technique. Fuck, dude. But, so, yeah. It's interesting, man. It's very, very interesting. It's very interesting. I'm it's so mad RDA and Connor never fought. I know. I was so jacked for that. I was, I know. That was one of the most exciting. <laughs> I was so excited for that fight. He broke his fucking foot, oh. man. You know who's going to be a problem for Horrible. a lot of people is that Gregor Gillespie. Oh, yeah. Fucking dude. Oh, yeah. Super the tight gift. boxing. Four-time All-American, one-time national champ, Sugar. Tougher and shit. No holes. See his fight really this past holes. weekend? Yeah, I was there. Fuck, Motherfucker's dude. getting better. Well, he's wait, getting better. 55. Yeah, he's getting better. He's a beast. Yeah, dude. He's relentless. He's a beast. Yeah, he's he's fucking real solid. Real solid and, and he's got that look, you know, just super super focused and intense. You know, there's just so much talent right now in MMA. It's just such a great time. It's growing fast too. Ooh. I was like watching the little kids at the lab train. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, you'll see little he's, kids he's hitting flying on bars and shit. And Benson Henderson's son is oh gonna be God. an animal. How old is he? Was he two, two, two three? <laughs> Walking around he's, throwing hooks, smiling, he's shooting doing double that eggs. That's that crazy. Throwing? Yeah, he's doing, I don't know. He's Imagine de he's developing off. that way as a little kid. Just from the time you're little, your body's <laughs> developing, throwing punches and kicks. And then having Benson as your dad teaching your mentality your Ooh, whole life. Fuck, man. Kid, give me a stud. Crazy. Yeah, it's going to be Somebody, super crazy. Put Benson to sleep and shave his head. <laughs> His fucking hair's always getting in the way. Yeah. Shave his head. Just shave his head. Just put put him under. Just just put him yeah, under. He, he, Wake up with a shaved head. <laughs> oh god. Come on, man. I know it's kind of your look, but get the fuck out of here with that. He's I, always I, doing this. I cornered my hair last fights. fight. Just because yeah, I, I know. Look for good. that reason, I, I was like, like God, that's some shit gets in the way. It does, and constantly doing that. I mean, yeah. Look what Rose did. She's like, fuck she it. She said, fuck it. Fuck him. I shave my head. She's a beast. She's gorgeous too. She is. She really, and she doesn't play it up at all. No, which yeah. is yeah. hot. She's cool. Yeah. She's, she's cool. Super honest. It's going to be interesting to who woman. we get for Sugar next because it's probably going to be a five rounder. Well, no, I, what I was thinking because um, originally after that last fight, okay, after that last fight when we went to the hospital, the I remember the post fight conference. Dana White's like, uh, they said John's fight foot's fine because at the hospital they said there was nothing wrong with my foot. 
Um, and the Danis like said that. So I, I was thinking, like, oh, okay, I guess nothing's wrong with my foot. I guess I'm gonna fly because they X-rayed it with my foot up, not against, not flat on the surface. Oh. Um, so I was uh, we're gonna fight July 6th. I was gonna headline that card. Who Adesanya? Adesanya. Him Israel and, Adesanya. He's yeah. he's headlining that card. Yeah. Um, Style I was bender. supposed to I was supposed to headline that card, and I was so excited for that. Um, so that because they wanted me to headline it, but I think next fight is gonna be October 6th in Vegas. It's a pay-per-view. Um, I'm hopefully going to get on that card. But then after that, I would like to headline my own. Oh, sweet. So I'd, I'd like to fight two more times by the end of the year. Healing's everything's going good. So I think October 6th and then maybe November, December would be, so would be you, sweet. Wh- how do you decide when you're ready to go full blast again with your foot? Do you just about how just it going, feels? Yeah. Do you go to a doctor and get it looked at again, get an MRI, make sure everything's back in place? I got, a, I got an x-ray last time. And they said everything looks good. I'll come back in four weeks and we'll clear you. But I'm really just, I'm not going to listen to, like, I know how my foot feels. Right. And like, there's days where it's really sore and there's days I'm like, dude, it's good. But I know it's just, I feel like, like I said, about 80, 85%. Um, and I feel you felt like okay today, moving felt around? Felt good today. It's a little, it was sore. We hit mitts yesterday um, and I lifted yesterday, so it was a little bit sore. But it's like a it's like a sore from not using it, not like right. a sore from oh shit injury, right? So I think it's and it's it's been healing awesome. I think every, I've been doing everything right. So um, I would say three four more weeks, I'll be ready to go hundred percent. Did you see the Marlon Moraes fight? I I did. I seen the highlight of it. So pretty much the whole fight was it thirty four seconds. It's tight, wasn't it? Dude, that's a Again, sweet, beautiful switch. You kick. don't see those switch kicks that much, just because they're so like the person has to be coming forward. The distance in MMA is so much different than kickboxing and stuff. Those switch kicks aren't that great but man he, that kid's fucking lightning he's a bad motherfucker how tall is he he's short yeah. five five i think yeah something like that he wouldn't be able to how, touch is sugar, jimmy rivera what is he's a little shorter than him uh they're both about around the five same. five five six in that yeah. range i'm gonna give i'm gonna give all these dudes trouble i'm just gonna be so long they're not gonna be they're gonna they can't train for you that's the problem <laughs> Yeah, they can't train for you because there's not many people who can I, switch I love it up. I, I love how going into all my fights out there so confident. Just because I feel like you can watch me on TV, you can see, oh, yeah, he's fast. He does this, does that. But until I'm in front of you and I'm doing it, I feel like it's another another level of speed that they're not they had they're not prepared for. Mm. I, and I truly believe that. Like, and I truly every fight, like going in that last fight, I would I was 100 percent confident I was going to knock him out. I didn't knock him out, but ah, if I had a couple more seconds in that first round. And you're so skinny and goofy looking. People on, in public, <laughs> dude, dude. People in public guy. fuck with sugar. Eyeball them like, like. Today. Hey. Remember that guy? Dude, Where? at our apartment, we had a, our first apartment. There's this big jack guy with a wife beater. And we're like, oh, we're both professional <laughs> fighters. He's like, that kid's a professional fighter? He's like, I want to be a professional fighter. I'm like, well, you come spar sugar. At the time, I was working at the UFC gym. And I got a key. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll be there. Fucking little jack guy with wife beater. I'm like, okay, perfect. So sugar comes out. <sighs> I knew I wasn't going to Teep kicks him right in the way in the ring, and I'm recording it. And the guy goes, so Sugar's punching him and stuff. Big kick right to the guts. Boom. Poop propel out his pants. I, yeah, he pooped his shit pants. Shit himself in the ring. And but I, I wasn't. I wasn't hitting him in the head hard. I was. I was conscious of. I'm not trying he, to hurt this guy. Well, did he train at all, or was he you never know, sparred like, I be before? A fighter. So I wasn't trying. So he never sparred before. Him up Jack good. prison guy like like looked hard. Thought he, he was ran our the boy apartment. after. We were boys after. Yeah. <laughs> we, and it wasn't. We. Were, I wasn't being a bully. We was like, you want to like, you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it wasn't. I didn't hurt him. I did hit him with a hard body kick and he shit himself. But I wasn't. I wasn't being a bully he after didn't that. Didn't fuck like, his head up. No, not at yeah. all. He not pooped in the ring though, and they smeared it all around. So who that, smeared it all around? We stepped on it. They didn't know. Oh, we you didn't. We know. didn't know. I didn't know. We thought it was and I'm a like, dog. What the fuck. Oh. We thought Jesus. it was a dog. We and brought he didn't it to tell gym. anybody that he shit himself. No. And I told him. I was like, dude, Tony, you shit yourself. He denied it. 
He's like, oh. no, that wasn't me. But oh, I had dude. it on my phone. Yeah, I had it on his phone. It was you can watch the poop roll out of his shorts. <laughs> yeah. oh, and then the boys God. smear it around. Oh. oh. But How'd it's you funny. clean it up? He did. Fucking mopped it. He did. But, dude, <laughs> it's funny. Like, in public, people always eyeball sugar like, what, little bitch? It's funny. Oh, people are gross. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there trying to chest puff. I know. It sucks. And I just think, like, well, fuck. Whatever. Keep it moving. Yeah. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Yeah. 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 Stay out of trouble, man. You got a bright future. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I'm staying out of trouble. No. I feel like you are, too. (laughs) It's sometimes trouble gets in your way, though. Vegas is trouble. Vegas is... I went... I went... uh, I've been there a few times. Um, My last time I was there, I went to a pool party. And it was it was dangerously fun. I was like, oh shit, I can't live here. I can't live. Here. <laughs> Fuck. I wanted to. I had like one of the best times. Wanted to live there. <laughs> oh, got a little buzzed up. Just women everywhere, drinking, dancing. Mm. I'm like, this is too what much. What do you think? Should we take a couple rips? Right now? Okay. Um, I actually got a I got a, some Sugar Show OG. This is a. Oh, you got it on you? Yeah. Okay. So this is gonna be for sale next Tuesday. Is that what your shirt is? Yeah. Who's making uh, you? Atrium. A- out oh. in California. Um, I met these guys. So I met these guys in um, Fresno, California. We were there for our buddy Hot Sauce's fight. Um, I posted on Instagram. I said, hey, does anyone have some, some weed I can get? These guys messaged me. They they came to me, had like a a beautiful little setup with some weed in it, some cartridges. And I was like, damn, these guys are a good company. And they're, they're a be- kind of beginning too. And they're super passionate about wanting to get into the industry. So... They they made this and uh, the industry meaning the MMA industry no um just like cannabis industry they're they're gonna be they have some they have six I think they won six awards in the High Times this year mm-hmm. um they're they're amazing I got I got you some of let me tell too. you something about High Times awards Let's okay because I was a judge at one of the cannabis cups <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck they're judging <laughs> oh, everybody's oh, high out of their mind oh, yeah, this like is what they did <laughs> on the, the the day that I judged they gave me you ever see one of them pill boxes that people get where it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. and, and, and like each one is like, you know. Nugs. Yeah. Um, each one of those had like a little label on it. And each one of them was like, you know, this is like fucking superstar OG. This is <laughs> death crack. This is, I didn't know what the fuck I was smoking right. by the time I was on the third one. I was on another planet, man. Oh, I mean, sure. it's in this weird <laughs> Like like I'd I'd separated the membrane between this dimension and the next, and I was like pushed through, like <laughs> trying to act normal, <laughs> just trying to be. Nobody breathe, was acting breathe, normal, breathe. man. It was real weird. I'll never forget the conversations that I was having with some of these people. That is fucking awesome. This stuff, here here here's your own little joint. Oh, um, thank you. This stuff's a cross between Lemonhead and OG ninety two. It's Ooh. it's very tastes good. The lemon, but you know, like in this day and age, man, I feel like everybody's weed is good. Yeah, I can't remember when was the last time I found bad weed. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Seriously, Do you have a little ashtray. Ashtray. Uh, oh, there should be one laying here. Oh, it's right over there. Right over there. Oh, perfect. Yeah, seriously. In this day and age, who the fuck has bad weed? It's like, it's everywhere. Even you go all the way to New York. New York is still illegal. It's so strange. Yeah. New York. My friend, is? yeah, my friend Ari lives in New York. He's like, you can get arrested if you're smoking on the street. Dude, we were supposed to go to Singapore, but now they're not sending us oh, yeah. there. <coughs> UFC, I was going to go to Singapore for the Singapore card, or Singapore. I keep getting made fun of for saying it wrong. Singapore. Um, but they, oops, sorry, James. Um, they said that you can get tested randomly off the street for for weed, and you can go to prison. 
What? So UFC decided not to send me. <laughs> Wait, Wait a minute. Who randomly tests you? I don't know. That my manager called me and he said, "Hey, UFC had a little meeting. They said they decided not to bring. They don't really want you to go down there. You can get tested randomly and go to prison if you test for weed." So whoa. I guess we're not going. But but but, I, but here's the reality. That means that literally like seventy percent of the UFC fucking roster go. could get oh, tested for weed. 80, yeah, for 90. sure. All the coaches. But, but we're going to Canada. I'm, I'm, Isn't that funny, man? That's the thing about the misconception about marijuana. You know, people think like, oh, stoners are lazy. and this, A giant percentage of the UFC roster smokes pot on a fairly regular basis. I think, I mean, even NFL, I think just yeah. in sports in general. Yeah. Look, I mean, especially if you got injuries and you want to oh. relax and CBD, just CBD alone. I mean, God damn, fucking everybody should use that. I have a buddy of mine, my friend Aaron, and he was taking ibuprofen. He was taking it all the time. I go, man, you got to listen to me. Stop taking that shit. I go, just get some CBD and just take it orally and then also rub it on whatever's bothering you. And he did it, and he's like, dude, 11 days, no pain. Damn. He goes, I, I can't Beautiful. believe I've been taking this fucking ibuprofen forever. Fuck. Now he's just taking CBD yeah. oil. That's yeah. crazy. Nothing nothing negative. No, doesn't fuck your gut bacteria up doesn't ruin your body doesn't, doesn't yeah, get you high doesn't do anything bad Rhonda goes off about ibuprofen doesn't she Rhonda mm -hmm. Patrick Sam yeah has. she was telling me how bad it is for your gut bacteria seriously gut bacteria I feel like it's one of the most obviously one of the most important things that people just don't really know about like I think probiotics right. like yeah. if I can tell if I take if I have enough probiotics for the day I can tell I've, my gut yeah. health feels way better than if I don't I love kombucha you love, you love, love kombucha. it drink it every day oh, kombucha is so it's amazing. Did you try that new watermelon flavor, the GTS kind? No, I only use, I mostly have either the really green one or the gingerade or the original. Oh, okay. Those are the three Trilogy ones that I nice. like the, the or best. The original Trilogy's good too. I like that one too. Sometimes I like the grape. The grape's had a lot, a little bit too much sugar in it. I think. Oh, does it? It's it's sweet. If you look okay. at how much sugar's in there, Don't but still, grape. super super good for your body. Yeah, probiotics. There. So my friend Cameron Haynes is an ultra marathon oh, yeah. runner, and he. He was heavily hooked on ibuprofen. He was taking 800 milligrams a day, sometimes more than once a day. Damn. And uh, I did the podcast with Rhonda, and Dr. Rhonda Patrick was going over all the, the dangers of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and ibuprofen, talking about the increased risks of strokes and all these different things. And I, I called him up. I go, dude, you got to get off that shit right now. I go, that stuff's terrible for you. So here's where it gets crazy. He gets off of it, and all of his pain goes away. So the reason why he was taking it was because he was in pain. I'm good. Shit, seriously? And for him, at least, his the inflammation that it was causing him, probably because he was taking too much as well. You know, a lot of people think, like, hey, it says take two, I'll take six. I'm Fuck a beast. It. Right. And when you do that, you're torching your fucking gut bacteria. So he's creating all this internal inflammation, which is in turn leading to all this pain, which is in turn making him want to take ibuprofen. Damn. Yeah. Dude, and that's our, like, lucky to have friends that want to just help each other like Mandatory that. Mandatory drug testing. In Singapore, you can be dragged into custody without a warrant and be compelled to submit to drug testing by Singapore authorities. As Singaporean drug counselor and ex-detainee Tony Tan explains, penalties for the first time you're caught or for drug consumption are is one year. Mm -hmm. The second time is three years. And the third time is five minimum with three strokes of the cane. Says Tan. Consumption just oh, means dude. that your urine has tested positive. We'd be heading to the slammer. Uh, yeah, I ain't trying to go there. Dude, I am That's, not I was, trying to go we were there. Like, we were pumped. I was not pumped for the flight. I've, I've never been on a long flight. And I was not pumped for that. But I was pumped to go and check it out. I've never been out of the country. 
But here's a weird one with that. Like, how many weeks out are we talking about? Like consumption. You mean if you Seriously? test anything? Yeah. The article says that there's a lot of uh, Singaporeans that try to take drug trips and they get caught when they come back because it's still in their system. Gosh. Poor guys. Oh my Poor God. 50 people Poor a year. So. 50 people a year do a year? Oh a year in it's jail It's different for drugs. That. Also ecstasy, anything. It's oh not just weed. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's terrifying. Damn it. That's scary. That's what's, we're dealing, I mean, this is human beings, 2018. Oh. So you can live like we live here in California. Where weed is legal, and if you're a grown adult, just like you could buy a drink, you could buy a joint, which it should be. It should have been a long time ago. And then there's places where they just put you in a cage. North Korea. Yeah, dude. That shit is insane to God. think about. Because they can't, do they even, they don't even have like smartphones or stuff, right? They don't have internet? I don't know what they have. I think I they have they some do. sort of a small internet that only uses like North Korea channels and shit like wow. that. I don't think they get the regular internet. That's <laughs> no crazy. way. They're living there today. Yeah, dude. They're it's living so today sad. under the grip of a dictator. It's so easy for us to bitch about random stuff being here, but Traffic. we're so lucky. Yeah. Fuck, well, how about the fact that the Korean guy runs it as friends with Dennis Rodman? I know. I was, I t my, I was talking to my little brother on, about that the other day. I was like, what? Are really? you serious? Yeah, man. He's friends with Only Dennis Rodman. Like, to. what the hell? How fucking... Dennis, that, Dennis, that text crazy. him real quick. Dude. <laughs> see if he texts back. That is uh, fucking crazy. That is fucking Dennis crazy. parties with that dude. <laughs> parties with like, has he been to North Korea? Oh yeah, I think more than <laughs> once. Is right? that in the? Is that? Do they make? What was that movie they make fun of North Korea? The interview. The interview was yeah. Dennis Rodman in that too or no? Oh, that movie funny. seems like a big risk. No, I know. I was thinking that too. Yeah, like, we probably shouldn't talk about that movie. <laughs> well, aren't they? Aren't, aren't they all having a meeting here soon? Donald and, and I think the they were supposed leaders. to meet in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. And people were talking about how dangerous it was to meet in <laughs> Singapore. Dennis Rodman will be in Singapore during Trump King Summit. So, sugar, we got to get in on that this party. This is five <laughs> hours ago? Oh, so they are going to Singapore. What? See, there's some people that were saying they shouldn't do it in Singapore because Singapore has such a horrible human rights uh, record. Damn. So some shit could be going down. Yeah, I don't see... If Singapore really does lock you up like that, just for pot, like that is, that no, is some, not somewhere you want to have a meeting with like but, that. But that doesn't make any sense. Like that's an illogical that's government. Weird. That's these people are running under the grip of, they're they're living. They're, there's li they're afraid of lies, right? Like they're what are they afraid of with this marijuana? I mean, what do they think it's going to do? What do you, what are they what are they afraid of with people taking drugs? Open people's mind. Like well, a little bit. the fact that they think that they, and they've made it so, that they can just lock you up in a cage if you do something with your body that they don't want you to do. Damn, Fucking wild, weird. dude. Because they've decided that this is some sort of a bizarre form of dictatorship that they can get away with. Seriously. Fuck, man. That is nuts that that's happening while we're living here this way. Chilling. Trump, Kim, Singapore summit venue is set. Trump. Who the fuck would want to be the president? Well, who would want to be the president when you're Holy already a billionaire? Dude, that sounds so stressful. Imagine sit in on Waking that meeting. Waking up, be like, fuck my life. Sit you in know, on that the meeting. crazy thing is this dude has always been this way. And everybody's shocked that he's this way now that he's the president. Right. And it's not just that they're shocked. It's just like it is shocking. <laughs> like this Philadelphia Eagles thing. Like, not enough of them wanted to come to the White House, so he canceled the meeting and said that they wouldn't him. kneel. <laughs> they didn't kneel for the national anthem. Holy and smokes. so then if they find out that, no, those fucking guys, none of them, none of them kneeled for the national anthem. They all stood. Damn. So he wrote, he's, Trump said something along the lines of, I fucked it up. He said something along the lines of, 
that they didn't, some of them didn't stand for the national anthem. But it turns out it was only one guy that kneeled, and the one guy that kneeled was cut before uh, the regular <laughs> season. So during the regular season, everybody was standing for the national anthem. So he said something that wasn't even true. Damn. He I just didn't want a small crowd of dudes. He didn't want like three dudes that are like second stringers. Like, hey, Donald. <laughs> yeah. Fucking party. The kicker. Fuck the backup kicker. You can tell we're all high because our mouths are all dry. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So um, the Philly, the mayor of Philadelphia, or the, uh, the governor of Pennsylvania, which one was it? Was it the mayor of Philadelphia? Somebody went after him, and he said what a fragile ego he has, that he couldn't deal with not having a party. <laughs> not enough people. Having a party that people didn't want to go to. Damn. It's just that. That's th that kind of shit is like part of him, the showman. Like, that's the act that Trump, the showman, has been involved in his whole life, right? It's like... Everything he does is the best and pumping everything up. And we expect differently now that he's the president. And that's where it's, it's all so strange because this is just kind of – people are really angry at it because he's doing it as the president. But this is like what he's always done. He's like a branding genius. Seriously. Weird. And he, it's weird because we're seeing it as a president. We're like, well, this is not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to like bend the truth as the president. <laughs> but like that bending of the truth in his in his eyes is always how he lived. He was the Trump guy. He's the fucking Damn, guy. Damn! Now he runs. Ran this. the Apprentice. That's crazy. Now he runs the the country. That's insane. It's fucking. Freaky. I never have followed politics ever, and I have no idea about. I any bet if, if he in any way thought it was going to be like this, he would have never signed up for it. That's what I thought. You think so? Yeah, yeah man. He's not going the way he thinks. Don't Come you on. think he would bitch about it though? Like, yeah, he would bitch about <laughs> it, but that's part of his thing, man. The crazy thing is there was no one on the Republican side that was that was capable of challenging him. That's the problem. The problem was that they didn't have anybody. And so this, all of a sudden this guy's in there. And he's in there. He's probably thinking he's going to lose. And then, you know, he likes to win at shit. So he's like, God, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to be president. And the next thing you know, he is the president. <laughs> yeah. oh but he's God. still the fuck. same guy, man. He's still mm -hmm. the guy from The Apprentice. Fuck. And that's not <laughs> his fault. That's no, no, who no. he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. it's who he is. Like, to ask a guy to change that much at 70 is crazy. I think the best yeah. thing about it is it highlights how ridiculous this whole process is. And the idea of having one person run 300 million people, that's insane. And you pick that person. It's insane. And we don't like, even know what we're doing. We, are we even picking? No. Well, we don't even know what we're doing. How much of our, what we paying? How much of like what the bills are about and all these amendments? How, how much of any of that shit do you pay attention to when Congress is in session or the Senate rules on things? How much do we pay attention? How much yeah. does everybody pay attention? How much do you even know what someone's actual real policies are, at least their stated policies when you're voting for them? What is it, like 10% people? Seriously. You know, like you hear who you're supposed to vote for. You know, vote for Hillary Clinton because Donald Trump's a bad person. <laughs> you know, vote for Hillary Clinton. She's the most qualified for the job. And you're like, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. And people are like, you are voting for Hillary Clinton, aren't you? She's the most qualified for the job. <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah. I want to be a good person. <laughs> so I'm going to vote for Hillary. Yeah. What about Jill Stein? You know, Jill Stein's a woman too. You know, Jill yeah. Stein's brilliant. You know, Jill Stein's, okay, shit, I'm going to go progressive. Yeah, but her stance I'll go on Jill this. Stein. <laughs> It's yeah, like, no, which, and then there was Elizabeth Warren might have lied about being part American Indian. That was a problem. Oh my so it was like, God. like who was going to go? It was Bernie Sanders and then all that shit with him and Hillary Clinton. It's that the whole story is so bizarre. Like watching it all play out on TV, it's so strange. It's so strange that this is our, our form of government. Like yeah. you would think with this is my thought. 
you would think with the kind of things, the, the organism that is a human being, the kind of thing that could figure out a way to make sound go through a metal thing covered in foam, goes through wires, and in real time That's hits people in their ears. If they're streaming, they could have headphones on, be on the train right now, and they're getting this in real time that we can send video through the sky and it can hit Australia. Boom. Your friends can text you pictures back Holy and forth shit. from Africa. They could be in Africa and, dude, I just saw a leopard. And they send you a fucking photo and you're like, holy shit, that's flying through the sky. And that's yet the best way we can figure out who's in control of the nuclear weapons <laughs> is to have a popularity contest. Put Donald in there. Yeah, we're <laughs> crazy. People there. are crazy. We're that the craziest is. thing. God, it's nuts. We're like we're in like this wave of like being evolved and not being evolved at the same time. Like technologically spectacularly evolved to the point where we can bend matter and create nuclear weapons and fly robots to Mars and take pictures and send them back to us. Like the shit that we could do is off the charts when it comes to like technology and our ability to manipulate the world around us and create giant buildings and structures and airplanes and bridges and shit but the, the monkey interaction thing is still not very good. So we still have war. We Damn. still have places where we send people over with metal tanks and guns and shoot people and protect people from the other people that are shooting people and get involved in all these fucking crazy things. Our physical interactions as, as organisms are just still in this barbaric stage. We're still in this one tribe going after another tribe stage from 20,000 years ago, 30,000 years ago. It's like the same programming. But now this programming can fly jets filled with missiles and shoot them out of the sky and sneak up on you underwater in a metal tube, a submarine that shoots fucking nuclear missiles and shit <laughs> underwater. I mean, we're in a, the weirdest flux. We're in this weird sort of uh, unbalanced period in the evolution of the human organism because we can do so much. And then put Donald in charge. Yeah, and then we're mad about fucking everything. We're mad about men who decide they're women who want to use the girls' room. We're mad oh, about God. everything. We're mad about religion. We're mad about rights and gender and everything. Everything we're mad. Everyone's mad. Fuck Roseanne Barr. Everyone's mad. Everyone is so mad. And while all this, is, all this weird personal interaction shit is happening that's distracting the fuck out of us, the more it ramps up. The, the better AI gets. Artifi yeah. Artificial intelligence gets, 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 they yeah. just keep working on it and keep getting better and better. We're going to be in yeah, like a full-on rock fight when AI goes no live. It's like, it's like we're, we're falling into this whole, like if this was a trap, if I was artificial intelligence and I knew I'd be like, well, this is what we'll do. We'll just go back in time and set people up and make them make us. We'll just plant this idea in their heads and just like, an aquatic worm makes a caterpillar or one of those grasshoppers rather jump into a pool and drown itself so that it can swim out of its brain. You ever see one of those things yeah. happen? Holy. Just like that, AI's doing that with us. They give us shiny Fuck. Samsung Galaxy Note 9. Look at how big the <laughs> battery is. And now it takes photos of your face and knows your face. Face you can ID. tell your face. Yeah, Fuck. face ID and fingerprints. And before you know it, 
listen, we found the best way to get a signal, to talk to people. You just stick it in your ass. Yeah. It's a little pellet. We're going to put a little robot oh. dick in our ass. A little pe- But that pellet, if you could just hold it in your ass, it's smooth, dude. You barely know it's in there. Okay. But it connects with your, your ass is open. It's not like the rest of your skin. You're not going to keep it in your mouth, right? Well, the ass is the way to go because it's like open. You know, it's not like you have, don't have to go through the dermis. And so that just just connects with you, and you can fucking see augmented reality with a little tiny robot dick. It's about that big. <laughs> you barely feel it. It's like a BB. Uh, That's what's gonna happen, dude. dude. Fucking pry right, dude. These things are growing. Well, They're not, now smart. with the anti-aging shit too. Who knows how crazy that's gonna get? I think what the the weirdest thing is not the anti-aging. I think we're gonna run into biological limitations. I think the weirdest shit is gene editing. <sighs> Fuck. I- yeah, this just podcast took a turn for the stoner. Gene <laughs> like, Fuck. Gene editing scares the shit out of me. Was, was that on Explained? On Explained, that new Netflix, Netflix show, Gene Editing? And yeah, how, perhaps. How I didn't deep see that. that shit's going to get. What about Wild Wild Country? I only watched the first episode, but I was like, holy shit, I see where this is going. I watched, I watched <laughs> you the first and the Osho, second. Osho, baby. Osho. <sighs> Fuck everyone. Oh Dude, my Osho God. is the man. Dude. <laughs> as far as second season, I don't know. It might. It takes a turn, but, but like I'm sure he, he still had good intentions. I think God, trying to build a community. I'm just passionate. Well, this love. is again. This is the thing. It's the fucking human interaction part. Is the part that we can't get right. It's real weird. It is. If you look at all the different kinds of interactions that we managed to successfully navigate, I mean, people have obviously have problems in business, and there's lawsuits in business, and there's people that get fired, and there's all sorts of problems with people doing business. But overall, they get a lot of things done, right? Like business keeps improving, things keep getting better. We barely improve with how we treat each other. Like the way human beings treat each other, we barely get better at that. And we do react to things better. Like if we're mad at someone for doing something, that's where we're like more clear with like egregious violations of our code, right? Like racism. Like this Roseanne thing was a big one, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, no fucking way. We're not tolerating that. Fuck her. And then ABC's like, yep, fuck it. We're pulling the plug on the show. It's like like immediate reactions. Yep. So it's like what, I, what I'm, I don't think it was right. I think she's got a lot of problems and she's, taking a shitload of pills and she's all fucked up and I know she's not racist at least she tells me that but what I do know is that racism is horrible and people just don't want to tolerate it anymore and that's what the good thing is the good thing is like this this overwhelming response from people that they're not tolerating racism anymore you can't do that anymore we we won't tolerate it Mm -hmm. and this is fairly new man I mean with the civil rights marches, that was in the 60s, right? I mean, think about what was going on in the 50s and the 40s. and That, that shit, that was not that long ago in terms of like how long there's been people. So we're dealing with this radical change in this regard, but very little change in like our kindness to each other. Yeah, Seriously. that's why, dude, start the American Mushroom Day. <laughs> no <laughs> or not shit. the American, the worldwide. worldwide Ari Shafir has a God, holiday that he created called Shroom Fest. No way. What's a day? Yeah, it's several days. Ari doesn't <laughs> fuck around. <laughs> That's it's, so sweet. Ari well, hasn't had a real job since he was the doorman <laughs> at the comedy store, so he, he operates on his own schedule. That's fucking That's, sweet. that's what it's going to take for yeah. something like that worldwide to change. It'll certainly fuck. help. Shroom Fest will certainly help. Shroom Shrooms fest. will help. I'm promoting that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, sure. I feel like um, part of it is because we're scared. I legitimately feel like we're scared. And I think when someone like Trump is in office, we're more scared because we realize how easy it is 
for a you know, I hate to use the term regular person because he's definitely not a regular person. He's very successful and very famous and everybody knew who he was. But regular person in terms of we don't, that's not how a politician acts. Like that, this yeah. is like some crazy showman. Yeah. And when a crazy showman becomes the leader of the thing, whether or not he's doing good, is, I'm not even arguing politically whether he's doing good or bad or the economy's up because of him. Or, I don't know. But it's just how he behaves. It's who he is. Like that, that freaks people out. That makes people more on edge. And so they're more angry and they're, 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 they're more looking to call people out on things and they're more looking to stomp out racism. I get it. Imagine what it. people think if someone like Sam Harris was a president or something and he was talking about a National Mushroom Day or talking about that stuff, how bad people would freak out. Seriously. They would freak. Or well, they there's just people conform, that disagree conform. with Sam too. You know, there's a ton yeah. of very, very smart people that disagree with Sam. You know, and it's really interesting to see those disagreements because when really high-level intellects debate each other about things or disagree on things, and you get to see not just their ideas play out and how their ideas work w against the other person's ideas, you get to see that, but you also get to see, like, thinking and, 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 and communicating at a super high level. Right, their intellectuals are trying to outsmart each other. Yeah. So they're they're debating about you know the existence of God or whatever the fuck it is. When you get really smart people who disagree on shit, very fascinating. It's like one of the more interesting things to watch. It's like in a lot of ways high level jujitsu. You oh, yeah, know, sure. In a sure, lot of ways, you're watching like oh, okay. And those guys, a lot of them get into jiu like Harris is into jujitsu. Is he? Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's into that's it. So it's because he's kind of doing jujitsu when he's when he's doing these debates. Yeah. That's Damn, that's nuts. I want my little brother to do it so bad. He won't. Won't try it. Well, it's probably oh, hard. His brother's a fucking no. MMA star, and he's like, yeah. I know, but do I, my own shit, bro. I know he would like to, just yeah. like, he could, it could be his that's passion. Like, he doesn't right. really have a passion right now. I'm like, dude, you could try jiu-jitsu, and it could, you know, it's a, people. Well, for smart people, I think it's the, and one of the best And my brother's so sports. smart. I'm like, dude, you could be so good at jiu-jitsu and yeah. love it. It is very smart. There's a lot of super smart. Eddie always calls them his nerd assassins. <laughs> super smart <laughs> dudes that are really good at jujitsu. Scary good. I think like getting a black belt from someone good is one of the hardest degrees out there to get in any college or anything. <laughs> well, physically, the thing about college is if you put in the work and you're smart enough, it's possible. I mean, you can do it. I mean, it's a possible achievement. A lot of people have done it. A lot of people do it every year. Yeah. But to really get a black belt, like you gotta get, you gotta get better. Like you gotta, you have to get better. You gotta get strong. You're gonna get choked a lot. And how are you built? Are you built normal? Like are you small? Yeah. If you're small, you're extra super fucked, right? <laughs> how's your ego? Yeah. Like, how's your ego? Can you learn? Fuck. Mm -hmm. Do you know how to tap? Because if you don't tap, you're gonna get hurt. Yeah. Like almost every significant injury I ever got doing jujitsu. Other than like one fucked up knee, was, which was just a weird passing the guard thing. My, my ACL popped. Mm. But almost every other one was from not tapping. Yeah. Just, just decide you're not going to tap. Like, I'm going to try to get out of this. I'm going to try to, and someone's got you in a darsh or something like that, and your shit's all fucking mm. yeah. cranked over. And then for the next week, you're like, oh, you get yeah. that tightness in the middle That's of your back. Like, why didn't I just tap? I should have just tapped. John Crouch always <sighs> told me, he's like, dude, you're just so tough when you get in submissions. People can't tap you out, but I want you to just focus on not getting there. So when you get there, just mm. tap right away. Just focus on not getting there. That's very it's smart because like, you know what? You're always going to be tough. 
And there's a certain, I mean, you need to know a certain amount of high-level defense. Like, how, can you, how long can you survive in a certain spot if you actually have to survive? But in training, you're not really surviving, right? You're just, you should just tap sometimes. Oh, yeah. Especially with knee shit and arm shit. And, you know, you pop something and then it's fucked for six months. Yeah. That's what we're going to be focusing on a lot with Sean is a lot of legs and heel hooks, knee bars. That, yeah. The lower half of the body for Who the next few months. Who are you guys working with that on? Augusto Mendez Taquino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Super high level. It's fun. They, hit, they have competition roles. It's like. All the black belt, like what is it, six, seven black, six, seven black belts, and we do ten minute rounds usually. Tim goes back to back. It was fun. That leg lock game is hitting an extremely high level right now in jujitsu, and now trickling into MMA. You know, with Dylan Danis, like the way he looked in Bellator. I think slowly in MMA it's going to be tough because on a lot of spots you're getting punched. punched. Yeah, and then one punch, solid punch in the right spot, changes their game. Yeah. Puts a little fear in their mind, so then for sure. But if those guys can get good enough to strike to become a threat, like a guy like Gary Tonin, woo, that's scary. Oof. That's a scary dude. It really scary, is scary, scary man. Because he gets a hold of that leg, you're in trouble, Ooh. son. Seriously, and steps ahead. That Donaher Death Squad man. Donaher's a real wizard man. Someone get him a hat with stars on it. Fuck, dude, little moons and stars. He's a wizard. Someone who studied philosophy like that and just is is a type of person like that. It's fucking pretty cool. Yeah, and that shit that he wrote. You should read that thing that he wrote about routine. It's really interesting. Oh, he writes yeah. a lot of really cool, Damn, smart yeah. shit. Check it out for sure. His Instagram is filled with cool, smart shit. Yeah, that's awesome. He's got a DVD series out now, a leg lock series. He shot it, and he didn't like it all, so he reshot it. He just reshot <laughs> Damn. it. Damn. Yeah. Damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be funny to see how far those leg lock game will go in MMA before we evolve more and then find the counter to that. It's like, well, what's interesting to me is that this is essentially all out of a conversation that he had with Dean Lister, you know, and it's become a meme now. It's really funny. There's a photo of a girl lying in bed. And she's like, he's probably thinking about another woman. And the oh, guy's yeah, sitting there that. going, yeah, why <laughs> would saw... you ignore 50% of the human body? <laughs> I saw that exact one. <laughs> that was that is fucking funny. And I love how John Danaher said it, too. Dude. Why would you? Yes, why would you? Why would you ignore 50% of the human body? And we're like, wow. 50% of the body. <laughs> he, it makes you uncomfortable, right? He's super smart. <laughs> That's awesome. Just do, you know, he's like, uh, if you're a blue belt and you roll with a black belt, you always feel a little weird around him. Yeah, that's how I feel around him intellectually. I bet you know? <laughs> not oh. just not just physically, but you know, like uh, okay, <laughs> you tell me what it is. I'm not arguing with you, man. <laughs> you should say, John, take a puff of this. Oh. Does oh, he God. get high at all? I don't know. Imagine. He probably doesn't have to. He probably can do it to his own brain. Oh, I'll no just put shit. myself in a perfect position. <laughs> you wonder if someone like Elon Musk gets high. Oh, I would hope so. Holy shit, that motherfucker. Dude. That guy's on another level. It's, aren't they building those tunnels already under LA? Or are they yeah, built? Yeah, man. They got, they're building that. He's got what? a bore, boring company. They're going to bore holes through LA and, and reinforce them, and you're going to go through on sleds. I think they're all like getting done right now. Dude, I do not want to be in one of those things and hear the rumble of the earth and see the ocean rushing oh, down that oh pipe. Oh, my God. Like, that would be gnarly. Imagine That's a movie. the tsunami hits. The tsunami hits while you're in one of those pipes. I wonder if you thought of that. And your butt's just tightened up. Big wave coming from the middle of the ocean. Dude. And it pulls back and thousands of fucking miles of the earth have been torn apart. 
that shit's happened a gang of times. Seriously, like when's it gonna happen times. soon? Never know, dude. That shit has happened many times over the like, what happened in Fukushima has happened a ton of times. We're just we don't live long, so these things they seem like they're forever ago. Right, but it's based on our lifespan. Our lifespan is so weird because it's it's really short. You know, and it seems like it's not because you're in the middle of it. But if you look at it objectively, it does. You're not. No one makes it out alive, and it doesn't take that too long for your body to give up. So by the time you start figuring things out and getting your shit together, you're already old. Yeah, your body's falling apart, and all the while we're dealing with a planet whose time is is almost infinite, right? For in, in terms of like what we can understand. So all these things that we know have happened, even if we study super volcanoes and tsunamis and cataclysmic earthquakes and solar flares, even when we study all those things, man, we don't think they're real. They're like, yeah, 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 but it's, you know, it's Guatemala. It's only happening <sighs> yeah. in Guatemala. Yeah, it's Hawaii, but hey, they knew they were on an island. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't control this thing. Any we built a bunch of houses because we don't think very good, because we don't realize that we this might not be here in a, a year. There might come a giant wave that hits with those fucking houses that are perched. In Santa Monica, perched over the water in Malibu and shit. Like, Jesus. what are you doing? How are you so confident that water's not going to move? Because it hasn't moved in 30 years. That's a second. No shit. In the, in the life of an, the Earth, 30 years is a second. Yep. Fuck. That's insane. Fuck. You put your house on the edge of an alien world <laughs> that moves back and forth. And there's one contractor who made that decision. It'll hold up. Well, It'll these guys just decide, man, I want to wake up in the morning because I'm a winner and I want to do my coffee and I want to do my Coke and I want to look out the window and I want to see the fucking ocean. <laughs> Money. Yeah, Money seriously. buys anything. Yeah. Super amped up Adderall dudes trying to run the world. Fuck. Staring at that water. It looks great. Fuck yeah. Kicking ass. Look at that water. Everyone's <gasps> looking at them like they got it figured Holy out. They <gasps> don't. That's what? Oh my God! Luxury home teeters on collapsing off cliff, so the cliff gave up, and the house is still there. It's in Texas, actually, but oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, is that Austin? That's Fort Worth. Oh, Dallas. Look at that one right above it. Yo, you got to fix that. Whoever the contractor is, you getting sued? <laughs> what? I don't think that's real. Oh, <laughs> are you sure? No, maybe I don't know. Ja- Jamie, is that real? That cool house, clean. Oh my God, that's well, look a at real that house? Mini Cooper. Looks Who fake would, as fuck. Who that's would trust that. that fucking shitty idea of a house? Hanging off the edge of a cliff. Oh, makes feel. <laughs> Whoa, look at that thing. That's beautiful. That's is fu- that real? Futuristic shit. Oh, that, looks fake. This, that looks faker than this one. This one might be real. Oh, wow. He parks his car on top of that. What have you heard? In the middle of the night. <laughs> here. Oh, fuck. You're like, oh, my God. We got to get the fuck off the house. Ooh, Honey, we're dropping quick. down. Wait, wait. I can't find my phone. <laughs> run! <laughs> Fucking run! Uh, run! God, let Ricky grab his iPad. <laughs> You're running off in the distance, holding the baby under your arm, and you fucking see the house fall off the side of the cliff. Boom. Boom. It's real. I'll show you. Oh, my God. The people are crazy. You couldn't smoke. I get too paranoid. Australians don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. Oh, is that an Australian? Those are are exceptional humans. Sweet. I'm a big fan of the Australians. Might be fake. Might be fake. Really? I found an article that looked like it said it was real, and then I just... So looking for more, and it says it might like Google said fake after it. Oh well, sorry. You know what's funny it to me? Like a, yeah. a switch in subjects, but like seeing people that are married, husbands that are married to their wife, just going through the the classic role of get married and you got your wife and you don't talk to her and 
Go that, to the yeah, boys. Netflix series explained. Yeah, that's a good one. Have you Go watch, did you watch that at all? Explained? No. Yeah, who's doing good. that one? I'm not sure who's doing that one, but it talks about all that stuff, like how uh, how fucking, monogamy was created. Yeah, how males aren't made for monogamy. They're just not. Well, humans are for a tr- built more for a tribe. Explained. Yeah. Well, that's probably based on my friend, Dr. Chris Ryan's book. Which is Sex at Dawn? Which yeah. is is that what it's based on? Yeah, yeah, that mentions that. He's in mm-hmm. it. Oh, he's, he's in it. He's yeah, in it. yeah, he's a big proponent of that idea. It's very. It makes a lot of sense if you look at the way chimps behave. Right? Yeah, we were the cousins of chimps, and chimps fuck everybody. Everybody fucks everybody. So the idea is like, how did we get to a place where everybody stopped fucking everybody? And somewhere along the line in evolution, it's it shifted. Jealousy. Whether it's cultural evolution, yeah, they, there's a lot of theories, man. There's a lot of theories. Terrence McKenna had some weird ideas about it. His Man. theories were all drug-based. He, all, he felt it was a mushroom thing. He felt like uh, climate change caused people to move from a mushroom culture to an alcohol culture. And that the, the death of the ego and the expanding consciousness and the community uh, feelings that you would get from communal mushroom trips all were replaced by drunken assholishness and, and chaos. Sense. And he really breaks it. He broke it down. He's not alive anymore. But when he was alive, he broke it down pretty eloquently. It's, you know, it's not something I'm smart enough to know if he's right or if he's yeah. wrong, but it's a very compelling argument that people, because we know that they used to definitely do a lot of mushrooms. They knew, we know the Vikings did a lot of mushrooms. We, knew that, we know that there's a bunch of ancient uh, art pieces that show mushrooms and even people that were under the spell of the mushroom, like a person, like a really old one. Jack Harrow was showing all these. Jack Harrow was this great weed activist uh, who uh, wrote a book called The Emperor Has No Clothes. It's all a book about him being a Goldwater Republican and finding marijuana and then becoming like this marijuana advocate and and a hero for marijuana. And he was in the middle of writing a book. um, And part of the book was about mushrooms and mushrooms in the history of Christianity. And he had all this uh, ancient artwork that was all had mushroom iconography, like mushroom images in it. And he was like, this shit was everywhere. He unfortunately had a stroke and then wound up dying. He was a, a great man. And in the world of uh, marijuana, he's certainly a hero. Risked his neck like way, way early on and you know, stood by his beliefs and got talk, caught a lot of shit for his book, but also got a lot of love for mm-hmm. how he stood for you know, a, a guy opening up his mind and changing his mind. I mean, he was a staunch Republican. Damn. Started smoking pot and became Fuck. like this crazy pot advocate. And his next thing was about mushrooms. Man, Damn. how awesome is that? There's some, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can read. There's a lot of good articles online where people have shown uh, there's ancient images of Adam and Eve from a fresco in France from like a long fucking time ago. See if you can see that mush, Adam and Eve mushroom fresco just like you were saying sean you're like how do we know like some of that bible wasn't people writing stories on mushrooms oh yeah for sure well there's a lot of people that believe it's entirely possible that that's the case there was actually a a recent scholar from jerusalem that thinks see this is the image that's adam and eve and look at those mushrooms and not even mushrooms, ayahuasca for those Bible stories. It's like, holy. Well, who knows? I mean, who knows when they figured out ayahuasca, right? And who, who got a hold of it? We know that they had it in South America thousands of years ago. We don't, we don't know how many thousands, though. Apparently, it's really hard to figure out. But look at that image. 13th century fresco depicting an Adam and Eve in the tree of knowledge. The tree appears to be modeled after an Amanita muscaria mushroom. 
Holy smokes. This is the tree of knowledge. I mean, dude, this is from the 1200s, right? Holy. So this is this is closer to the bone than the original story than we are now in Aren't terms mushrooms of mushrooms going to be legal? Is that on the no, ballot? No, I think there's it's something like a, on the ballot in California to legalize it. God, I hope they do. Even if they just do it for therapy. Seriously. Yeah, just but for therapy. But the thing is, there's a lot of these old old pictures that have mushrooms in with uh, religious icons. It's real weird, man. Like, look at this. Jesus with mushrooms at his feet. There's man, a bunch of these. Crazy. There's a bunch of these really old, weird pictures. But the thing is, like, what is it evidence of? Is it evidence that mushrooms were involved in the creation of Christianity? Possibly. But it's also evidence that artists do drugs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That too, real. man. No, if you're a fucking guy who's a painter back then, maybe you're doing mushrooms all the time and you want to put the mushrooms in everything. Damn. We don't really know. Yeah. Never I mean, will either. It's crazy. Especially if he's doing mushrooms and nobody else even knows what they are. He's like, listen to this motherfucker. But I gotta, I gotta think that everybody knew about them back then and they probably shared them with people that they cared about because if you lived in a world with, just think of it this way. You lived in a world with no media. You have no books. You have no science, you have stories, you have a crude language, you write things down, you draw things. There's no TV shows, there's no cars, there's no nothing. There's no history. You have history of talking about shit. You, wouldn't you think if you found mushrooms, if your life sucked that much ass, like this is the world you're living in, his barbarians everywhere and you get fucking step on a, a thorn and you get poison in your body and you die because oh. no one has antibiotics. You get an infection from a cut, you're dead. I mean, this is this is how people existed back then. Do you, you think if they found mushrooms, that they they wouldn't cherish them? Like that someone yeah, would somehow seriously. or another demonize them? For real. Seriously. If they had nothing else, why would they demonize mushrooms? They demonized it after they figured it out. After they figured out, like, hey, like they probably went big gaps without having it. That's the theory. They probably went like big gaps where mushrooms weren't a part of culture anymore and then people tried to reintroduce them, but culture had already gone in this weird sort of violent chimp alcohol mm -hmm. amphetamines way. Damn. Damn. Fuck. Fuck. Whew. Sheesh. Yeah, it's not like we're making something up. Like this is some Alice in Wonderland book where there's some medicine that says <laughs> drink me and if we drink, we're going to go on this journey. Yeah. That's just a book. Mushrooms are real. Yeah. And they're everywhere. Yep. I mean, there's parts of the country, they're just fucking growing constantly. It's crazy. When you talk about people that were living back in that day and how tough it was, you wonder if they had just, like, as much happiness as we have. If they're more positive thinking or what? You know what I mean? Like, it's a good question. Because like, they didn't know any better. They might have had so more. It's like, right. This guy that wrote this book, Jesse Itzler, this, this book that's in front of you, Living with a Seal, uh -huh. he also wrote a book, uh, Living with Monks, and he was, he was just here. And he just uh, was talking about it. It was really fucking interesting shit, man. Damn, I bet. Really like interesting monks? shit. Yeah, but one of the things he was telling me was like how happy these guys are. Damn. They just meditate all day. They just do their job. They, they train dogs and they meditate all day. That's crazy. But he was like, they're all really happy. And he was like, how many people do you think in the real world are really happy? I'm like, I don't know. And he said 60-something percent. What do you say? 67? 67 percent of people are unhappy. I wonder how they got are that. Unhappy? Unhappy. Yeah, yeah. 67% are unhappy. Oh, I'm sure. Fuck, dude. Even that, I'm like, oh, really? Like, there's, what, 33% people happy? That's more than I expected. Truly, that are truly happy? Truly happy. Doing what they want every day? Yeah, there's not. That's hard. God, I'm so, yeah. You're lucky. Or Super so lucky. lucky. Super lucky. Super. God. Super lucky. Anybody out there that's listening that's doing what they want, whether you're making furniture or 
painting pictures or singing songs, whatever the fuck you're doing, if that's what you really want to do, man, you're happy. Yeah, you got even lucky. if it's just pay it better, even if you're not making a fortune. No, you listen, if you're getting by doing what you like, it's so much better than being rich doing what you hate. Because your time is what's so valuable when, you know, if you have a job and you hate it, but it gives you a lot of money and you say, well, I'm going to get out of it eventually. The problem is that time that you need to do that job, that eight hours, that's a giant chunk of your day. But a lot of people don't have passions to what would they be doing those eight hours a day? Right. A lot of people don't even know. Like, right. Like my dad gets off work and goes to work. He's like, what is he doing? You know, right. like, yeah. fuck, what do you want to get good at? What do you, what are you yeah. passionate about? What do you want to do? And it's easier for like this newer day and age to look on the internet and learn things on the internet, see people on the internet doing, be like, oh, they're doing it. I'm not doing it. In our parents' generation, they didn't have that. Right. Everyone did it and they had no, it was rare. Right. Oh. You're super lucky if you find a passion that you truly oh love, God, especially at a dude. young age. You and back then, everybody was scared, right? So they would always tell people, don't do not do that. Don't take any risks. Play it safe. Get, <laughs> get that good job. Yeah. You know, they're given benefits. You know, right. get your degree. Play it safe. You know, well, if you have a degree, then you'll, you'll definitely have a backup plan. You know, you want to have a safety net. Everyone back then was, their parents had been in the fucking depression, man. Even when I was growing up, people were kind of telling me, like, oh, yeah. you're going to fight? for well, Like, what are you going to do for work? I'm how like, many fifty? do. How many 50-year-olds do you know that, like, you want to see and be like, man, I want my life like theirs? Yeah. Like, someone like you or Paul Check, like, you. Got, it seems like at your age, that's pretty rare. People fall apart, man. Doing what they want. The yeah. ride is, it's you know, everybody can, you know, if you watch one of those mechanical bulls, you ever watch when people, they start ramping it up. In the beginning, everybody can hang on. Mm -hmm. Everybody can hang on. But as life gets more and more complicated, you get older and older, your body starts failing, you got to stay on your exercise program, or you feel yourself deteriorating. Like, you realize, like, Fuck. how long can I keep this up? How long can I keep this going? You know? And, and also, people have been doing what they don't want to do for 20 years now, Fuck. waiting to retire 25 years. Yep. To me, my number one, for sure, the, the most fortunate thing is the people that I'm friends with and that I love, my family and people I'm close to. I'm, I'm close to a bunch of really positive people. That That's number similar one. mindsets to yours about eating healthy and taking care of yourself? That, for sure, also about being nice. That's all. That's real important. Being yeah. around a bunch of people that are cool to each other, mm -hmm. and then two, doing what I want to do. Like if I didn't do what I want to do, and I've look, I don't want anybody to cry for me that I was on Fear Factor. It's not like it was a bad job. I would have taken it again in a heartbeat if I was in the same situation. It was great. You know, it's it offered me money, a lot of money to do a show that wasn't anything I wanted to do. Like it wasn't a sitcom. It wasn't doing stand up comedy. It was just weird thing. But it was a great job. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not hating on it, but. It doesn't feel the same way, even though I'm very thankful that I got that job. It doesn't feel the same way as it would if I was, say, uh, doing a podcast or doing stand-up or just doing whatever I want to do. Where I don't yeah. have to, I don't have to, I don't have to do something just because it's my job. Yeah. <sighs> Instead, I do it because I actually like to do it. And you don't have and to watch I'm your P's and Q's it. all the time because you're in the corporate world. And well, you watch them yourself, man. I mean, I fuck up all the time. I say stupid things all the time. And people mm -hmm. are like, why'd you say that? I'm like, because I'm free balling. I'm <laughs> saying <laughs> things off the top of my head for hours you're at a time. Vulnerable. Yeah. Cas yeah, occasionally I'm going to say something stupid. Yeah, I take sure. a swing and a miss. Yeah. You know? yeah. But uh, ultimately, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to police myself as best as I can. But it's just so much better than having to pee somebody it gives you a chance to get better at your own shit 
You know, whatever you're doing, if you can work for yourself or figure out a way to do the thing that you really want to do, it gives you a chance to get better at the thing that interests you, the thing right. that's fascinating to you. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I was super lucky when I was <clears throat> when I first moved to Arizona. I had, I didn't have to work. I had like sponsor local sponsors back in Montana. Um, what kind of sponsors? My rent. Um, the Sting Bar, the one. I Give him a shout out. The Sting, uh, <laughs> Alias Smith and Jones. Labs Construction, yeah. There were a bunch like, that just yeah, support yeah. small town companies that Dude, support I didn't us. have to work, and I could I was able to put all of my time into learning how to eat healthy, learning how to use my brain, and training. Like I got to use all my time for that. And I was so lucky for that. And, and it's no, nice. it's huge for young fighters, you know, getting a cool business and wants to put yep. like their logo on your shorts or something like that. That's where we benefited from coming from a small town. We l- l- racked up a lot of experience. Like in Phoenix, there's amateur fighters that they can't get fights for the life of them. Wow. We could fight every weekend if we wanted to. So we got a lot of re- ring experience and got comfortable in there. Yeah, there's a crazy Midwest circuit, right? Like that's why Jeremy Horn has over 100 fights and Travis Fulton. What does he have, like 200-plus fights? Something <laughs> yeah. crazy Jesus. like that. But yeah, a lot of those sweet. dudes, you I mean you could literally fight constantly all the time. Yep. I fought three weekends in a row once. I remember that. That's nuts. But don't you get super loose when you do that? You get, like, used Hell to yeah. it? Yeah. It, the experience it is different, right? It feels normal. Oh, yeah. For sure. I remember going into, like, bigger fights and people kind of saying, I was like, I don't think I will. I just don't get, like, before a fight, I don't feel nervous. I'm, How do you feel? I feel calm. I feel at a, like, I feel like at a, I'm just calm, just ready for, I'm just waiting for, I feel like I'm really in the now and I'm just waiting for, to get there. I'm just. What are you thinking about? I'm, I'm. I feel calm. I don't know. It's. Well, I'm, I'm super confident. I know. Like I, in my head, I'm going in there. I'm gonna knock this dude out, whether I do or I don't. I'm, that's what I'm. That's what every every fight I get into, I'm going in there thinking I'm gonna knock this dude out every fight, and I truly feel that. I believe that in myself. And it all comes from how prepared you are. He's always doing every single thing. Not like oh, I'm gonna be lazy today. Every thing he has to do. And that's the reason he feels so fucking prepared and can focus on our techniques and can focus on that instead of focus on, oh, am I going to gas or did I train hard enough or fuck all that mm. nonsense shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to someone talk about that the other day that I wish I could remember who was having this conversation. It might have been my friend John Dudley, but he was talking about how when people aren't prepared for things that it, it gives you like another layer of insecurity on top of the insecurity of doing something that's difficult in the first place. So if you know that you're not like, maybe you're good at it, but you're just lazy and you didn't really practice. And then you're going to go and try and do something, but you know, these other people have practiced much harder than you have. That layer is, even if you're a talented person, that's like that, that has an effect on your actions. Mm-hmm. And if you've done everything you can do you've dotted all your i's and crossed all your t's if you've done that you'll have a different level of confidence you might still lose right Right. it's a crazy way to make a living the chips fall where they may but at least you'll know that you gave a hundred percent now if you lose and you didn't give a hundred percent you definitely still have you always have that in the back of your head as like a fallback hey i know i didn't really give a hundred percent but you could say, well, well, I'm going to get my shit together now. But the problem is you've already gone through the experience of not giving 100%, which is very precarious because it could be a confidence destroyer. It could fuck your head up for the rest of your life. It could change who you are because it's very difficult for people to overcome the past. Like ideas yeah. that they have about themselves from a year ago or five years ago, 
that is not you. Seriously. And you, you have to, especially in the something as critical as like fight skills and learning, le- learning how to become confident again. That's not you. That was you then. You're better now. Yep. R- embrace the fact right. that you're better. Don't dwell on bad moments where you got flattened or yep. you fucked up or you did something stupid or you got caught in an armbar. Whatever the fuck it is. Those things, they can get in your head and you can decide you're that person or you can decide no, I've passed that now. Yeah. I'm way better because of that. I'm thankful that happened because that taught me a super valuable lesson. And without that humiliation and that defeat or that misstep or you know whatever that error was, I wouldn't know who I really am right now. Yeah, it's like classic sports psychology stuff. Yeah. And you can't just read it once and be like, okay, I get that. You gotta no. fucking just rep it in your head. Gotta rep it in your it. head. Yeah. And I think, I truly think in a fist fight, the number one thing is confidence. And I know that confidence comes from training. You know, it also helps to have that fucking Rumble Johnson power, son. Fuck. <laughs> that, might yes. be, that might also be a That's number seriously. one. That, that Rumble Johnson can or you put rely the hurt on, it too on much. people. Oh, oh, you rely yeah. on it too much. And that's well, I don't happens. necessarily think he relied on it too much. This Not is what I, what yeah, I really yeah. think about Rumble is Rumble was better than he was um, enthusiastic about fighting. He was a better fight. Like he, he said it. He was a phenomenal knockout artist. I mean, Rumble put it to people in a spooky way. He would crack. When he God knocked out Glover to share with that one uppercut, boom! Ooh. You watch that precision and the power that guy generated. Damn, he was scary. Damn, he was scary. But Rumble said when he retired, he said, hey, man, he goes, I'm just good at this. He goes, I'm not a fighter. I remember he goes, that. I'm an athlete. He goes, I'm just good at this. I don't want to do this anymore. I could do a lot of other things. Well, it's like, good for you, yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. You're fucking at the top Fight's of your game. Fucked. Everyone's scared of you. And you're like, man, I'm good at this. I don't even like it. <laughs> Take <laughs> yeah. it easy. I'm going into the weed business. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rumble, is, uh, he's a special person. But that kind of thing that he has, he's got that one-touch gift. Yep. I mean, for sure, technique, for sure, years of training, for yeah. sure, smart, knows how to execute and close the distance. There's a lot of excellent variables on his side. But there's one thing that he possesses that most human beings are never going to get no matter how they try. They're yep. not going to get that power. He's got that weird power. There's a few people that just have that, they got that weird power, like man. That fat, fast twitch muscle mm-hmm. that gasses out quick or the slow twitch muscle like Nick Diaz that can push and press the whole time. It's like See, Rumble doesn't always balance. gas up quick, though. Here's the thing. He did in some fights. Uh-huh. But if you watch the Phil Davis fight, he never gassed out for a second in that fight. People forget. Look, fucking Phil Davis is good. Fuck He's yeah. real good. And Rumble put it to him. Phil Davis was in survival mode in I that fight. I forgot about that. Survival mode, son. Phil that guy Davis throws hammer. Yeah, 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 man. He wasn't. Damn. There was no wrestling to be done in that fight. There was defense, back to the feet, keep ducking, keep ducking, because missiles are coming your way. I wonder if he was with like Henry Hooft at that time, and he Henry was, Hooft helped him that with that for certain. I mean, look, but I really believe that all those tough training camps and tough fights and you know those battles. That after a while, he just didn't want to do it anymore. Even if he's that good at it. He wasn't comfortable, yeah. stressed out all the time, always getting ready for a fight. He didn't want to do it anymore. He's a smart guy. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's you know something admirable about that, about him saying, even though he's on top of the heap, you know, just lost the title, right? Yep. Decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. Well, he retiring. got beat twice, twice in a row, right? By Cormier. Maybe, he was de- maybe like you said, maybe he was demoralized. I don't think twice in a row. He, he, uh, he won one. Yeah, he, he won. Who did he beat in between? No, he beat a couple people. I think he beat Glover. He knocked out Glover in between. That's right. 
and then uh, who else did he be? He was fucking terrifying. Dude. He was. Tell you, man. But then he tried to make 170. He, he did he, make he 170 made... many times. Dude. He used to fight at 170. He fought on tough at 170. <sighs> at that high level, too, when there's so much on the line, you get a fight 10 weeks out. Okay, now every single day my thoughts are filled with what's going to happen in that fight for 10 fucking weeks, and it's exhausting yeah. knowing that I might make – this much money or i might make double that much you can't plan ahead at all you got to go based on what happened in the fight i'm not a big believer in that i don't like that that's one part of the way people get paid that i wish wasn't a tradition the fight and then win bonus i just feel like everybody's trying to win and then the decisions yeah the to sit if it was one thing like if it was a rock solid decision process where we did it all in a computer and everyone agreed and everyone voted online yeah. Then, okay. Fuck. Because it might cost you $50,000 if someone has Fuck. a terrible idea of whether or not you want to fight or not. And sometimes sometimes they're close and sometimes they're subjective and sometimes there's things that you might be looking for that might be you might think isn't good enough mm-hmm. to score. Or maybe you think the defense is just as important because even though he took him down, he didn't do anything. And the guy on the bottom was always working off of his back. Yeah. Or you're a boxer, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah. And he, he, look, there's always those things. But I think those could be ironed out with a large, large enough sample group or a large enough group Hell of judges. Yeah. Like Damn. if we had – why, why do we need, judges, why do we need three? Why do we need three? Tell me there's not thousands of people listening to this right now that would make phenomenal judges. Shit, that dude. know MMA, that understand jiu-jitsu, that know kickboxing all together. I mean, there's got to be a fucking shit ton of them out there that would do an amazing job if you let them do it online. Let them watch it online. Fuck let them yeah. judge it online. Have a little camera on them while they do it so you know they're actually watching the fight. Let them watch it. Don't, just no commentary. Just let you know let the sounds, the impacts. How about let's get a bunch of people watching this oh, shit. So what would it take to like push an idea like that? It's like we're just used to Joe Lewis versus Max Schmeling. The judge in the corner <laughs> oh, over yeah. here is Judge Wapley, and Judge Judy's over here. <laughs> and this ju- we're used to this <laughs> stupid old boxing system. You know, th- that system sucks a fat dick. Seriously. They need to have a gang of people judging fights. There should be way more than three, and they should be super educated in terms of, like, high-level understanding of submission holds, striking. They should be able to demonstrate it. What's more significant, an elbow to the top of the head or a leg kick? Depends on who's throwing the kick. Depends on who's right, throwing yeah. the elbow. What's, what's better, uh, a, a takedown or a takedown that leads you to get caught in a triangle that you eventually survive in, but you Fuck. almost get tapped in? You if you get out, on. did it not count? <sighs> what if a guy gets you really close to a triangle and he's got you trapped in there? You try to slam him, he tightens it up more. And there's a battle, and you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and finally you get out. Do you get more credit because you took him down than he gets for almost strangling you? Seriously. That's super subjective. Yeah. Super subjective. And That's different people will disagree. They will argue over it. I've seen really high level referees and judges argue over what they think is more important and better. It's so subjective damn that's crazy it's but i think if we had a giant yeah. number man if we had a big number if you have a hundred people i'm getting crazy it's 20 the best people, idea 20, 20, I know, 20 no, I experts just have have a certified expert uh panel and you have these people you give them access to the fight for free you pay them a certain amount of money they get no commentary they listen to the fight play out in real time they have the options of tuning into each corner or individual corners if they want that's easy to arrange we have that right now 
So if we decided to do that and give that to someone who calls at home who wants to not just watch fights but is also an expert and would love the idea of making a hundred bucks or whatever the fuck they pay yeah. you, have this camera propped over their head, have have online contributors. That'd be and, nice. Yeah, and and maybe. You know, maybe have fucking 10 people do it. Maybe have 20 people do it. But it doesn't, in this day and age, like, why would you not have more analysis? That's something why, better than those yeah. three judges. It's just not a good idea. To th three unskilled people that their only experience is watching fights and judging them. Like, literally, they don't have any martial arts experience. That's a <laughs> common theme. Yeah. Like, there's, it's we're, high level. MMA fights are often the decisions are decided by people that have zero martial arts experience, which is crazy. Oh my it's God. like me judging a violin contest. <laughs> it really is. Like I don't know a goddamn thing about I could get it totally wrong. I could get it totally wrong. The people, I would go, oh, I love the part we did that. Like, that was a mistake, you fucking idiot. Yeah, He's not supposed to make that sound. <laughs> that's why he should lose. I'm like, oh, I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. You know? like, that's oh. how it is when a lot of these people just literally don't have any idea what's happening. I have a friend who is a judge who told me while a fight was going on, this was many years ago, while a fight was going on, this guy was working for a Kimura, and this lady who's a judge goes, what is he doing? Oh, what oh, is he no. doing? She says it to him because she needs to know. Because she's, she's watching the fight. She doesn't know if that's a hold. Like, oh what is that? Is this, is this work? Is this real? And she's actually judging a fight. And he said, I was flabbergasted. Fuck. He goes, she literally didn't understand what was happening. She didn't know a Kimura. Like, super common. Super common move. She didn't know it. That's crazy. Did you listen to the commentary at all in Sugar's fight? I don't think so. Oh, fuck. Which fight? Which fight? Andre, where he was whining about me saying stuff. Oh. oh, in between corners? No, it was during the fight. I was just jabbering at Andre a little bit just because I knew that that big pressure moment, he was feeling that People moment. Hated that. Oh, so hated I was it. just mi laughing when he missed or just little things to make fun of him a little bit because I know he was thinking about it. And I know oh, that. Do you know him well? No, but I could see the pressure of the buildup of him all week. He was getting super emotional. So I knew that little extra push <laughs> would get him emotional. Teamwork. And then after he tweeted, he's like, all I could hear is his fucking corner talking shit to me the whole time, and that's all I could like. That's wow. I'm like, that's I know rough. at the high, high level it's not going to work, but I just feel it's another tactic. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, maybe it will. Like, who would, who would it work on? Well, just <laughs> think, like these guys are know. these guys are UFC fighters in their town. Everyone respects them and treats them nice. And then all of a sudden, you're in a place where two guys are talking shit to you, and then you're fighting one, and he's laughing at you and this, and they're like. <laughs> Oh fuck! I'm not used to this. It's just another tactic, but I know at the certain level it won't work. But why not? Yeah, it's all might, fun and games. certain level it might work a little though. It's just another yeah. part of the game. Yeah. And, and I want people. Is, I right? want people fucking trying to hit sugar hard so they're stiff, so he's waxing them as they come in. Well, definitely don't talk about it on the internet if you want it to happen. It'll, do it. It'll still happen. <laughs> Too fast. It'll still happen. It'll, I'm sure. I'm just saying. You're giving up your strategy, son. Believe it's in it right. though. I trust it. I believe you believe in it. You're definitely a fast learner, man. You know, you, it's uh, it's interesting how you you have a, a style of moving and throwing kicks that I would have assumed that you had like a long background in some sort of traditional martial art, like karate or you know taekwondo or something. Because the way you throw in kicks, I was like, this guy, like the way. You, but I guess that's like a lot of also your emulation of Connor, right? Yeah, that's I was style. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of doing that before before I saw Connor, just kind of throwing weird kicks. I remember being at the lab and watching videos and trying them, just 
teaching myself them. Mm. But as far as my movement, that like I played basketball, football, soccer, and baseball my entire life since I was four until I was in high school. I think I was just became super athletic from doing so many different sports, and then I, I added that to fighting, and I don't know, it works well. Well, your length too, man. That's a big factor. That's you like know. a six four guy at one seventy. That switches stances. How like, tall are fuck. you? Five ten, five eleven. Five eleven, five ten for one thirty five is so crazy. Yeah, there's some. There's what some does you walk around? Wait. Yeah. One fifty. Put, up, put out your arms real quick. Look like how I, fucking long his stretches for thirty crazy. for thirty five. Like, how hard is it for you to get down to thirty five? Super easy. Super easy. Yeah. What do you think about this recent move? Uh, Dana White has just said that he's going to eliminate the early weight cuts. Is that real? Are I hope that's serious? not true. Yes. That would be the worst no thing. Way. That, that, yep. that, that's so stupid. You said too many people are missing the weight and they're trying to game Fuck. the system, and they're trying to cut more because they know they have more time to recover. <sighs> That yeah. sucks. I was a huge. I loved the the night. It's easy. It's like you fucking still know what time weigh-ins are. He's do you it think earlier. it's possible that um, they could ever eliminate weight cutting entirely? I hope so. I would yeah. love that. I would Man. love that. I don't know. I just yeah. Find out what your actual weight is and fight at that. I mean, if you're too muscular, lose some weight. If you're too fat, yeah. lose some fat. <clears throat> but find out what weight you're at and just. I think that's it's an unnecessary danger. For real. That's the nice thing about Sean. He's not a huge 135er, so we we don't have to eat to get huge, like George said, or eat to really diet down. We can eat to where he just performs the best mm. and just stay there and then maybe have to cut eight pounds, eat normal the whole week, drink normal the whole week, and then go in there feeling 100%. Yeah, it's just it's an unnecessary aspect and i think one of the things that would be uh, a solution is give guys more options of what weight to actually fight at when there's these big giant gaps in between weight classes it forces people in a lot of ways to cut weight because like maybe they're just they're too small for 185 but they can make 170 so fuck it i'll just make 170 because i know how big x guy is or y guy is because you know some of those 85ers man you're around them you're like holy shit this is a fucking heavyweight kale Jesus, Jail's he's, he's a big fella. Fuck. There's a lot of them. Luke Rockhold is a big is he? fella. He's big. He looks big. Yeah, he's big and strong as fuck. And, Damn. you know, he weighs 185. So if you're <laughs> in that guy's weight class, like, good luck, fuckface. Seriously. You know, how about Yoel <laughs> Romero? Yoel Romero is 185. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, he's shit, dude. dude. He's one of the most impressive physical specimens I've ever. ever been in front of. I mean, phenomenal wrestler, talented fighter, all the above. But just his physique, like he <laughs> just looks like a superhero. He doesn't look like a real person. <laughs> Have you been around him in real life? Flex your traps. You look like Yoel a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Fucking Yoel. Dude, he was here in that shirt, in that uh, shirt. seat, and he was wearing this tight shirt with like a gold <laughs> cross and shit, and you know, it's skin tight, and you look at him, you're like, what? and in between fights, he's not trying to make 185, he's well over 200 pounds. Fuck. He's fucking jacked. Jesus. He's got that super Cuban DNA, son. Seriously. I, I wonder what DC is gonna weigh going in the fight with Stipe. I'm look at curious. him, holy shit. Jacked, oh, jacked. 
Yoel Romero's jacked. <laughs> Shit, dude. <laughs> Could not be a nicer guy. Really? Could seems, not be nice. a nicer guy. That's cool. He was. He's beautiful. I like, he's, I like that. I love you, Michael. He's funny did. and friendly. That's and cool. He's a sweet, sweet guy. He's laughing all the time. He's so happy to not be in Cuba. And when he talks to you about Cuba, like he's explaining, you know, like he can go back to Cuba. He's one of the few guys that can go back to Cuba and then leave and come back to the United oh, States. Damn. Yeah, he says it's crazy. He says you got to keep your mouth shut and move around and, you know, watch what you say and don't piss anybody off because they all want to leave and they can't leave. And you can leave and come back and leave and come back. Crazy. It's weird. Like, usually someone who's super fucking badass, they're always really nice. Yeah, He's so nice. nice. Soldier of God. Is that his T-shirt? Yeah, they put I love you. I love you. I love you. Did he put that on? That's the Reebok shirt? That's his shirt, yeah. That's got to be a joke. Oh, No, it's real. Oh, Oh, oh. shit. We need an account and uh, order me that. Order me that. that. I'll take that in a large, please. Fuck yeah. That's awesome, That's a dope one. Yeah, they're coming out with funny shit, you know? This is yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's sold out first, like, couple hours on the Reebok, on a couple different websites. Dude. They just got it back in stock at, Come on, at the Reebok. Come they, on, it was beautiful. Damn. They had a marijuana leaf behind it at first, and it was so sweet. They had to get rid of the marijuana yeah, leaf. They but panicked. it's still, yeah, Come yeah. On. That's it. That's what I was saying. Imagine they think, need to let it go in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. It was a risk they go. weren't willing. To think how many it, people told you do not shirt. promote marijuana at oh, all. Yeah, I, the like UFC whole, will not ever yeah. sign you. Won't Whoever pick said, you well, up. Back then, maybe, but not anymore. Like a couple years ago, Sean's like the first to like be open about it. Um, is that true, Nick Diaz? Come on, son. I guess that's true. Um, Nick Diaz has always been open about it. Fuck yeah, that's yeah, true. He's open as fuck. Um, <laughs> right. A lot of people are open about weed. It's more behind the scenes. Dana doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. The only thing that they care about is commissions and people, you know, failing the test, which yep. they think is stupid in the first place. Dana doesn't give a fuck if people smoke weed. They're, they're, he's ra- he'd rather have them smoke weed, I'm sure, especially now that it's legal, yeah. than drink. But 10 you know? years ago, what, he, what was he like? Five years well, ago? Well, it's all about the uh, commissions. He's yeah. a promoter. He's not a guy who interferes with people's personal pot smoking because yeah. he doesn't like It's immoral in my company. We're going to. Yeah. No, it's none of that. He just, his opinion is based entirely on the fact you're going to get tested. So if you're smoking pot, you can't stop, and you're six weeks out, and you know you, you fucking passed that limit. Because there used to be, they used to be looking for a very small amount, and you would you'd need a good solid four to six weeks to flush your system. And some guys would they'd, they'd push it. They get into three, they get into three weeks and just drink a lot of fucking water and apple cider vinegar and try to clean their system out. And sometimes it would work, and sometimes you would deal with a really sophisticated commission, and they would catch you. Pat Healy, Jim Miller, when Pat won both bonuses that night, 130 right. G's. That's right. Tested positive for pot. Got 100K. They took his bonus away. And the win. And his win bonus. Yep. And his win. I mean, look, do you think the pot helped him win? Get the fuck out of here. No shit. It's crazy. And it was just a little amount. Poor Pat. (sighs) He pushed it, you know? I mean, and Pat is a guy that fights like a fucking savage. So, you know, he trains like that, too. So it's all just fucking grinding and smashing. And so he's probably sore all the time, man. You know? If If you fight that fucking wrestler uh top game smash him up style like he does Fuck. and that grit style he's got that put it to you just keep that pressure on you to yep. break style those guys get sore as fuck man they Hell need yeah. some pot calm them down yeah no for sure shit. we're gonna for look sure. back on it someday and it's gonna be ridiculous we're gonna look back on the fact that pot was illegal when we were kids and we're gonna be like okay. how in the fuck is that possible <laughs> some people <laughs> take it to their graves though Weeds the devil. Oh, my mom. They just, yeah, Sorry, they mom. Just, they just don't get it. It's, it's not their fault. It's, here's the thing. Weeds the devil for some people. 
but alcohol is the devil for some people. You know, gambling's the devil for some people. Yeah. Jerking off is the devil for some people. Yep. There's people that get they get caught up in all kinds of shit because people are fucked up. We're weird, you know. But yep. it's not the pot. Pot's not the problem. You're throwing <laughs> no out the baby with the bathwater. This shit is good for people. It helps you. It's yeah. it's it makes you think more. It opens yeah. your eyes to weird things. It makes you it makes you nicer to people. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, makes I you just get my mom to take one puff. Just a little puff, just a little baby. <laughs> I won't do it. What about edibles? No, no she, way. I love. You gotta edibles. get around like Joey edibles? Diaz. Yes. I, <laughs> like when I'm Joey in camp, Diaz. when I'm in camp, six, seven, eight weeks out, I pretty much I've I've only vaporized and use edibles. And then once I start getting that three, four weeks, I'm only do edibles. Dude, I gotta get you something. I don't have it right here. We don't have any jambos here. I gotta get you this jambo spray. Oh, gotta oh. change your life, son. It's a spray. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, but be careful. <laughs> I, I have this liquid, this THC liquid you pour under your tongue. Ooh, that's that you gotta be to, careful. That's like acid. That ain't going too far. <laughs> Seriously, people, those dabbers, all those wacky people with the wax. It's too heavy you can, for me. You can go fuck yourself, folks. <laughs> yeah, but you're going too far. <laughs> they're, oh, out, they're out in the land of no. Those like that's like the the marijuana equivalent of those people that take that crocodile drug. You know, oh, you know those people that take that shit that rots your. You never seen that uh, stuff? Crocodile. Crocodile was some drug that was affecting a lot of people. Apparently, in um, was it Eastern Bloc states or some? It was Russia. I think it was Russia, but it rots your skin away to the point where your bones exposed. So these people would shoot it right into the spot where their bone was exposed. Like that's how crazy this drug is. It's so it's so powerful and Ooh. so crazy and feels so good. They shoot it right into the rotten meat. What? That's with their exposed so... bone. Oh, there's photos, man, all over the internet. It'll freak you out. It was, Damn. It was in Columbia. 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 Uh, that's where it is. This one article. Okay. Is, it, is there one from Russia? I don't. I'm I feel looking. like there was a theme about Russian kids that were shooting crocodile God. in this burnt-out warehouse. It was like, photos. what in the fuck? Oh. Damn. Dude, it's hard. Pull up some photos, son. Don't oh don't God. gross us out from a distance. Oh, look at that. That's real. Fuck? So that lady's shooting that stuff into her arm. The meat rotted away. She did not her feel it? bone is exposed. Fuck? She can't help it, man. That Dude, stuff no just starts way. it starts rotting their flesh away. Uh, and a lot of people wind up like this, man. Look at this lady. Uh, look at her arm. Look at her forearm. Crocodile? Yeah. Look at it. Ate away her forearm, man. There's almost nothing left of her forearm. This is a really common thing that you could find online what if you want to throw up. Look at that guy's yeah. foot. Is His it foot's still rotting like away. spreading or what? I don't know, man. I'm too scared to ask. I don't even. Look at that one hand. Click on that hand so where your cursor's stupid. on. Click on that. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> look at this. Look at this person squirting it into their leg. Poor God. Jesus Christ. Oh my God! It's eating that person's ass. I'm All right, not that's showing enough. these online. That's <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, thank you for not dude, showing these online. Dude, People just get so fucking damaged. Well, what is damaged. that drug that makes it like? Imagine an itch that's so hard to not scratch that you'll you're willing to shoot the drug into the hole where the bone is. Fuck. Oh, People dude, are fucked up, weed. man. People are fucked up. And a lot of it's it's weird, like. They were saying in this uh, podcast, from zero to three, you learn more than you'll ever learn in your whole life. And we don't even remember that. Like When people say that, I go, maybe you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, Our thought pattern. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> 10 times stronger than heroin. Mm. Three times is more toxic. Jesus. What the fuck? Oh. And it's, 
a tenth of the price. Oh, that's a problem. That's it's a problem right it's there. Costco. It's Costco. Costco drug. So <laughs> were we saying that you learn more by the time you're three? Zero, from zero to three than you'll ever learn in your life. Taking in more information about like in everything. Huh. Just being programmed from that. like, And we don't even remember that. And that forms maybe a lot of patterns in our brains now. Like, oh, for sure. no idea. Oh, for sure. Um, especially if uh, kids grow around, uh, grow up around violence, violence in the house, violence in their community. Uh, especially even if their mom was going through violence, whether in the womb, that's a, that has a giant factor in the way you connect the dots and the way you interact with people. I uh, was on a plane once, Jeez. headed to Australia, and uh, Michael Irvin was on the plane just by random. You know, it's a long-ass flight. It's like 14 <laughs> hours. So me and him got to talking. Super good dude, like re- real nice guy. I mean, phenomenal football player, but just like you would never know it talking to him. Just super, super down-to-earth. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about um, work he does with kids, with um, kids that, and, and, and trying to sort of uh, illuminate to people what happens to someone who grows up in a terrible community where they experience a lot of violence in the neighborhood or their family experiences violence or the, or the mother does while the, the boy's in the womb, that this programs literally their behavior patterns thought patterns yeah and it they come out of the they come out of the gate with a faster fuse a shorter fuse a more more inclinations towards violence you know different hormone rates their their body reacts to stress differently they're quicker to snap they're quicker to make uh, impulsive uh, violent judgments and beat people up and shit like a lot of the people that are in these situations, like what you're dealing with is like a programming from the time they're in the womb, and it's very difficult to correct. Man. And then we have to like really not think about it in terms of like, here's a person who's doing a bad thing, and think about it more in terms of like, well, wait a minute, why is he so angry? How did he get like this? What what happened? Yeah. Like we're just going to let it happen over and over again and keep b- blaming people who get it wrong and say, hey, everybody figure it out because we're going to keep locking you up. Or, or should they look at it and go, how is this happening? Yeah. Like what is causing people? Hey, look, Mike grew up on the south side of Chicago. Everyone in his neighborhood was getting beat up and shot. And, you know, if someone says something him he can't even help it he just sucker punches you Mm -hmm. because he's on edge all the fucking time are we supposed to treat him the same way we're going to treat chad who grows up in the country club and wears izod shirts Mm -hmm. and his his parents are both on xanax and everybody's cool and the maid raised him i'm like we're going to treat no i mean they're not the same people these are not the same kind of human beings like some human beings they got a shitty deal they got a shit deal man they should get a shit deal coming into this planet we got to figure out how to stop those shit deals from taking place so often. Figure out a way to like make it nicer for people. Like the worst problems are people that come out of horrible situations in their life when they're young and then go on to do violence and terrible things when they get older. Yeah. If you could just get to them that early fuck. and fuck. everybody calm down, everybody relax. Like let's figure out a way to get you all paths to success and get you to figure out like coaching and, and, and you know, life coaching yep. and education and counseling and community and you're wanted and loved and everyone's yeah. together and you have a stake in this game just as much as everybody else. Yeah. And then have this kid with kids when they're young. You'll develop phenomenal human beings instead of people that are likely to grow up and, you know, engage in the kind of patterns that they saw all their life. Yeah, I think like a big thing like going – our school system, like we're not taught how to use our brains. We're not taught how to deal with certain emotions when they arise. We're just taught, you know, math, science, all that stuff. I think the school system, we need to implement more teaching us how to meditate, 
how to control yeah, our thoughts for sure our emotions and just like Rhonda patrick says like what the mom's eating has so much to do with how that baby's formed and oh, how yeah. healthy it's formed for sure it's like for sure smokes, man. yeah i mean it's all there's so many factors and then you know there's things that you're just never going to be able to control like where you're born like who who your parents are what part of the world do you live on? I mean, we're all lucky as shit, even the poorest of us to be here in America, where you could be in a shit neighborhood and manage to get out and, and, and become a, at least a financial success. Yeah. There's places where that's just not possible, you know? Literally. I mean, how lucky are we that we're not living in fucking Singapore, where they could just pull you over and just lock you in a cage for a year because you like to smoke plants? plants. Yeah, no shit. It's fucking insane. No shit. Yeah, we're... We're all insanely lucky. I bet it's pretty crazy being a a dad. It's crazy. I bet. Yeah. Just, holy shit. It's hard to wrap your head around it until you experience it. I bet, dude. It is uh, very, very rewarding, but it's also very strange, very humbling. Changes the, your whole perspective on things. You like you love these little people in a way that you didn't even know you could love. It's and it's you just feel different. You feel different about people. I look at people now, men, women, everybody. I look at them like they used to be a baby. That started to happen almost immediately after I had a kid. Like, I never used to think about it that way. If I saw some dude and he was fucking, like, 70 years old yelling at people, fuck you, get off my lawn, or whatever, you know, I'd be like, look at that old dickhead. I'll beat your ass. I just would think he's an old dickhead. Yeah. Fuck that old dickhead. But now I go, oh, that was a baby. Man. That was a baby that just went through life and then got to the point where it's this, this old man Damn. who just, you know... Like, Everybody could ride that fucking mechanical bull for a second or two. Mm. If you're starts bucking. Seventy years old, and you're like, "Get off my lawn!" And just you just bucking. can't wait to go back inside and drink yourself to death. And you're watching Judge Judy, you know mm -hmm. what? That's a, there's a lot of people like that. Those people that are out there, just in a room where the the fucking walls are yellow with cigarettes, oh. just just constantly smoking. They got a greasy film on mm. all the windows. Throwing it Tonys. Yeah, they just. <laughs> ordering pizza and their fucking whole house smells like shit those people are alive right now and they were babies and now they're 80 now they're 80 years old coughing they got a tube in their neck maybe they got a fucking oxygen tank they take with them the little tube that goes up their nose and how were they raised who were they raised yeah, around man. yeah how were they raised did they get a good deal did they eat <laughs> yeah did they get a good did deal? they get a Fuck. good deal were they around nice people when they were young or did people smack them for no reason when they were a little baby did people drop them on their head? What happened to them? You know, what kind of education did they get? What kind of nutrition did they get growing up? How well did their brain develop? God, you know, it really does like make a, you want to just treat everyone nice, dude. It could be us. That's the thing. You could be born in a a terrible community in you know f fill the blanks, Russia. You could have been born there. You could have been born in some nightmare, crime-infested part of Liberia. You could have been born there. Could have been you. You could be in Libya right now. You could be a little child born in Libya right now. You have no control of your environment. And there is basically a failed state where they're reintroducing slavery, open markets. You can watch people. There's slave trade auctions serious? on YouTube. You can see them in what? Libya. Holy yeah. shit. Do you ever, have you seen it, right, Jamie? Holy Terrifying. So Francis Ngannou spoke out about it after he uh, knocked out Alistair Overeem. It's one of the things that he wanted to talk about when he knew he was going to be fighting for the title. He, was, he basically, you know, in his, he had, he's not the best at English. He's still mm -hmm. learning it. But he was like, you know, I just want to say fuck slavery. Like this, this is crazy that this is happening today in 2018. They have slavery in Libya. 
But they had they were sh- people had cell phone camera footage of the slave auctions going on. Damn, dude. That's fucked up. Yeah, that could be us. Yeah. We could be born there. You know, we got lucky. Everyone got lucky, and some got luckier than others. But the the lack of uh, ex- just not just the understanding of that, but the action, like the fact that we always think we have to do all these different things in other countries. Oh, we have to go over there and help these people out with their trade. Oh, we have to go over here and there's a steel embargo. And we need to talk to these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, sure, we definitely do. But what, you know what we really need to do? We need to fix up these fucking poor cities. Fix this up. You, you got horrible poverty. You got places where you have block after block with boarded up windows. And you know this is, exists, right? Some of the reservations. Oh, dude. Fuck, dude. Yeah. That's a different world there. It's a it different really world. Is. It really is. Yeah. But it's like that's never something that's discussed when people talk about the problems that this country faces. They're, they live roughly, you know, economic crisis. And they use words like, you know, um, welfare inequality or, you know, uh, uh, income inequality. They use these terms. But at the end of the day, we don't think about, no, it's just like people that are fucked. They're fucked. Like their, their situation is fucked. It's not good. And they don't get the same break as someone who lives in a nice neighborhood in Columbus, Ohio. They're not getting the same break. It's a different situation. And until you fix that, you're going to make criminals and angry people yeah, and pe- people that are dysfunctional and people that are, you know, they're lashing out because they experience violence and, and no love their entire life. You can always get that, man. And this is what I was talking about earlier, that our technology is constantly and rapidly accelerating. But our understanding of our interactions with each other is still fucked up. It's still clunky and, 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 and not well thought through. And as much as we know about so many different factors in, in terms of like how human beings develop, we put almost no effort into fixing it. Well, what the fuck, what would help? They would have to go on an all-out campaign to reinvigorate horrible neighborhoods. They would have to fix. They would have to use government money to fix these houses and fix these neighborhoods and make make it safer with more police force. Um, make community centers where people can go and be safe. Set it up so they can do activities there that they would like. You know, there's there's got to be ways that you can invigorate these places and. You somehow or another figure out a way to get work for a lot of these people. Give them counseling. Give them, let, let people know that they've never really been to school and they're in their fucking 20s. There's a place we can go we can teach you how to write and read. This is real. There's a lot of people that are like this in, in the real world. You know, we can, we, we can fix things if we put money and time into them. Like the way they decided, like they were using Halliburton to go and rebuild places that we blew up in Iraq. Like, that's what they do. They go and re-fix stuff that we fucking, they build. They build shit that we fuck up. You yeah. know, they go over and then they put power plants and do all kinds of other shit over there. But they, they get these giant contracts to go over there and do that. Okay. Well, we definitely blew things up, so we should definitely fix it. But shouldn't yeah. we fix Chicago, too? Fuck. Well, you got gang violence constantly in Chicago. Bad. I mean, the death rate in Chicago is crazy, right? Or Detroit, or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever bad neighborhood yeah. is experiencing some sort of a drug conflict. Reservations. Yeah, and then how about the fact, collectively, we all need to look at the fact that there's, Mexico's right next to us, and the only reason why they have such violent crimes because we like drugs, and we keep those drugs illegal, so bad guys sell drugs. Like, it's the fucking Seriously? stupidest yeah. shit ever. Damn. It's like, you don't, you know it. Everybody yeah. knows it. This isn't, I'm not a smart guy. Like, if I know it, I'm not, I'm no genius. If I know the solution, you don't think the, 
the people in the highest levels of government know the solution. But, dude, you're a lot smarter than you think because <laughs> think of the people you talk to every day. Dude, These deep conversations. That's like you got true. a lot of knowledge that people have never Yeah, but see, there's a difference before. between knowledge that you just sort of remember things that people have told you, which I got some of that, mm-hmm. and actually having an education in it. That's the difference. Like, if people ask me about martial arts, like, I can understand almost everything you want to talk about with martial arts yeah. ex- with the exception of some judo and some wrestling you know some judo and some wrestling i would want to talk to an expert and want to make yeah. sure that i got my positions and my my understanding of what what is the best thing to do but everything else i'm Just an expert like in michael poland said though how long on sleep how long do doctors get like how long is their courses on sleep oh yeah one course how long exactly so do you listen to them or do you listen to your podcast yeah but i don't listen to them when it comes to sleep i listen yeah. to a guy like matthew walker who's a sleep expert yeah you know, I mean, oh, there yeah, are Matthew those, Walker, he's a it. real, he's a real sleep expert. So he's the guy that I should listen to. But just yeah. because I can parrot what he says, don't get confused. Like, I'm not smart. Mm-hmm. I just remember shit. <laughs> but that's, God, that's in, in a way, mo- that's smart. <sighs> Dude, if you could see how my fucking brain actually functions, <laughs> like how I write material yeah. and why I need to constantly keep yeah. moving, you'd be like, oh, you're just crazy. You're not smart. <laughs> you're just a crazy, nice person. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, that's what it is. Open-minded, too. Definitely open-minded. I think I need to be, and I think we all need to be. Oh, and I think it's sure. one of our main problems as people, and I've been absolutely guilty of this in the past, is that we cling to an idea as if it's uh, our identity. Like if it, as it, if it defines us, instead of looking like, am I right? I might not be right. Like there's a lot of power in saying, damn, I'm wrong. There's a lot of power yeah. in that. There yeah. really is. And we need to recognize that. We need to recognize like there's power in saying you're sorry. There's power in like, dude, I, f- I definitely fucked up. I, it was, I was in the wrong, 100%. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what I did. I'm sorry. You know, there's, there's power in that. There's power. I feel bad about it. There's power in saying, you know, I thought th- this was correct and it wasn't. I really feel stupid. Uh, sorry, I argued that so hard. I really thought I was right. I'm mm-hmm. a fucking idiot. You got to be willing to do that. If if people were less willing to do that, it's like there's some people, they say something and they stick with it and then they'll Stubborn. fucking die on that hill. Yep. Right? Like this the is Eagle. why it was so weird that Donald Trump was trying to say that the, uh, the Eagles never stood for the Super Bowl, <laughs> that they were kneeling and that, the, you know, enough of them didn't want to come. So I'm can't Canceling this party, like uninvited them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, and that's why it's crazy. It's crazy because of the way we we really, in our heart of hearts, understand how people are capable of communicating with each other. Yeah, it's pre- pretty cool. Yeah, we're capable of being way better than this. We're just clumsy. We're just stumbling into each other and headbutting each other and shit like a mosh pit. You know, we got, our we, egos are just fighting each other. There's a lot of that, man. It's a lot of everybody, including me. I've done it too. Oh, everybody yeah, wanting everyone. their side to be right. Oh yeah, just get so stupid with it. That's why it's hard to like wander out of out of your group of friends. Fuck yeah. You go like fuck yeah. Try to trust people, right? Yeah. Try to find people that aren't like secretly hoping you fail. Yeah. Oh, a lot of that. Those people are exhausted. Similar mindsets, constantly sharing yeah. different articles you find, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's pr- pretty lucky. And being honest about what you know. You know, don't pretend you know more than you know. Yeah. yeah, you know, be got to be aware of what you know. Like someone like you, like I could listen to an expert nutritionist. And he's kind of overweight, doesn't look good. Or someone like you, who's not an expert nutritionist, but look at your body. You have a lot of fucking knowledge that you learned. Yeah, but definitely like, don't listen to me. Only listen to if I can parrot somebody else's shit or tell you to go listen to their shit. Because I get things wrong. I, I don't. I'm not educated in the mechanisms of nutrient absorption. So there's like things that if you take it with certain things, it's not good for you. 
nutritionists will know all that stuff. I'm not the person who knows. I know some things, like don't have saturated fat with yeah. refined carbohydrates and sugar. It's not a good combination, especially if you have certain genes. I know a bunch of shit. I know what you're supposed yeah. to eat and not supposed to eat. But Some nutritionists, though, even some like at the UFCPI, they'll be like, uh, well, not this one, but a certain nutritionist went to school for it, got all their degrees, and they're like, yeah, you can have mac and cheese for lunch, and then we'll have like uh, some Vans waffles to get you started. It's like... Oh, well, they must have got some 1990s education, That's right? what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how much are those are 1990s educations? If they don't keep up, man, it can yeah. be bad, right? Like, those food chains from the fucking 80s and those Dr. Seuss books. You ever see that shit? Uh-uh. It was all, like, cereal and rice and grain at the bottom. Mush- get it better have a lot of that. And then, and then after that, it was, like, meat and those eggs. And it was a goofy-ass food chain, man. Yeah, damn. That's what people thought. The food pyramid, the bottom of it should be grains and breads, which are fine as long as you don't have too much of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that should be a, a moderation thing. Depending on your goals, right? Like, Yeah, but the thing about the nutrition world, the real thing is it is so complex and so it's so involved that you really need to talk to an actual expert. Like yeah. if I have issues, if I'm, I have questions about things – my number one go-to is Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Yeah. Number one. Mm-hmm. She's she's 100% scientific with awesome. all of her. There's no shenanigans. When she has an idea about something, it's based on studies. She can cite those studies to you literally at the drop of a hat. And she'll tell you what the, what's, what's going on. Like, what, why is this good with that? And why does this help that? And why does this hurt that? Like, she's the go-to person for yeah, me. So she's sweet. A, she's a wizard. You know, she's so fucking smart. So... Like I could ask someone like that, but I'm not a. I'm absolutely not a nutrition expert. I know yeah. what I've been able to do that works pretty good for me, and I've got some loosely fucking duct taped together knowledge. But the the real people out there, like Rhonda Patrick or Rob Wolf or Chris Kresher yeah. or Ben Greenfield, like I had Ben in here a couple weeks ago. Dude, he's a wizard. You listen to that three times. What are you? Probably a purple or brown belt in nutrition then. No, I think I'm a blue belt. No way. Bl- no, no. Look I'm, at you. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm You're being honest. You're 50 years old and yeah. jacked, dude. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> crazy. I told you I'm a crazy person. I work out a lot. I take TRT. Yeah, All those things help. Yeah. But um, the the real experts, man, their their knowledge is constantly growing. This is the thing about Rhonda that's so fantastic is she's on top of all of these peer-reviewed papers and new studies and all these things that are going on and things that are in the process of going on because she's in this loop of clinical she's a clinical researcher so she's in this loop of all these wizards and she does her own podcast so she's like she's constantly up on everything that's going on so she'll send you things about new data and she's always like every time i have her in here it's three hours where I might talk like five times. Like I might go, so why does that do that? That's a good question. So blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and she's not even looking at notes, man. Like she's and we get to learn from it yeah, at yeah, a young yeah, age and apply it, it, dude. Like so how who's to say we're not fighting healthily at forty if we monitor injuries and monitor our sparring and all that? Like Well yeah. the thing's gonna be yeah. brain health. Right? That's the yeah. real that's the real problem. The real like Kat Zingano was here. Uh, Do you guys see that or listen to that one? We didn't get to see that one yet. She had a significant brain injury, apparently, from Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes, throw some boulders, son. Boulders. Big, long boulders. She hurts people. She's a fucking killer. And um, she was concussed so badly in that fight that it fucked up her hormone levels. She became hypothyroid from that fight and continues to be so to this day. She gained 25 pounds, she said. 
or 20, 25 pounds, somewhere in the neighborhood. Somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds. Could not shake it off. She goes, I was, I was eating like 400 calories a day. My body would not let go of this weight. And then she found out she was hyperthyroid. Damn. And she had all sorts of problems with her cognition, with her memory, with her, her – um, she couldn't see when she was sparring. She wasn't seeing things anymore. She wasn't seeing reads. You know, she wasn't – like if she fainted, she fainted someone. She couldn't see their reaction. She, she was just charging at them full blast. She's like, I had no sense of what I was doing. Oh, so she started getting this crazy magnetic – Therapy. They do I this seen thing. That on her Instagram. Yeah, you saw it on her Instagram. Yeah, yeah. and it really helped her 100. percent Brought her back, and she said they've been Holy able to do smokes. that with soldiers and all these. They reignite all these, air, and they can target specific areas of your brain where you're having a hard time functioning correctly. Wow, that's badass. Yeah, dude. so she got all of her balance back, all of her issues, and you know, she says she feels 100 percent or close Man, to that's it. Cool. Good for her. But that that kind of shit it mm -hmm. gives me hope, right? Like they yeah. can, if they can. Well, that's one sort of therapy that they can do maybe there'll be more in the future mm -hmm. there's a lot of hope and like all this pioneering stem cell shit and exosomes and all these different things that they're working on to try to regenerate neuro tissue really yeah who knows i mean we're in uh you know amazing amazing times but again this is just technologically and and medically still culturally we're yeah. goofy as fuck culturally yeah yeah <laughs> technologically and medically yeah like do you guys see that they're going to take away the bikinis in Miss America? I saw, I you, I saw that. I was like, come on, son. Damn, what? It's hilarious. Listen, they're going to make it a contest. They're, they're not, not going to judge them on their looks anymore. They're going to make it a contest. They're not going to judge them on their looks? Nope. Nope. They're not judging them on their appearance anymore. Holy shit. They should just do a different thing. They should just do a different thing. Yeah. But I guess they want the name Miss America. But huh. then how does Miss America, does Miss America go to Miss Universe? Is that how it works? You don't know? You know. He's got all of them on DVR. Yeah, he does. He's saved at home. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that what the one where Steve Harvey said the wrong person? He fucked yeah. up? Was that Miss America or Miss Universe? That was uh, Miss Universe? Oh, that's funny. Damn, dude. That's that would suck. That would suck. That would suck. It's just a crazy thing, man, to have a, a beauty contest. Imagine if they had them for men. I mean, the con bodybuilding <laughs> contest or bodybuilding contest. That's a different thing. But imagine if they had just a gorgeous man competition and yeah. the guys just walk out and they would, you know, they ask him questions. Some pale well, redhead. You got to get a redhead in there. It's all about eating pussy all day. I don't even care about myself. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, they would, say, they would say a bunch of crazy shit just like those women yeah, do. No shit. You know, awesome. everybody's just trying to say the right thing, hoping that they get picked. That's fucking funny. That's a weird thing, right? That there's super weird. It's not it's something that weird. anybody's clamoring for equality on. I'll tell you that. Like no one's asking for Mr. Man, Mr. Handsome, uh, all uh, America man. Mr. Universe, <laughs> yep. Mr. Universe. Mr. America. Mr. America is only like a bodybuilder. Mr. Universe yep. is a bodybuilder. That's yep. Dorian Yates, motherfucker, yep. right? You know, that's Lee Haney. That's Mr. Universe. Yeah. That's Mr. Oh. Olympia, right? Mr. Olympia is the top of the heap. Who's the one with the dreads? The spiraling dreads. Which one? The bodybuilder? Oh, Mr. Yeah. Universe. Kai oh, yeah. That dude. Didn't, was he on a... Oof. Oh, that dude was on Fear Factor. Cali. Cali Muscle? Yeah, Cali Muscle. No, Kai Green. Kai oh, Green. Kai Green. Oh, dude. right, 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 right. Yeah, there's some big-ass dudes out there. There's some big fucking dudes out there. Seriously. But, obviously, look at that. Look at that, that would back. suck. Wouldn't what? that suck, What dude? is that? Look at his butt. That's ridiculous. You have to look at it. Waking up. You can't every not morning. look at it. Look at his butt. Make it bigger, Jamie. Dude. 
And Look you, at that. Get the fuck out of here. How is that a human's ass? And you hear how GSP, how messed up he got for eating all that, like... Imagine these guys' insides. Dude. I guess their lifespan's not long, right? That guy must have a dick like a rhino horn. <sighs> or just a little peckerhead. I don't know. <laughs> Look at the size of these fuckers. That is just what... Okay, now here's the real question. Here's my question. I guess maybe I'm ignorant, but how the fuck could you tell who's better? No shit. I always wondered that, How do you too. tell? They're both, they're both ridiculous. Like, what are you looking for? Even, even on each side, right? How weird is that? Yeah. Because, like, at the top the level, fuck? when you when you watch, like, a Mr. Olympia or something like that, and you see eight dudes standing on stage flexing, do you, does one of them stand out to you at all? Yeah. Like, they all look super jacked. jacked. Yep. <laughs> they all look super jacked. Like, look at those two. Oh, look at those legs. Those that'd legs be a, that'd are, be a weird life to live, wouldn't it? Those legs are preposterous. <laughs> those are preposterous thighs. That shit doesn't make any sense. I mean, look oh at your legs. Oh, my God. That's... Ronnie motherfucking Coleman. Ronnie Coleman in his day. What would you be, be your tactic if you had to fight that guy in a fist fight? Just hang on. Or Just stay away. On. Or stay away. <laughs> hang on. We got to get to his How back. How long is he going to last? <laughs> yeah, How long it. is that guy going to last? You Not make long. him work. You make him work. Get two minutes in. Yeah, two minutes. Just keep fighting for underhook. Stay low. Yeah. That guy's got about 45 seconds <laughs> in him. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it might fuck you up and throw you through a wall. No, God, I need to get on his back quick. <laughs> yeah, well, getting on the back, on. the problem with that is he will be able to stand up, and he's going to throw his body backwards and try to land on you. That would hurt. Yeah, you got to be careful with the whole take a guy's back when he's still got some juice. <gasps> yeah, seriously. Street in particular. <laughs> yeah, a street, you're right. Yeah, a street. Taking someone's back, all they have to do is, I mean, it can Come be backwards, done, yeah. especially if they got some juice in them. They're, they're, they're still, they still have strength. They're just running out of air. Yeah. They can have that one big explosion. He's a giant dude, though. He might be so big that if you did get a hold of him, he might just throw you. Like, oh, yeah, he'd pop my little ass. He might just be able to throw you on top of a car or some shit. Tough. I mean, how much did those guys lift? Holy shit, no shit. How much did they Owned lift? The 700 squats, yeah, I bet. Yeah, it's probably just 700, 800 bench squats. pressing 600 for 20 oh, or some yeah. shit. Right? That'd be a weird yep. lifestyle. Just getting fucking just get jacked, jacked every day. Just get, get jacked, jacked, baby. Get jacked and eat all day. That's a that's a, that's a sport though. You kind of like get out of it what you put in. Like fighting's not always you don't get out what you put in always. That's, that's true. You mean thing. really put in too? Like in the left Boom. cheek, in the right cheek. <laughs> Woo! Holy yeah. I mean that's a sport where you have to do it. It's like one of the only sports where we just all understand you have to do it. No one's yep. getting hurt besides themselves. How do you, how do you not do it? All right. Yeah. Am I right? I mean, at that level, for sure they're all working hard, but for sure they're taking steroids. Oh, yeah, 495. 495. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Kai Green. Holy. That's a powerful oh, human baby. being. And that ain't shit. Look and he's doing it for reps. He's doing it for reps. That ain't mad. I wonder if mad. Woo! That's a strong fucking human Man being. 725. Holy shit. That dude. and that kind of strength is that kind of strength scary, but it's nothing compared to that like strongman type shit. Do you see that uh, Magnuson guy? That uh, Magnus the, Carlson dude. The dude who's uh, on the Game of Thrones. Magnus Carlson. The What's his guy? name? Uh, oh yeah, Magnus Carlson. <laughs> the mountain. Von Magnuson or something like that. What's his name? Right? I got the mountain. Gregor the mountain. The guy Connor was fucking around with. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Did you see them slap around? That was funny. That guy just won. What did you say, Jamie? I said his character's name. I can't say this. Oh. What's his real name? Oh. <laughs> who? How do you say that? Gregor what do, the how do you say that name? Hafvor Julius Bjornsson. Bjornsson. 
Half six half foot half nine. Half Thor. <laughs> He's six foot nine. Six nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking huge. Dude, that guy's so ridiculously huge. Look at the size of this fucker. <laughs> Deadlifts over a thousand? <gasps> I bet he has to hire dudes to just to cock block for him. No shit. Just around him all the time going, no, no more. No more. Mr. Bjornsson must rest. <laughs> Mr. Bjornsson has no more cum. Look at the size That's of this no motherfucker. Gum. Look at the size of this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> He Head nods, fuck yeah. Deadlifts a thousand pounds on TV. Oof, a thousand right. pounds, bro. That's a half a car. It's a big boy. What the fuck? fuck? Yeah, giant human. Giant human. Wow. That one dude got into MMA and is still fighting. Yeah. What the fuck is his name? Oh, fuck. He fought um, one of the Gracies. Who did he fought? Igor Gracie? Uh, Pujanowski. Pujanowski, yeah. yeah. What's he fighting for? What, what He's promotion? Russian promotion. Is it stuff? a Polish promotion or a yeah. Russian promotion? I think he fought Dude, for M1, maybe. He's he's slimming down like quite That's a bit. True. It's very interesting. He's still fighting. Damn. Yeah. I mean, if you look Holy at um, yeah, look at oh, how yeah. he used to be up hey. on top. See, Jamie, those two and the shorts keep going right there. Yeah. That's what he used to look like versus what he looks like now. So oh, he used man. to be super duper duper jacked, but he's still fucking legs. stupid strong. Just stupid strong. I mean, but he had to lean up, man, because he was uh, he just couldn't fight like that. He fought Tim Kennedy, bro. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Um, fuck. Tim Sylvia. That's right. He fought Tim Sylvia. God, why did I have that escape me? I was thinking maniac and I couldn't come up with oh. his last name. <clears throat> but oh. Tim Sylvia beat the shit out of him. Oh, I bet. Well, he fought Tim Sylvia too young. I mean, he he just thought because he was big and strong, he would be able to see if you can find the Pujanowski Tim Sylvia fight. Tim, I mean, Tim is a fucking world class UFC heavyweight. No. Is no video? No, just, sorry, I wasn't saying no to you. <laughs> What'd you say? What's it trying to get? It corrected it to Silva, not Sylvia. Oh, That's what I was saying that too. Damn, slimming down. He's like fuck. No just go to videos. Does it have it? Yeah. There it is. There it is. But uh, Tim just wore his ass out. Just, and Tim was heavy in that Jesus. fight, too. But he just wore him out and just kept beating him up. Tim's giant, man. He's a big motherfucker. But it's just he's just way too skillful. Like, Pujanowski oh, yeah. was crazy. He tried to just beat on him with his power. But good luck with all that. And Tim just kept wearing on him and kneeing Ooh. him and fucking him up. And Tim was, like, super relaxed, pacing himself. Look at him in there. Pop, pop. Not throwing with everything he's got. Just staying on him. Yeah. Real pro. I mean, yeah, whoever sure. made this fight is a real fucking, like... A, a real sinister person. <laughs> it's a crazy mismatch. Oh, yeah. But I guess Pujanowski wanted it, man. That's what a stud that guy is. Damn, that's cool. He's a stud. I mean, he really believed in himself. He feels like he's got that kind of power. He could kill anybody. Just smash him. But it didn't work with that's Tim. That's crazy. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, and Tim just eventually started wearing on him. How loud did you cheer when Randy hit Tim with that overhand right? That was crazy. <laughs> Didn't Wasn't expect it. the first it. couple seconds? <gasps> yeah, he threw an inside leg kick and an overhand right, and Tim was he was out on his feet. Like Tim wow. said, he was talking about it at one point in time in the future, and he said that he forgot what round it was. Like there, He was like, uh, it's only the third round, right? And they're like, Tim, this is the last round. He's like, what? Like he forgot a round. Yeah, like he, he probably was out on his feet oh, the whole no. fight. I mean, think about that that shot. 
Yeah. He Ooh. gets caught right on the jaw. Seven seconds in. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, oh, seven, seven seconds Bam. in. Look at this inside leg kick. Hammer. Boink. And it's perfectly placed. And, you know, Tim and him were friends, and Tim was really having a hard time believing that Randy wanted to fight him because Randy had stayed at his house. They had stayed together for a while and been friends. And he was all fu Maybe he didn't stay at yeah. his house. I might have made that up. He keeps it good. But place. they were friends. I know they were good friends. And so Tim was kind of blown away that Randy wanted to fight him, but Randy didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Robert Falls told me he never saw Randy lose a round in the gym, ever. He's an animal. Fuck. Dude, I was there for Randy's debut. Fought two times that night. Oh, Twice? Crazy. Yeah, he That's fought two times ass. that night, strangled two people, smashed them. And he was basically a wrestler who knew a few submission holds, who had done some boxing in the Army, you know. And nobody, uh, nobody knew anything back then. Started at 30-something, right? Yep. I think he was like 34 or 35. Holy shit. For his UFC debut. That's sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and then that's when sweet. he fought Vitor, that's, that's, that was a, a really important fight in MMA. A really important fight. Because Vitor was like 240 plus pounds then. He was gigantic. That's insane. He was gigantic. And he uh, had this huge neck. Like his neck started in the middle of his forehead. He was just so huge. And... They had wrote, written for his like strengths. It said no known weaknesses. <laughs> like this is how much of a, a, a monster Vitor was. He was just Damn. lighting everybody on fire. But he kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He kept getting thicker and bigger. And I think one of the reasons was Mark Coleman. I think everybody back then was scared of Mark Coleman. Everybody was like, fuck. Because Coleman was 265 and fucking Jackson. He was always like between 255 and 260, somewhere in that range. Jesus. But so jacked. And Mark was a fucking serious wrestler. And he would take you down, and he was going to get on top of you, and he was going to deliver pain. He was smashing people with headbutts, no gloves. And this is the, the Mark Coleman era. And this is the era where Vitor is coming up. So Vitor gets to like 240 pounds and fights Randy, and Randy survives the opening barrage, really doesn't even get hit with much, and just starts to slowly chip away at Vitor until he gets him up against the cage, beats him up, and gets him down and smashes him. And everybody was in shock. Everybody was like, what? How did he lose? How is it possible? And how did he lose like this? It was a really important fight in MMA because it was a fight where you have a narrative that you think is playing out and then a lesson gets taught to everybody like no 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 you you got too big this is all yeah. muscle that you don't need it doesn't help you you get tired you need to have better endurance this is not the way you you know you fight against a guy who can survive and we didn't know that yet because nobody knew that there yeah. was going to be people who survived yep. nobody knew there was going to be people with submission defense when people got caught in submissions they tapped you know how often did anybody get it out of anything back then like we nobody knew the progression that it was going to take we learned in that randy fight that there's there's a certain level of winner. There's guys that just, they're fucking mental animals. They just know how to win. They yep. know how to break people. And you get to see that in Randy. Man, it's sweet. It's crazy. Like, and then everyone thought, oh, the Machida era. And there's really... That was me. I said that. The, but the smarter we get, the real, there's no going to be an era. But then you wonder with John Jones. Well, like, there's a John Jones era right now. I mean, this is the John Jones era. No question about it. If fuck, you look at dude. the actual results in fights, I don't care what they say about anything else. This is what people are going to remember. When you go back and look at this era of light heavyweights, you think about John Jones. It's just like... When Muhammad Ali was in his prime, people thought about Ali. When Sugar Ray, Ray Leonard was a welterweight champion, people thought about Sugar Ray. you got to think about John Jones. It's definitely the John Jones era. Fuck. But it's just an era of so much turmoil and 
you know, you want to talk about a guy who had more potential than probably anybody I've ever seen fight. Out of anybody. Yeah. I mean, John does the same kind of shit that you were telling me that you do. He just makes things up while he's in there. He just sees things and goes with it. Like that thing that he did with Glover, that overhook, where he yanked on his Ooh, shoulder and yeah, fucked up his nasty. shoulder. Gracie Locke. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he ever did that in the past before, but it didn't look like it. It looked like he probably just saw it right there and said, let me just yank on this. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Up, his, fuck up his shoulder. Ow. John would do crazy shit, like spinning elbows. Man. All that cr- I mean, he's just he knows how to be loose in there. He knows how to, he knows how to do things. I wonder Steep A, John. Imagine Ooh. if you're seeing that. Damn. I can't believe we're going to see Steve A. DC. I can't believe it either, dude. Son. I can't believe it. That's Live. crazy. I'm more jacked for that fight than any. Brian Ortega, Max Holloway. Ooh, that's fight right. Four. That's the Vegas card. That is a crazy fight. Who wins? Steve A. And DC is very interesting because the last time that we saw Steve A. in like a, a, a fight with a really high level wrestler was who? Who was that? Who was the last fight? Where Stipe fought someone who really knew how to wrestle. Who's it been? I'm trying to think. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, he's fought tough guys. He fought Mark Hunt. He fought Junior, who's much Fabrizio. more of a boxer. Fabrizio Obviously. Didn't get to shoot. Yeah, Fabrizio didn't. I mean, Fabrizio got a tag coming in. So, who's like the toughest wrestler he fought? If you go back a little bit further, let's see. Roy, Roy Nelson. Shoot. Roy Nelson didn't really. He's, I mean, Roy Nelson. Let's be honest. Roy Nelson could fight middleweight. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's just an animal. If he wanted to lose that gut, how much would he lose? Holy smokes, dude. He's probably walking around about 250, right? With that giant crazy belly. My height. Which is part of his trademark. <laughs> right. But if he decided to cut weight and just go on some crazy diet and cut out all the bullshit and drain all the fat, what do you think he would weigh? I think you can make 185. I bet so. Easily 185, dude. Easily, right? That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Oh, man. The thing is, like, Stipe's a wrestler. He knows what he needs to do. and mm-hmm. like, Yeah. We're going to find out, man. He is a wrestler, for sure, but he's not the same caliber of, of wrestler that Daniel Cormier is. But Daniel Cormier is a legit light heavyweight who has fought successfully at heavyweight and never lost at heavyweight. Yep. So it makes it real interesting. Because Damn. Daniel, Shit. look, Daniel, remember when he fought Josh Barnett and fucking sent him sailing through the air? Mm. Josh is a big fella. And that fucker can grapple, too. He can grapple. He really knows how to grapple. Damn. I mean, that's a, that's a big fucking talk. <gasps> I forgot Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Yes. Look at that whole fucking car. dream fight, That's dude. the don't blink extraordinaire. Oh, Holy that shit. That big Derek, car. dude. Big Derek's Derek gonna win. this fight. You think so? I think so, dude. Jesus. You who think the, what? How the fuck would you, anybody know who was going to win that <laughs> fight? Kiesa Pettis, Go man. Paulo Costa and Uriah Hall. Oh, yeah. oh what a card this is. Uh, imagine, that Paulo Costa's a beast. Imagine the lawsuit Kiesa's got going right now. I know. Because I heard that they were going to give him the Habib fight. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's terrible. They're in, so who knows what could happen? He upsets Habib. He gets to fight Connor. Who knows? <sighs> you know, and That's he had so to pull bad. out. So well, cha-ching. So cha-ching, open up, dude. Open up the cash register and let's clean this up, Mister McGregor. Fuck yeah, Mister McGregor. All you have to do is sign right here at a dotted line. Oh, yeah. Well, hold on. Go back to that other card real quick. We're not done. There's still a few in that card. 
Ooh, so Kiesa versus Pettis is very exciting. Yep. How about this, though? Go Kansaki back in the motherfucking oh, yeah. mix. Hell yeah. Khalil there Roundtree Jr., who's a beast, too. That's a fucking crazy wild-ass yeah, fight. Hooker versus Burns, dude. That's Woo! a good fight there. That hooker's fun to watch. He is he fun to watch. Gilbert's an animal. Yeah, that's a very, very good fight. Very <laughs> good fight. Well, Hooker is really long, man. Uh, real long, but real physically strong for that weight class, too, man. Not just long, but fuck, man. And he knee, believes in those knees, doesn't he? Oh, he knocked out. Uh, yeah. Fuck, was that guy's name? Jim Miller. Yeah. Yeah, but who was the other one? Ross Pearson. Ross Pearson, that, and he was so. That was beautiful. Nasty. Oh, that was beautiful. Nasty. Very nasty. Yeah, that's a great card, man. Man. Rafael Hassanciao versus Rob Font. That's a great fight, too. That's a sleeper. Dude, there's some good strikers on that card. Hassanciao's the last guy to beat TJ before uh, Dominic Cruz beat him. Well, did he beat him, or was it like a split decision? You look at Hassanciao's record, and you're like, holy shit. Who won? I feel like Hassanciao won, but I may may be wrong. TJ Dillashaw, then the unanimous decision lost, it says. So I'm wrong. Beat Marlon. Oh, no, 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 no. no. That's UFC 200. They fought before that. They fought before that. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. That's and he right, beat that's him. Right. Yeah. Rafael Sunsal, Brian Caraway, TJ Silasa. Three down. Split decision. Yeah. So he won. Yeah, that's what it was. So he won Dude. a split decision way back in 2013. And then TJ beat him in 2017. Is that what it was? 16. TJ. Well, so TJ just got a lot better. Oh, yeah. He's a lot better. What do you think about him possibly moving to light to a flyweight? That's crazy. Man. I don't know why you would want I don't Wants know why to fight want DJ. It, that, that makes sense. Dude, fighting yeah. DJ. 100% Dude, makes sense. I open Other up the that, cash no, register, baby. You Let's what, make d- it happen. what Demetrius is thinking. Cha-ching. Like, fuck. I hope he's thinking cha-ching. Yeah, no shit. I hope he realizes that that is a legitimate super fight. If they can oh, promote yeah. that shit in advance. Look, Mighty oh, Mouse, I mean, he's technically, for sure, the, the, in his, his, his ability, he's the best. He's the best I've ever seen. But TJ is the scariest guy that he's ever had a fight. Man. TJ goes down to 125. <sighs> if he could do happen. it and be healthy, he's the scariest guy Mighty Mouse has ever fought. Because he's a legit knockout artist at 35. Yep. He's super fast. He's sneaky. He's technical. Can he's wrestle. A, he can wrestle. He's a real good wrestler. He's got 100% legit knockout power at 35. What is he going to have at 25? You know, I mean, TJ might be a, a monster at 25. He can oh, really make smokes. it. That is a crazy, crazy fight. I love that fight. I wonder what he walks around at. Because I remember I cut the 25 once, and I did not feel like I had power. I, mean, I fought one time at 25, and I felt worse. I don't know. He but insists he's, that he's done it. He insists he can make it. He said, I know I can make it. He looks smaller than he's looked in the past. You know, he might have been aiming towards it, yeah. you know, yeah. working towards it. But, uh... I'm super excited about his rematch, the, the Cody Garbrandt I'll be fight. There, Woo! that's gonna yep. be sweet. That's a very that's intense fight. So that's an intense fight. That first one good. was so sweet. I mean, don't forget, Cody cracked him and dropped him before yep. TJ put him away. That's I mean, what that made was, that fight so oh, sick. Oh, it was awesome. That was some real intensity, wasn't it? Fuck yeah, man. Those guys were close training <laughs> partners, and they probably always knew that this was one day gonna go down. Oh right? yeah. They always and then knew. Cody released that video of him knocking out TJ. Yeah, but the thing is, he didn't knock him out. Dropping he dropped him. TJ. And TJ was yelling at him right after he dropped, like, come on, come on, motherfucker. So it wasn't really a knockout. Right. It was basically the same thing that happened in their fight, and TJ wound up winning <laughs> the knockout. It really true. was. Yeah, yeah, for real. It was a flash knockdown. They're both animals, though. Yeah, that's a good Ramos. fight there, dude. That's, and, you know, Cody's going to be hell-bent on revenge. 
Oh yeah, that's gonna be a good build up. Fuck yeah, man. Tight. See that's if Cody comes back better fight. or the same or who yeah. knows, you know. Who knows? Who knows? Damn, I'm pumped for that. Yeah. That's August August fourth. All right, dude. It's already five thirty. Let's wrap this bitch up. It's a long time. Long time for this podcast, but thank you guys. This is really fun, man. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot, man. Yeah, thank you. This is always I've been watching you for a long time. This is uh this is awesome. Thanks, thank you man. For like I said, we look up to you a lot, dude, and we're thankful for everything. Well, I appreciate that, but that makes me uncomfortable, so don't say it anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> a lot, a lot thanks, of people man. do, bro. Look, I'm just a lucky person that has a weird job that allows me to talk to cool people. It allows us to learn sweet shit from people exactly. too, well, that we enjoy. And we learn some sweet shit from you guys too. And uh best of luck. And your continued path. I, I like what you guys are doing. I like the way you're thinking. And I like watching you fight, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate I like it. it a lot. Sorry. All right. That's sorry. that's all right, man. Mine is too. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Sugar Shot. Oh, Sugar. give out your uh, social media. At Tim Welch, MT. At Sugar Sean MMA. I just signed with Optic Gaming too. Oh, shit. Sugar Sean. See you later. Woo. Oh, yeah, dude. dude, that was fun.